of this business. It's a crapshoot. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You gamble and you lost. Now, you've made a lot of money with us before, and you make a lot again. We always take care of our friends, you know that. Now, why are we starting with that? Well, I love Jock, but also because what you're going to hear in a few minutes is AJ taking an extended celebratory lap around. And let's just say this. It shows you that a football is not round. <laughs> that's, that's what we know for sure. <laughs> but it is impressive. And I did back him with some money, his future. And so did Scott. Fez's book. Fez is fading. <laughs> Fez is fading. Fez doesn't believe it. Now, we got a bowl contest. Now, you might think, how much does this cost me, RJ? Well, nothing. Zero. Top 10 places, cash, or they win. This is the free college football bowl bash. And it's up now. Because remember, the lines move. Quick question on this, AJ, college football expert. Also, Scott, college football expert. Um, I hear more people saying, back in the day, Fez, you probably remember this. Boy, you got to bet those bowls the first couple of days. Because the line Hell keeps no. moving in the same oh. direction. No, I'm saying before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before, back in the day, it was like, if you had, I still remember Reno against Miami of Florida. I still hear that, actually. All right. Well, this year... And especially with the propensity, and you guys can expand on it just for a minute here, of guys sitting out. Opt the out, yes. the Leonard Fournette situation is like, for example, I'm hearing um, which team is the one team they're saying the whole if one if the quarterback sits out, they're all going to sit out. I can't remember which game, but like, how are you guys handling that? I'm waiting. I haven't I haven't made a college bowl bet yet because not only sit outs opt outs for the NFL. Transfer portal, like a lot, so many guys are jumping in and out of the transfer portal right now. Which means now. automatically they're not going to play. Not gonna on play. Team. Yeah, so I, I just and I mean, there's still coaching changes happening. There's, I think if you jump on a team right now, you're you're flipping a coin. And now, I'm, now I would say this. Go, go ahead, Fred. I I think directionally you got to be careful, mm -hmm. but there are some like Oregon State is going to bring it. Right. I agree. Yeah, there's teams that you know and are going to be And Florida is down to their third-string yeah. quarterback. Well, that's and already moved a good bit, right? I, well, exactly. So I went from minus 4.5 to minus 10. But if you asked me, like, in the regular season, you said, who do you like? It started at 4, and now it's 10. I'd be like, well, dog or nothing. But now I'd be like, there's no way in hell I'm betting Florida plus 10. It's going to go even further, in my opinion, more than likely. Here's the way I would say it. Is let's say that you were picking um, – there was a bunch of gray boxes, cardboard boxes, and it was almost like, let's make a deal, whatever, but it was like, you can pick one box. But let's say, just like the edge sorting that um, Phil Ivey supposedly, allegedly did when it came to Baccarat, right? That was the game he was playing? Yes, I don't even think it was alleged. I think it's pretty much given well, I that just say alleged. Well, Phil Ivey's pretty AC, connected. Right? It's not I a just, crime. I just yeah. say alleged, yeah. out of respect. Okay. Okay. I respect anyone that's that's going to like multiple like international courts against the casinos to keep his ten million. Mm. I just respect. All right, <laughs> I think you do too. Let's be honest. I do. Now, now let's say like the edge shorting mm -hmm. that you have a clue that if the box has a little red dot on it, it's seventy percent. It's got something really good. Okay, you're, you're reminding me of the show Storage Wars. You've been killing this for years. <laughs> But now this year, you're told the following. 50% of the time, they're going to take away whatever was in that box and change it up the night before. So the red tip 
isn't there 50% of the time. Doesn't mean they're going to put something bad in there. It's going to be just random now. So you just took something that was a 70% winner and you just ra- half the time it's going to be 50-50. There's more variance, but still you good. still good. Still a good bet. Still a good bet. So what you're saying is no there's more variance. Mm. Be very cautious, but there's times you're going to have enough to fire early. It's just not going to be as sweet as it used to be because there's still uncertainty. I agree with that. Does that sound fair? Yeah. All right. I like that approach. That's what you're saying, in fact. And, yeah, and Fez is pointing out that there's still some some boxes with a red dot that also have a blue dot, which means they're more likely to be n- in the good to, category. To not have the randomness. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Clemson has the blue that's dot, good, that's and good. it looks like Tennessee has the red dot. Tennessee, we should bet Clemson. Tennessee has no dot. We want Clemson. <laughs> well, here's the beauty of it: you can have your own opinions, and it can be, you know, gathered from what AJ and Scott think on Straight Out of Vegas AM. It can be gathered with Fe- you might have Fez's package. It doesn't matter. However, you get your picks: free college football bowl bash. It's up now. Sides and totals: twenty pick minimum. 50 max, sides and total, so it makes sense. It's my thing. Best record, <laughs> and this is a win percentage, wins. Huh, that's interesting. You can game that. You could game that, Fez. And you know well, what? Fez can't, but other people can. He's not allowed? No. He's that he good? Win. All right. Now, first place, you might think, what, uh, a sweater? No. I want a sweater. Well, you can buy a sweater, buddy. 500 cash, first place. Zero to enter. What's the ROI on that if you win, Fess? Infinite? Infinite. Exactly. That's what we're offering, infinity for nothing. And on top of it, 500 additional bulk dollars at pregame, which means you can buy Fez, buy whoever. 500. I always get mad at this contest. Last year, Mackenzie, you remember this. I said you're giving away too much. Well, that happens when you give out infinite and the y-axis keeps going up and the x-axis remains stable. It actually makes me nauseous. (laughs) And you know what? Mary came to me, who, you know, coordinates a lot of this. And she said, I got bad news. We're going with the same prizes as last year. I know you don't <laughs> like it. And I thought, should I fire her? And that then I, seems drastic. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> and I don't like being bucked. No. And I decided not to. I think a wise decision. Yeah, I think so, too. She's pretty but good at her job. My grandmother, when she got mad and it was rare, she would bite her the heel of, or what would you, the palm well, of her hand. Yeah. But like, just to, not like as hard as she could, but it was like, ah. And she was a very dainty lady, but this was like maybe four times I've ever seen, and you knew she was mad. I kind of did that, but metaphorically. Why, well, explain why she did that? Like, was it, it was a way like, for her to relieve the tension? Yeah, I or think like, so. okay. I think so. But I was a child, so I don't know. Um, but you know, it's an Italian thing in a way, like to be a little, you know, bombastic. Okay. I mean, not, I'm a, I mean, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. At least my family, for sure. <laughs> I can speak to that. Okay. Now, you might think that's it, huh? Nothing else? No. 250 for second plus 250 in bulk. That's still infinite ROI, if I'm not mistaken. It's too much. <laughs> anyway. Wait, so second's the same as first? No, 250 and 250. <laughs> the ROI first is the place same. Is 500 and 500. Oh, the, same, the same ROI, though. Oh. Yeah. And then there's third, fourth, fifth, tenth. You can look at it, but I tell you, they're all prizes. And it's zero to join. You go to pregame.com. You click contest. You click bowl bash. The lines change. So if you wait a day, you might get the worst line. You might get a better line. Go. Now, we have a free $25 of content 
So more free infinity again, Fez. God darn! Have just to get some money off these people. Stuff for more than twenty dollars. They should so just go buy your something. pick. Yeah, they should just go buy their pick. Win the contest with the picks. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is they should just buy a pick and not even look at it, just as a thank you, like a Patreon kind of thing. Mm. But you don't have to do that. You can look. And by the way, we got two college football experts plus Dave Esser, plus Fez with his vetoes, all his contacts, etc. And all you got to do, and this is if you haven't signed up for pregame.com yet, it's a new member discount. You get 25 just to sign up. And you know what? No credit card, no social security numbers. We don't want to hear about your dating life. It's complicated. We just need the basics, an email, a username, a password. Go. And you can post in the forums. You get access to other content that only logged in people do. And you get 25 bucks. This is the time to do it. On to the show. Got a full house with the wise guy round table. To my right, AJ Hoffman. Next to him, Steve Fezzik, only two-time Super Contest champion. He and I are butting some heads today. And Scott Seidenberg, he bets totals too, but more sides. Is that fair to say? Accurate. I'm RJ Bell. Record, so... You guys on the best bets have been killing it. What do we got there, AJ? Pull up the uh, the totals. Yeah. Nine and four, Scott and I are on our best bets. So do you guys like get together, eat lo- like with lollipops and chew no. gum and do each other's hair and we've caught cro- picks. We've got a couple crossfires this uh, this week coming. Okay, okay, that seems it seems a staged in a way, maybe. Staged? Trying to yeah. throw people off the stench. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, A.J. Hoffman is plus 61 units on his podcast NFL plays. That seems almost... That that's tells a record. You it's been a tough season. That's a record. I, I that's think, the kind of season that pisses R.J. off. No, that is the no. greatest means that, NFL like, podcast record we have ever had. I don't think that's true. 61. Say it again. 61 of what? He's plus 61 units. Oh, with the 5, 4, 3, 2, yeah. 1? Yeah. All right, let's think about that. So that's a that's about a. It's almost like if he only had his five star, and he only bet that he if he was undefeated. Yes. Ah, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but we're not taking any vig off. It's not like minus four point four or whatever. Right. Okay. Right. All right, which makes sense, right? We, yeah. We're no vig four, operation. Forty and twenty two is what I've gone five four three two one this year. All right. So here's the question for all you guys that ever, and I'm talking about Scott. I'm talking about AJ. For you two, that like if you have a trend that's forty and twenty-two, you want to bet it. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. betting his N- always NFL blind? No, I should be. <laughs> wow. In hindsight, yeah. you should have. Should have been. Yeah. Fez, are you going to be betting it blind? No. It goes to show you as great. And as and, and why am I cross-firing against him? Well, that, that, <laughs> yeah. well you know, well, if it's not worth betting, it's worth cross-firing <laughs> against. And no if it was that easy, I could just go into the 50 guys at Circa that were all 18 games and more above 500, get their picks and play them. Yeah, that's true, except uh, the line isn't going to be the that, same. That's all. right. That's right. And, but but <sighs> if you're good, you're going to have runs like AJ. Mm-hmm. If you're not good, you're going to have runs like AJ very rarely, but you're going to have them. I'm not talking about an individual. I got the whole, if there's a million people doing something mm-hmm. or, you know, what's the old saying? If a bunch of monkeys are typing, one of them is going to type up Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. 
but in general, you're ch- if you're 55% long-term, what's the odds of doing plus 61 units? So what's the exact record again? A 40 and 22. All right, that's without it being weighted. Yeah, that's five, five, four, three, two, and one. But you, the plus sixty-one implies you've been winning your best. best. Nine and four on five stars. Nine and four on four stars. Eight and four on three stars. And your twos and ones. Six and six. Eight and four. All right. So here's what I say. Let's add up your top three. So five, four, and three. Twenty-six and twelve. Okay. Seventy-five percent. This guy. Wait a minute. Twenty-six and twelve. Is it higher than that? Second. Twenty-six and twelve. Slow down. Twenty-four would make it sixty-seven percent. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. He's he's too excited. All I right. Too- still, still. A little it's, yeah, seventy-one, maybe? All right. So that's good. What's the chance of a fifty percenter doing that? And what's the chance of a fifty-five percenter? So I'd have to plug it all into a binomial yeah. calculator, but off the top of my head. I, I don't think we'd use a binomial for the fifty-five, right? By definition, isn't binomial fifty-fifty? Yeah, so it, it it's uh Mackenzie, you got that the No, that binomial it, just it, means there's two outcomes, win or loss. Right, right. But oh, yeah, binomial so binomial you plug in probability okay, okay. success and you put P is equal to 0.5. Which oh, is okay, the common way to run the binomial, but you can make it whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. So run run 48 games, make it, uh, I guess it's 38, 26 and 12, and then run it at 50 and what the likelihood is and run it at 55. Got it. I'll, I'll predict. Mm-hmm. I'll predict the 50 percenter can hit it like 2.5% and the 55 percenter, I'll double it 5%. That would okay. be my prediction. Now, what we, Could kno- be off. what we know is this. AJ started a pregame. He wasn't in Vegas, but he started in pregame four seasons ago. Yep. And the, the minus four seasons, four seasons ago, he was the number one college football handicap. Number one of all the pregame guys. He said, Fez, you're behind me, baby. <laughs> Get in line. Line starts here. The next year, yeah, he said, that sounds fun. I want to do it again. Number one in college football. That sounds fun. <laughs> now this <laughs> now this year he's doing what he's doing on the pod in the NFL. So as my and I'll tell you this, it's like you know he went to a uh, I call it radio school. Is that fair to say? That's what you call it. No, but I mean what was it? Belmont Tech? Not Belmont Tech, just Belmont University. It's a in Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Okay. Is that Belmont that like plays basketball in Division 1? Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. I think I bet that Not was. where they race the horses. Not not that no. place. No. Okay. It's not New York State. The Belmont Bruins, <laughs> as uh, Scott says, Bruins. All right. So I will say, you guys, I, I learned a lot from you guys. Yeah, that well, la- like last year we sitting. We get the credit, <laughs> Well, no, like seriously. That. Like last year sitting in on the Dream Pod where I, fe- I, I felt overwhelmed. And you remember me telling you that off the air. I was like, man, I just, I feel like a you dummy. You begging us not to press the Green button. I said, I feel like a dummy in this room because I, I, I don't. I don't do it at this level that you guys do. But it goes to show how, and the point I was going to make about Belmont was that that isn't a springboard for a great career, typically. No, no. I mean, I'm guessing you're you're probably the most famous alum of that. Oh no, of that of that grade of, of your year graduating. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> so yeah. But there's probably some musician like touring with, you know, Lady Gaga or something that's making a million dollars a year. Yeah, I don't think they're making that much. <laughs> but but fair enough. So it strikes me this is what you do, which is you get yourself in the door, 
you have your native intelligence. You are sneaky smart, as in you're smarter than you let. You know, you, you don't want to act like you are because I think there's a salt of the earth meathead thing going on. I don't get all, you know, maybe. I don't know. It's at a level I can't cover. It's a Belmont level thing. I don't know. But you get better. And I thought his bet against, uh, I think you had it too, Feds. I can't remember. But I liked the Ravens last week. Now, again, I know that Lamar got hurt. But it, he would have never made that pick last year. Mm. Right? Yeah. So to me, that's a sign of progress, and the numbers are outstanding. But let's go to uh, McKenzie and see what the likelihood is. McKenzie. Chances of going 26-12 and 12 with 50-50 bets is about 1.5%. Increase your likelihood of winning to 55%. Chance of going 26-12, and 12, about 7%, four times more likely. Oh, that's not surprising. Now think yeah. about that. It's one out of 20 games is 50-55. to 55. It's what allows you to be a professional better. And it, it, you said seven times, seven times the chances of this. So that means, he, assuming he's 55, that means that what? Every So you're saying it was what percentage exactly? Seven, what was it? About 7% chance to All go right. 26 so and 12. So one out of what? 14 years, we should expect. So this is a one out of 14 year. All right. I got the next 13 years off. Now. <laughs> now. Well, if you make enough money to retire. Yeah, of course. <laughs> What is your over under? And we're going to make it, you have to book it, but we'll let you lay 110. We'll lay 110 to you if you're willing to do it. What's his over under the rest of the year count starting this pod? Um, All right, through the regular season. Are these on three, four, fives or? or Let's stay, yeah, apples to apples. Three, four, fives. Three picks a week. I'm going to write it down here. Yeah. One second. Now, this is interesting. Now, you can fire too. But so there's, only got, 12, there's only 12 picks left, right? Uh, so we got 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. And 18. Okay, so Five, 15 picks. 15 picks. I've yeah. written my number down. All right. Now, you make a good point because we got the pushes are possible. Mm-hmm. There's 15 picks. So if he's 8 and 7, I bet Fez went a little over 8 and 7. So 8 divided by 15. Who's got a calculator? Mm-hmm. 53.3%. All right. 53.3. But nine and six would jump it to sixty yeah. percent. Yeah. So I'm guessing he tried to. He's trying to trap us. And I want to see it, by the way, because I might be thinking it. I see it. What is it over there? Go ahead. Fifty-two point eight. Okay. I'm going. I'm. I'm going to bet over on AJ. Thank you. I'm going to. I'm going to go ten and five. Oh, <laughs> That's what you're, you're. I'm putting. No, I'm putting pressure on AJ to go ten and five. But, but the thing is now, yeah. so Fez, what, I, <laughs> we don't want to go crazy with this. You want to bet? You want to book it for a normal amount? Sure. All right, so I'm betting 300 on AJ that he goes eight and seven. Mm-hmm. All right, and by the way, if you need a tie late, we'll play three. I mean, we'll collaborate. No, no, no collaborate. I'm not going to collaborate on the picks. Obviously, the tie helps. The, the tie obviously helps me because seven, seven, and one. He, he, oh, he, true. he, he needs but what a winning record. Ha- what happens if we have a tie in week if one? If he has one tie, he wants another exactly. tie. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's yes. what I said. If we need a tie, yep. are you going to bet, bet him over? AJ's going over. All right, 300? Yeah. yeah. Well, well. <laughs> Fez. It's fine. <laughs> so really, effectively, Fez, you're saying 50.1%. No, because there's a good chance there'll be a tie. Yeah, but 50.1 would still be on, you know, 50, you know, 771 would be under. If if there's, if the, well, put it this way, if there's a tie, he's got to go eight and six. If there's a tie, he's got to go eight and six because he needs eight wins. No, yep. Seven, seven. Unless he gets a second tie. He can go eight, yeah, yeah. Si- eight six, Yeah, yeah, one. that's true. All right. So here's what we'll do, though, strategically. When I say we, it's a euphemism. Like You got my number, though. Is <laughs> is if you have one tie, 
coming in the last two weeks. We'll have to talk. We, we, we play more so integers, right? Okay. If not, if we have none going and, and last you know, week, good. a lot of half-pointers. And you know what's going to happen. Then, then all the half-pointers are going to win, and you're going to lose because you played the proper game theory. Oh, well, yeah. But the theory You taught is, me proper it's gonna game theory is gonna more ruin your, everything. It's going to ruin some of your No, we success. won't think about this till the very yeah. end. Okay. All right. <laughs> but how much, let me ask you this. If you were playing this bat where you were the picker, and I'm not asking you what you would do, but how much edge do you think you could gain? Because if we could vary our number of plays, it would really help, right? But, oh, yeah, yeah. well, sure. Yeah, yeah. so, um, which people don't realize, right? Yeah. Um, some people. How much do you, th- do you think there's any edge here? Like, the, 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 game, the, the, the meta game would help. By playing... Well, I mean... Under, having to play three picks a week, the meta game's peanuts. It's not worth much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think one thing I say for sure, AJ, is if there's any line discrepancies, right? So let's say you like a pick, but it's a bad number. Yeah, I think I think that if it's you know, and again, if you like it a ton, it doesn't matter, right? If you, but the question is the the the, uh, the two weight or the three weight, right? That would be a big decision, mm, okay. right? Is it does seem like you probably want to go? I mean, I'm just talking abstractly here, since I do have a rooting interest. You'd want to go more with the line. It's more about the wins and losses yeah. than it was before. Yeah. But maybe we should have done this and me not tell him we were hmm. doing it because I'm worried about that. Are you okay? I'm just, that's why I don't want any action on this. I'm just going to pick the games the way I've been doing it. And like last year, there's well, no. How's this? We'll we'll let you keep your job if you go eight if you if you go high. <laughs> okay. I mean, just to be that's motivated. fair. <laughs> that's fair. Last year, there's like last week when I pressed the button on Fez's best bet. Uh huh. A year ago, there was no way in hell I was. In a way, that was you. If we ever did a behind the music kind of thing, it'd be the day he grew, the day he emerged. (laughs) It was straight. And did you win that bet? I did. He did. Pittsburgh. um, They outplayed Atlanta. It was a good play. For AJ, not for me. I got Pittsburgh. I got that game, I'll say. All right. So, Scott, we bet it. Yeah. Or you bet it. I bet Mm -hmm. it. Fez is booking 600. And Mackenzie, what's your thoughts? I think Fez, I think AJ is going eight and seven. I think he's going ten and five. Let's Let's go. Ten and five. Let's go. <laughs> Speaking of eight and seven or better, Steve Fezzik, best bet. Let's start. Best bet. Let's go ahead. Jacksonville plus four against Tennessee. Ooh, cross cross fire, the bat. big crossfire. Cross yeah. Again, I picked it beforehand. Um, I, I would have slowed down a little bit. But I got Tennessee. I'm going to keep this simple. And by the way, that is it's my four star, uh, and, four weight, four weight. And oh, it's my two weight. So it's two Andre the Giant style. <laughs> Fez is Andre. All right, very very simple handicap here. So I got Tennessee as an average team, a zero. I'm not alone. I'm sure pregame's numbers have Tennessee right around a zero as well because I'm not on an island here. Negative point two, correct? All right, and I have Jacksonville minus one. I'm not on an island there. I think most people have had them rated similar pregame, probably. Mackenzie, where we got? We're Jacksonville. We have Jacksonville minus one. All right. So, so one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what numbers are we referencing right now? The five metric average. All right. And what are those five metrics? The pregame all stats average, Kevin Cole's adjusted scores, football outsiders, pregame's EPA minus luck, and Neflo. All right. That's a pretty good lineup. So. I'm not on an island with my numbers at all. I've got Tennessee better. One point. I give them two for home field. I get to three. Fine. Tennessee three-point favorite. Okay. Now, Trevor Lawrence, issue with the injury. Is he going to play? My sources. My source tells me he is going to play. And Your source. I know it, guys. He's going to play. 
Like, I know what? a guy who says it's gonna play. So what? So so, like that's interesting. All right, all right. All right. So so I'm. So what, let me ask you a question. What is Trevor? We'll have a discussion here. Yeah. Is what is Trevor Lawrence's history with when he's injured? So, I, so, like Kyler Murray, for example, is a guy when he's banged up, he plays poorly. Big Ben, for example, tough bastard. I think I ever said bastard before in my life in any way. If you have, it's probably been about Big Ben. And, I feel and like I've heard you before. say tough bastard before. No, I yeah. haven't. I don't think I've ever said that word. Or tough SOB, I think Maybe. I usually say. But um, where would you put Trevor? Well, do you, do you have a, a source on that? I do not have a source. All I can think back of is that when he missed a couple games with Cle at Clemson when, when he was injured, I don't know about how, how good he was. I think he was getting a haircut and nicked his neck. And yeah. He the first I, mean, half. I mean, I know he didn't play all the games at Clemson, but I don't, I'm unaware of, of him being banged nicked up in the NFL and how he performed. What is your, what is your gut feeling about his toughness? Well, he doesn't come across as an <laughs> MMA fighter. Yes, but he but but he doesn't come across as a guy that gets injured very often either. You exactly, know? so he's not used to it. He's not used to it. In fact, you just made my point. Well, this is the, and this has to be your handicap, I, I think. And I don't want to steal your thunder, but but if if Trevor Lawrence is is compromised and he plays, which I think I'm, which I'm confident who's, he who's will. Who's the backup? C.J. Beathard. Hmm. Yeah. So it's I how mean, many points would you drop that? Hold on, I've five. Got, I got he's the, a tough Beathard. No. no, I don't think so. No, I got. It sounded close enough to. I've got. Um, <laughs> I've got a two point downgrade. What? Where do you have Trevor Lawrence? I love Lawrence? that. What? Where do you it's have impossible. Trevor, where do you uh, have Trevor Lawrence? I have Lawrence a minus one. I have him the twenty second best quarterback. Would you, okay. you, you'd agree with that, right? Yeah. Pretty? And I, I got Beathard a minus three. Very capable backup. Really? Oh yeah. What's his stats outside of Shanahan? I I. I don't have him updated. It's like but only what I'm being, saying. What, yeah. what I'm saying is, has he even does he have much time outside of Shanahan, McKenzie? I'm, I'm looking up right now. Yeah, because I tell you this. I mean, what we know is they don't win those games, but the stats are usually pretty good with any quarterback in that system. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been even you know in the last what five years at San Fran or whatever. He has Boy. 500 pass attempts in his career, five outside of the 49ers. Mm. So you might have him a little overrated. I mean, could, 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 Shanahan's not coaching Jacksonville, is he? No. Okay. okay. I, I would, at, at the minimum, I'd, I'd put him as an average backup quarterback, though, that would, which would be a minus Why? three and a half. I mean, what I'm saying. Why? Is, because the typical average backup quarterback is bad. So who do you have as like 15, 16, 17 in your backup? Or who do you have exactly? What is it? Five point? I forget. What is it from your your average starter to your average backup? Is three and a half? Do I remember? Yes. Okay. So who's in that three and a half range? The minus three and a half. Um, I have Simeon in minus three and a half. I've got Sam Ellinger in minus four. Um, I have. Oh, I got Skylar Thompson a minus five. Just putting things in perspective. Mm -hmm. He's a third string quarterback. Brandon Allen, I have only as a minus five. So I've okay. got him as a terrible backup. Case Keenum minus three. Chad Henney minus three. Chase Dano Henny, minus two and a half. What year is this from? Oh, I mean, come on. He's is he still in the league? He started. It's I, I, I mean, like three at, years at ago, point. Kansas City. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Huntley for Baltimore, I have as a minus three. So minus three. Well, now, you might actually have him. So you think that's interesting. Bathard and Huntley are comparable. Yes, although maybe because Tyler Huntley is in the same system. What you're saying, C.J. Beathard and Case Keenum are, are, are comparable is surprising yes. to me. I feel like Case Keenum's yeah, like a borderline elite backup. No, yeah. I think he is, but I, he's banged up. I don't know what Fez is thinking on, but he's been banged up this year. And... There really are no elite backups. There's a reason they're backups. Well, it's, it's, like all almost, it's, it's all relative not, to their competition. Yeah, but I still think it's an oxymoron to say that someone's an elite. Like an elite backup would be like someone who could be... Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that... Um, an elite backup would be like Andy the top... Dalton, 
would be an elite yeah, backup. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. I've got Colt McCoy as my best backup. And I think that's I think fair. And I, yes. I think that's fair. And Minshew. Oh, I, yeah. I think okay. Minshew. I think Minshew those are the probably two is – if Trevor Lawrence and Minshew played a 10-game season right now, I think I'd have Minshew. Oh, and Winston. Winston now. Yeah. 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 So I think whenever there's a quarterback battle – by definition, the starter's going to yes. be one of the worst, mm. and the backup's probably going to be one yeah, of the yeah, best. Yeah. Yes. Where'd you have Lawrence last year? Um, I had him like a minus two. I had him worse. Yeah, so he was, like he was just he was like 27, 28th. Now he's 20. He's 20. He's improved. He's 27. He has, but let's be candid. It's these bur- – it's somehow he gets the benefit of – like there's some girl like, – talk a little romance here – there's some girls, if you are good half the time and not so good half the time, they're happy. Like they, mm-hmm. they take the good half, they try to ignore the bad half. Take the good. <laughs> there's some, there's some, if you ever mess up, ever, it's a problem. Somehow Trevor Lawrence has the whole media hypnotized to be the good girlfriend. I agree. It, it, I, I, I agree with that. And really, this comes down to this is a handicap of injuries. So you've got like, Lawrence, great point, might not be 100%, probably isn't going to be fully 100%. And then you've got the Tennessee team that has injuries all over the place with guys that are not critical. All right. Well, so I mean, Tannehill's pretty critical. So, uh, yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, they've got a long injury report. And I don't know how many of these guys are going to play. And I, frankly, I don't know how valuable they are. I just know there's a whole bunch of guys on the Titan team on the injury list. Right so, now. AJ, you want to read the, the main key? Uh, Tennessee injuries and yeah, I'll pull him up. The, the one that I know is Tannehill, who his his ankle is the opposite ankle that caused him to miss a couple games. Mm-hmm. So now he's got two ankles that are sensitive at, at a minimum. Hey, but maybe give us the facts. Okay. Like, well, he left the game. He left the game last week. That's a fact. Well, okay, but what, what, I mean, there's a system that on Wednesday they come out with a questionable, or uh, I guess probable is not around anymore. So I'm assuming he's going to be questionable. Mackenzie, maybe but I, I will I, say this. I mean, you're talking was, authoritatively about. It. I thought you had it in front of you. Yeah, Tannehill was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. I think everyone and expects Trevor him to play. Lawrence was a non-participant. I, yeah, when, when you Wednesday. said that, Fez, that you've got like an inside source, I'm surprised because if I were looking at these two teams and I had two banged-up quarterbacks, Lawrence and Tannehill, it makes a lot more sense for Trevor Lawrence to sit because the Jags aren't going anywhere. Correct. And you've got an asset you've got to protect. Mm-hmm. The Titans aren't married to Ryan Tannehill long term, but they need to win games this season. It seems like if anybody was going to like gut it out and get out on the field, it would be Tannehill. And one quarterback practiced today, and one. And didn't. I, I fully expect Tannehill. To so uh, Danico Autry did not participate. Trey Avery, C.J. Board, Traylon Burks still in concussion protocol. Uh, corner Christian Fulton didn't participate, and linebacker David Long didn't. Derrick Henry, Ben Jones, Jeff Simmons. Ryan Tannehill and Tear Tart, all limited participants. Yeah, and that's a it's a veterans, you know, when you know mm-hmm. Wednesday's a veterans uh, day. Some people take off, um, and it, it does mention Derrick Henry, Ben Jones, not injury related, which means probably yeah. better at rest. Yeah. So Tennessee was three and a half early today, got bet up to four. You think that's a head fake, fest? No, there was news. The there was negative news about Trevor Lawrence. But you're saying, and all joking aside, you're saying you've got a source that, not saying it's 100%, that you think it's not that negative. Correct. Okay. Yes. Mm. I never expected him to miss, but I don't have any idea. He doesn't strike me as the kind, I, he's the kind of guy if he's got a, what's he got hurt? Sprained toe. Oh. Okay. He Every time he throws an incomplete pass, he's going to be flexing his foot. 
He's gonna be like, <laughs> I mean, like you can see it in your mind's eye. I, I right agree. Now. I agree. There's reason. I, I'm, I I hope he plays because I don't. I don't well, like Trevor Lawrence. I'd rather bathroom play, but yeah, yeah. But still, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is anything special against the Detroit Lions. Threw for 179 yards last week. Uh, you know, it's not like this guy. Okay, he had a couple of good games where everyone's like, oh, this is the guy that we thought was gonna be the number one overall exactly. pick. Great the good girlfriend. Yeah, but other than that, like he's he's. Average below average, and the Jaguars stink as a team. Why do people be? Why do people keep betting on the Jaguars? They're three and twenty-two when they allow two touchdowns with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Think about that. All you have to do is score fourteen points, and you beat this team. Three and twenty-two straight up when allowing fourteen points. Trevor Lawrence in his career nine and twenty ATS. Trevor Lawrence versus the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. 0-5 ATS. He's good against the Colts. 3-1 and ATS, right? But Texans and Titans can't beat him. Mike Vrabel against the Jaguars. 5-1 and straight up. 4-2 and ATS. Uh, Vrabel and Tannehill after a straight-up loss. They bounce back 11-6-1 ATS the following game. And under Vrabel, the Titans have lost 13 games by double digits. They have bounced back the following games, going 11 and 2 straight up, 9 3 and 1 ATS. You know how we always talk about the Colts going to Jacksonville? The Colts can't win in Jacksonville. Colts can't win in Jacksonville. The Jags can't win in Tennessee. Uh, the Titans are 9 and 1 straight up, 8 and 2 ATS in their last 10 against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville hasn't won in Tennessee since 2013. They've covered one time. In the last eight years, yeah, but Jacksonville's so bad they really haven't been, except that one year. They but they're good enough to anywhere. beat the Colts at home every every year, yeah. like, <laughs> well, which makes them even worse other places. Yeah. Uh, so here's my thinking, and Fez and I debate this all the time. Do you think Vrabel winning beyond his underlying stats is luck? Not completely. All right. But we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Right, because if we right. did, we would quantify the whole New England idea that it does things that don't show up in the box score, but you wind up winning because of it. So, do you not? E- I mean, don't you think a minimum he should get a half a point on you when you're doing your math for that? Sure, but I'm no, point? but I'm, but I'm nowhere close. Like I said, my numbers well, make it three. three and yeah, but four. now, yeah, so no, so I'll go from. I mean, I can't give him a half point on the three. I can give him a half point on any other number. I'm not sure he shouldn't get two or three points. Mm. I mean, I mean, if if you look in the last two seasons at your power ratings each week and his performance, he's out. They're outperforming. Oh, there's no question. By look, more look than at, two points. And look at last year, and you know they, they until the Cincy Bengal playoff disaster. You know they. I mean, they just week after that was week, a disaster because they, they should have won the game in theory, right? They didn't get blown out. They threw three, three interceptions, interceptions, and still it was a tight game. Yeah. Right. So, in a weird way, to call that a disaster is, if anything, it shows you how good they were last year. Um, I think we got a desperate Titans team that lost two straight that needs a bounce back and is going to have well, that bounce back here. Let's not forget, and you guys probably heard, they fired their GM this mm-hmm. week. Yep. And to me, I thought, okay, is this a sign of some big, you know, maybe sexual harassment thing or drugs or something tumultuous. Well, no, I, the guy, or at least the reporting is the athletics reporter, not Mike Sando, but for uh, the Titans said that the AJ Brown, mm-hmm. you know, humiliation in a way. He probably, what I said on SOVAM was that he probably showed up in the office or showed up at the facility on Monday after the game, had words with somebody about AJ Brown, and they were like, 
pack your stuff. Yeah, well, apparently they and and they're just frustrated and they feel and this was a but here's what I liked. This was effectively a power play for Vrabel. That those two got along, mm-hmm. but he wasn't his guy. Mm-hmm. And that this is them saying Vrabel's our guy, and we're gonna let him pick a guy pretty much to bring in, or at least have a big say in it. Mm-hmm. To me, the team doesn't care about the GM. The team cares about Vrabel. This feels like almost like the day I let's say there's two mafia uh, capos fighting it out. Well, the day that you win, remember on the wire when Marlowe finally won and he said, this would be a good day to go out and sell some on the corner. And they all fanned out after Barksdale went down, right? This is not quite that dramatic. But I think in general, there's going to be enthusiasm in the building. I don't think many people were not Vrabel's guy, right? Meaning many players. You think many players was like, ah, GM's my guy, not Vrabel. No. No, so, the GM's the guy that didn't want to pay your best player and exactly. sent them and sent them away for nothing. Yeah, they didn't even get a good return. Yeah. So to me, this is a sign that that everyone's on edge, though. When you fire the head, I mean, effectively, the GM is the day-to-day boss. And you fired him after they gave him a new contract this last offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, that lets you know everybody can be can go. If they're firing guys like that, everybody can go. Now, the other way to look at it is 538 says that there's a 98% chance Tennessee wins the division. So you could say, but I think after two losses in a row, this team does not want – Another. I mean, more sure. so than a typical one. Let me ask you this, Fez. And, and let me clarify, oh, too. Oh, yeah, remember, remember I have the team. When I, said, I said I had made the line three. Yeah, absent, you know, all this discussion we're having. Well, I'm, I really didn't make it three because I made it one. And now I give Tennessee. Normally say, well, you give them two for home field, you get to three. Yeah, that's, I mean, not all the way on to the three. You, I make it 2.75, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So you're saying that, that you would, be, like, effectively at even money or even at even minus 105. Uh, three, you would bet at minus three, minus one oh three. You bet you think there's value on on uh, the dog. So at plus three, even... minus oh three. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whew. All right. So, um, how does? But we just went through the numbers. How is that? It doesn't make sense. I mean, like, let's see. You said that they're only one point. Tennessee is only one point better than Jacksonville. Okay. And you're saying Woods home field two. Two. Okay. Eh, it's in division. I I can see that maybe. All right. Um, I, get, I just don't understand. Tennessee's only one point better than. Yeah, well, well I every but everyone agrees with that. You can't that you can't. That's well, not a. Everyone agreed with it last week, no, and they were all wrong. Everyone agreed with the the week well, before. The and they underlying were numbers agree. Yes. Right. And and I think generally they're right. If if all you did was say, Fez, we're going to check in with you once a or twice a year after week four and after mm-hmm. week eight, and you're going to give us a couple teams each time that are just not as good as their numbers. Right. Those teams are going to perform worse. In the law, then they had up to that point far more than they're not. Yeah, but occasionally there's going to be an exception. Tennessee feels like the exception. Now this is an excellent point, and we can and we can talk about the whole New England lineage and and Vrabel. And I do think a, a lot of Vrabel is a head coach. So yeah, but, I mean, you got to think he's a top five head coach. Oh right? yeah. Okay. And the list is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's Andy Reid, him, Belichick, not in that order. <sighs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a McVay guy, but he's got to put him in the, at least in the top ten, you know. So, you know, Harbaugh, Shanahan, huh? Harbaugh, no, I, I don't smell Carroll. No, 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 definitely not Carroll. Though, though, I mean, what he's doing this better. year, I should Carroll's tell you. a lot better. Yeah, yeah anyone that's new age shit on Carroll the entire offseason. The analytics people, it was nonstop. He, let's be candid. Seattle is the team of the year when it comes. Well, them, the Jets. 
Giants, maybe. I mean, who's the real surprises? And then Minnesota, but I think Minnesota, Atlanta, Philly. Atlanta? Oh, yeah. Atlanta's only supposed to win four and a half games. And how many are they going to win? They're already over. They've know, already but, got there. But what I'm saying is, is they're going to win, what, six or seven? Oh, it's so. Yeah. Okay. The Jets probably in that conversation. Yep. First of all, I think Atlanta, just to back up for one second, I agree with you about the Jets. Atlanta, I would make the following case. They played to win more games this year, but did they play to set themselves up for next year? Meaning, mm-hmm. by winning more games, you don't get a better draft choice. But I don't believe in tanking, but I don't believe in playing in a way that doesn't allow you to evaluate your players in order to win games that are net negative when it comes to your draft choice. Like, if the choice is to win four or seven, I think try to win seven. But don't do something goofy and not ever throw the ball. Yeah, Atlanta's as good as they're going to get. They're not going to get any better. Yeah, yeah. And and when you draft in the top ten a tight end and mm-hmm. the next year a wide receiver and they don't get the ball, how is that helping you for your future? It isn't. So I don't think they're a good. I mean, they might be overperforming. All I care about is how good they are this year. Wow, that's all you care about. That's but all, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm, I'm a goldfish. To, I like have no. I'm not look projecting. I'm just looking at no, the, I, how I'm they did this year. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but my yeah. question was expanding beyond that a little bit. And I'm in. I agree with you. Making the case that um, Tennessee would be another. I mean, what were they supposed to win this year? Tennessee was nine and a half win team. Nine to nine and a half, I believe, from memory. I think Indy was ten, right? I think Tennessee was nine actually. Boy, that seems wacky. Easy skip. Remember, really, really weaky division. Really weak Still, division. though, I mean, they're they, they're far exceeding expectations. Titans closed eight point nine. Colts were ten point oh. Okay, eight point nine. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. All right, but still nine. Yeah, yeah, I think they were nine and a half, and they got bet under. Yes, mm-hmm. that's accurate. Um, let's look at the EPA because I think the Jacksonville thing. I think you're wrong. Looking at now, so Fez, this is something we've been thinking on. Do you wait the more recent games uh, heavier. Yes. And do you have a formula for that or it's just a gut instinct? Um, I gut instinct and I look at what, what my recent upgrades were and then I look at the last three games. So if I look at Jacksonville, by example, how they've been playing, um, their offense has gotten worse. They're getting 5.2 per play instead of 5.6. All right, so this is oh, this is interesting. This is the season to date versus last three. Yeah, and this is troubling, and I didn't take this into consideration. Their defense has given up 6.6 last three for the season 5.7. So their defense has been very bad the, the last three games. It's a point we're going to make. If we look at EPA and we look from week eight on, all right, so it's six weeks, and we do a 96-4 filter for garbage time. Offense, 17th, smack in the middle. Defense, 31. Hmm. So let's assume for the sake of argument, we're going to rate the offense 50%, like 1.5 um, or, you know, three to two, however you want to say, right? Um, let's think about that. So it's three times 17, two times 31 divided by five. What do we got, McKenzie? One sec. Oh, here's my calculator. Yeah, so this is strong. So this this absolutely is pointing to, well, why do I have Jacksonville overrated? Because you have to feel I have Jacksonville overrated if you think there's value with Tennessee, even with the well, Rabel. I think they're probably a little under. I, but but I, yeah. the 31st on defense, and, and my numbers corroborate, that like they, they've been playing very poorly on defense, and they just played terrible on defense last week. I think last week was one of the mo- more shockingly bad performances of the entire year for any team. I, I agree that they, against Detroit, you know what? So you get you get down. Teams get down by 20. You get down by 20 to a Detroit, Detroit team. Then you lose by 12. You come back in the second half. You just don't get blitzed by a Detroit Lions team with no defense. Because in theory, just like A.J. 
when he bet against you last week for the victory with his crossfire pressing the button, it felt like this was the established, this is the day Trevor Lawrence emerged. Hmm. Last, two weeks ago mm-hmm. against Baltimore. It was an amazing, by all mm-hmm. accounts, I don't generally watch Trevor Lawrence, an amazing drive, multiple drives, right? In the fourth quarter against the Ravens. Yes, they were down two scores. Couple, couple fourth down conversions, and they were like supposedly, as the kids say, dimes, right? Really mm-hmm. good throws. And they win against the Ravens. Luckily. <laughs> How do you lay such an egg the next week? Unexplainable. Because they are not good. That's what I think. And, and I think Fez saying that he's got Jacksonville, you know, an average or slightly below average team, and him saying that Trevor Lawrence is a slightly below average quarterback. That's an interesting point. Those things are incongruent because if you think Ooh. Trevor Lawrence is slightly below average, then you should probably think the rest of the Jags are terrible. Because it can't be the D. The D is awful. Yeah. And I, I, so if you don't think Trevor, if you think Trevor Lawrence is just slightly below average, he's one of the best parts about this team. He's one of the things. If you're looking to bet the Jags, you're hoping that Trevor Lawrence. And some plays of it well. is the future, though. Like there was a question on one of the athletic shows, and this is one. Let's pose it to us: Is who would you rather be, Detroit or Jacksonville? Detroit, Jacksonville. See, that's interesting because it's well, quarterback. If you yeah. believe in Lawrence versus a good team, but well, no quarterback. I, I, uh, if you if we're talking about right now, we're talking about moving forward. Moving forward. For the next I'd, five years. Yes. Then I'd rather be Detroit because I'm going to draft the quarterback with the Rams pick. Exactly. But what's the odds of that quarterback being better than Trevor Lawrence? Doesn't have to be. Just has to be, you know. Nah, he's got to be better. Or at least as good. Because Trevor Lawrence is never going to be better than the 10th best quarterback, is my yeah. belief. So. I just I just need a, like, a, a number 23 quarterback. I think he's got a shot. When do you ever I, win I think, the, I, the I Super Bowl with that? I, think I don't need to win the Super Bowl. I just got to be better than Jacksonville. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the teams are going to are trying to win Super Bowl. I understand. But Jacksonville shouldn't try to win a Super Bowl. Jacksonville should try to be like the 20th best team. Why? Because that would be over exceeding what I think they're going to be. This year, you mean? No, in the next next three to five years. I mean, you well, think you're about really it. Down, you're really down on Jacksonville yeah. then. Yeah. I just think the Lions have a better team around whoever quarterback they're going to draft. I mean, the Jaguars' number one wide receiver from last year is the Lions' number two, number three wide receiver this yeah, year. Yeah, but here's the thing: tell if you if you look at quarterback performance mm-hmm. as a proxy for team performance, meaning I don't don't tell me mm-hmm. blind resume. I just want to see how good the quarterback is. I don't think there's a stat that could po- – I'd be interesting. Quarterback versus yards per play net, which is in the- – well, I guess that's going to have the – but the quarterback stat's ripped out of that, right? So it's every play except passing plays. Wow, that's – Yeah, you've got to take the, the quarterback. Jared Goff is having a better season per hour composite yeah. rating than Trevor Lawrence. I think whatever quarterback that they draft next year is could have a – had more potential than Jared Goff. Well, potential. Yeah. What is the odd of all the quarterbacks drafted in the last five years? How many of them are better than number twenty? That's interesting. Fez. Is who's within five years of being drafted? And the question is, were they even in the first round? Because if not, it's a it's a throw in a dart. Yeah. So, so if Josh Allen count? He's yes. Let's count him. Um, Mahomes is busy. Yeah, let's count him. All right. So Burrow, Herbert, Hertz, uh, Watson. Fields. Hertz was well, Watson, third round. Watson hasn't been. It's been more than five years for Watson. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Watson and Mahomes for same draft. Tua. What? Yeah. Well, that's, right. that's interesting. All right, maybe Mahomes. All right, they're on the board. So let's do this because obviously, if you're counting Mahomes and, and uh, Watson, a lot of people. Let's say not though. Let's say I think now I think about it, I go just, another year. I looked up Mahomes. It was 17 for Mahomes just recently. So let's say 18, 19, 20. And it has 21. to be first rounders. 
Well, if not, let's no, let's talk about it because I do think it's different. Lamar okay. Jackson. Yeah, I was gonna say Lamar. Well, he jo- was a first rounder. So I'm saying Lamar, Josh Allen in 2018, right? Okay. Okay. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh. No, no. 20, That's what I'm saying, yeah. 2019. Um, no one really. I mean, <laughs> well, he's asking for the bus too. Like, I think yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Well, you got guys like Murray and Daniel Jones. Yeah. yeah. Well, Daniel yeah. Jones, I think he's on. And, the then, way and then 2020, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Which looks like it's going to end up being a historically good quarterback class. And then, and and obviously last year, Justin Fields. Well, I mean, again, we. I mean, is Justin Fields really? uh, I mean, do you think over under Justin Fields will have, let's say, his three best years, Mm -hmm. not just one little pinnacle, three best years? Do you think he averages better in in the night in the teens that he he'll be like the seventeenth best quarterback? It's, I think well, he's a slight it, underdog. Yeah, but his rushing ability is what's. You know, know. How long does that last? Though? That's what I'm saying. But it, it's right now you can argue he's been the best but, running quarterback in the league. Like when you say yeah. they're, whoever they draft, like is going to be better than Jared Goff. Think about. I think the odds are less than fifty percent. Think about Jared Goff was the number one overall pick, <laughs> and and now we're saying, oh well, whoever so, they draft so was Wentz. Yeah, whoever they draft second is is for sure well, going to be better than was Goff. Too that year. Wentz was too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's I mean to RJ's point. Drafting quarterbacks is a real crapshoot. Hey, maybe they and, don't draft a quarterback. <laughs> you know, this uh, team is really good. Yeah. And well, maybe they don't this year because they have golf for yeah. next you're, year. You're probably we can make a run. Realistically, you're probably going to get a Mac Jones, you know, type of quarterback. You, you're one Mac Jones or you're two Mac Jones? Well, year two. Yeah, that's both. Oof. I mean, because yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what we're saying. No, you know what's going to happen is the Texans are going to screw this whole thing up and draft Will Levis first overall. Texans and then the pick. Lions are going to wind up getting like uh, Bryce Young. Or so, you know, like. Texans are going to take a running back who's got a Bible verse tattooed on his forearm. That's, that's what they're going to That's a Kentucky quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some yeah. serious people who think he's the quarterback. Yes. I think that's insane. But isn't he a tools guy? Yes. I mean, that's the point, right? That's what the league wants. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Fez, I guess my point is, considering how bad the D has played, considering the injuries or, or the, the, the Trevor Lawrence uncertainty with injury, even if he plays, right? considering Vrabel's X factor, it doesn't feel like you got enough room here. I, 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 I got plenty of room in that Tennessee injury report. That's okay. that, 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 that's what I'm counting on. I got a really banged up Tennessee team. There's a reason they lost two games in a row and got blown out by the Eagles. This is not this the, team the is whole not. Mar- but last question: hmm? What is Philadelphia versus Jacksonville right now? If they were Philadelphia versus Jacksonville, well, Philly's a seven and Jacksonville's minus one, eight points. All right. So let's think about this: the closing line, Philly at home against Tennessee. All right. Was was it four, four and a half? Four and a half. Okay. And we give Philly two. I think they deserve yeah. two and a half, but let's give it two. Hmm. Out of division, they probably deserve two and a half. All right. Let's just do it just to make it simpler. All right. So two, but let's go to, uh, th- we'll go to three because of three. All right. So three points better. Is what yes. The, that's right? what the market said. Okay. Emphatically. All right. So that means that if they're three points better than Philly, if they were playing Jacksonville and hosting them this week, the theory is it would just be three more points, so it would be seven. Jacksonville would be plus seven at home or on the road against Philly, you think? You know, Philly's getting priced weird. We <laughs> talked about this last week. Why the hell is Philly, like, such a small favorite Respect for Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So it all it disappears off of one game? Well, you know, what's interesting is, remember, the look-ahead line on the Philly-Tennessee game was six and a half, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It opened six and a half, and then they, they bet um, on Tennessee— 
and they brought it down to five and a half, and it came all the way down to four and a half and four. I, there's a lot of anti-Philly money in the market. I know a lot. So that isn't that. I don't know if that was pro-Tennessee money. I think that was well, anti-Philly be, money. It last has to week. be somewhat pro-Tennessee. It can't. Yeah. I mean, you yes. can't. You know. You, and you, I hey, and I, I frankly I can't comment to how much more injured Tennessee is now than they were two weeks ago. I just know they're very injured right now. Hmm. Two, when you say two weeks ago, when the, I just think they're two game losing streak. You know, yeah, but we're talking. I mean, but they, they however injured they were, the question is yes, like last three days ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Any closing thoughts? I thought that was a fascinating game. Uh, I it think, is. I think you came down to it. If you don't believe that, or you said it well, Fez. If you don't believe Lawrence is going to be limited at all, if you could overlook this laying of an egg that, unlike we've seen in centuries, no, it was a bad game. All right. If we can overlook the 31st defense in the league. that That's what's the really troubling point. The 31st defense since week eight. That is extremely troubling. And if we want to act like Vrabel doesn't have any magic mm. pixie dust, then Fez has about a half point of edge. Is that fair to say? No, then I, I think <laughs> no. If I just look at the at the raw numbers, yeah. I have I have a massive edge. No, you said two point seven five. Is the best? At best, yeah, yeah. And I'm getting four. That's a huge edge. All right. If ever, if no, if none of these other things matter, I the whole Tennessee injury situation could cost them two points by the time they kick off. Who would you Who would you bet here if you had to? I'd bet Tennessee. Mostly just because I, I don't think I twenty seven and twelve. I'm baby. very confident, <laughs> but I, I I'm I, not I'm not confident I will win the game. I'm very confident I win the closing line value. Well, that's congratulations. So I got that. Maybe we'll shine up that trophy for you. <laughs> All right. So oh, is this a veto play? It is. Oh great! I I don't think I've ever lost a veto. No, veto's done quite well, no, but not against I'm not, you. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. for some like, reason veto in general's done very well. No, I have no doubt. Yes. All right. No, I like it when you like the game. It worries me more, to be honest. If I'm bucking you. All right. Oh, that was a lot of work, but it was a good conversation because I think ultimately you either believe the stats or you don't, and. Now, that's interesting that you say that. Yeah. You either believe the stats or because we'll be talking about some stats shortly. Beautiful. But I'm in between. <laughs> Whereas I, <laughs> I believe the stats tell, you know, I've been really digging into some math. I should have done this in college. But they talk about what percentage of the variance or the error, the likely. So they can take two numbers and say, what's the correlation? All right. And so, for example, yards to uh, net margin, right? So your net yards to net margin has a high correlation. It's about 59% when I uh, just, if you say net yards to net margin, sure. 59%. Now, what's interesting is if you look at, like, after week eight, it goes up. If you look at week two, it's way down because mm-hmm. you only got one week, right? So you can see each week how many weeks it takes typically. When there's jumps, when does it plateau? You know, I've been looking at that mathematically, and I've actually got a sheet of numbers to show you after the pot. Mm-hmm. Is it feels like to me the numbers are right about eighty percent? Meaning, if all we did was look at EPA, adjust, you know, adjust it for strength of schedule, like all the advanced different ways to look at it, I think it gets you to eighty percent. I think that the algorithms can do more than that. They they you know or the AI whatever you want to call it. They look at the numbers better than we could, but they also look at things like and this is what I I think is the next step for us in on the computer really is how does a team do against the blitz? 
How often mm-hmm. did it? And you can eyeball that. You can go to PFF and eyeball that. But what we don't know is, because almost every week when we say this is the matchup of the week, bad running or great running team against a bad rush D, usually it doesn't go that way because the other team knows it's such a big deal. And they put eight guys in the box or seven, get whatever in the box, heavy box, and they stopped the run. But then the, you know, all off Philadelphia, this, you know, threw mm-hmm. for a bunch of yards because they were committing to stop the run. But if you have a computer looking at all the numbers, it's going to tell you when the conversions or, or when the adjustments happen, when they don't, and when they can't be adjusted for it, maybe. It's so such a big disparity because there was situations. Was it the Giants? Who was it that we thought they were going to run well and they ran really well in the last couple of weeks? Oh, against Green Bay. So it would have been Philly against Green Bay, mm-hmm. right? I mean, everyone came in saying, oh, look, they can't stop the run. Well, they just ran on them, right? That, and that doesn't happen all that often. But if you've got thousands of games to look at, or maybe, let me think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, two or five, four years. Yeah, 3,000 games, let's say, going back a dozen years. You could, you know, there's PFF's been around since, you know, what, 2008, I think they started or whatever. And all the EPA's been out since, you know, I mean, you can do EPA retroactively, but it's been out since 99 with the play by play. I think that, that, that just the EPA and stuff doesn't do that part fast. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's one last piece, which is the stuff the numbers don't capture. And I think that's not a ton, but obviously Belichick had it. Sure. Is there, who else has it other than Belichick? You think Vrabel? Yes. Anyone yes. else that you would say underlying stats say one thing, but I have this team graded a point better because of the, you know. I think Tampa Bay is worse. I can't stand watching Tampa Bay's decisions making right now. And that's a I whole think, other element, too, is that the late, the fourth down decisions, the field goal, that kind yes. of thing. I think Tomlin falls into that category sometimes, like it, it, because we, but, we always but, think about him as an underdog and like it, they just had, he gets his team up in a way that you can't see certain in the stats. spots. I agree. Mm-hmm. Though, interestingly, his in game stuff is bad. Yeah. By all yeah. accounts. All right. It's funny that we were talking, I, I meant to mention this earlier when we were talking about the best coaches, who are the coaches that make a difference. And I think, man, a year ago, we would have been talking about. Frank Reich and Matt LaFleur, one of them's fired, one of them like is no totally on the outs. I mean, the wise guys never really like LaFleur, but um, I agree. I mean, Reich, he was a favorite of the wise guy or a favorite of the analytics guys, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I'm a Jeff Saturday guy. Are you? <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something about Reich I didn't, didn't like. I don't know why. Though, did any of you guys read the um, – Andrew Luck piece in ESPN? No, I was. I, it's on my bookmarks. Yeah, I, I hate Andrew it. Luck even more now. Really? <laughs> Did you read it? I haven't read it yet. Oh no. my god, he's crying about. I, I felt isolated. I had to go to dinner, and when I would go to dinner, the team was looking at me to order, and I would just order for everyone, and it made me feel dirty. Like that's like it sounds just like that. What? Yeah. Except it sounded more like this. <laughs> but. <laughs> Is that that's one of the quotes? He talks very high now because he's very evolved. <laughs> yeah. Is that one of his quotes from, yeah, the from Andrew Luck? Yeah. yeah, you. I would think you'd like that. But but the whole piece—that's the given. The fact that he that he abandoned his team is beyond debate. The fact okay. that he was the only national guy willing to say that. I just thought you'd give him some credit for at no, least admitting he, he was wrong because he spent the entire time explaining it. Ah. This whole article about the pain he was in and how he was mistreating his his girlfriend at the time. 
Yeah. That, that's. Did you read him again? I did, yeah. How, Even that quote, I regret the timing of my retirement. Very. It was, during the, it was like doing a game. <laughs> in the very, it's very wussy, wussy. You know, it's oh like I, I, I. It's like I'm inclined to believe that I might regret my. What? He didn't throw. I, he didn't make a throwing motion for 18 months. I, I, I think Nerf balls, like in the last no, couple of months. No, maybe, but I'm saying yeah. for 18 months. Couldn't he did throw not, football, yeah. Well, he didn't try. Yeah. It wasn't like it was bad. He had some guru in Norway or something. Was it Norway? I don't remember. Yeah, he had a guru that he went over there and stayed like six weeks, and they were meditating, burning incense. I think it was ayahuasca. I'm not sure. Mm. No. But, I mean, it really sounds like if Pee Wee Herman was doing a regret thing, it would, it would read like this. 49ers should call Andrew Luck, honestly, if he's that, if they, I mean, and the funny thing, Stanford here sounds like he's ready. Yeah. You know, three quarters <laughs> through it, Mackenzie, I quit reading. I, I, I felt nauseous. You didn't feel con- affirmed or confirmed that everything you said the last 10 years is exactly what it was? I knew it was, dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you could. how could anyone say anything different? Everybody did, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, but here's the, here's the, you're right, because the whole thing was really built around explaining his bullshit. Yes. But let me ask you a question, because I did quit reading it. Is Did he talk about the Colts paying him still? Did not come up. So they, they think about this. I think the Colts gave him like $15 million. They could have clawed back. Right. They just let him keep it. And he doesn't mention that? Yeah. Because the whole time he's blaming them for pressing him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Huh. And, and the funny thing is, he's talking about how finally he gets a chance to golf and he finally gets a chance to hang out on the beach. It's like, Jesus Christ, you think anyone reading that's going to be sympathetic? Yeah. It's like 62 and going for the 35th year in the mill? That, that, oh. Oh. Okay, we just went on a tangent, tangentially. It was time-shifted to the back of the pod, and it's about the Fezzik lineage, what Ivy League school they're going to go to. It's, it's a must-listen. And what Ivy League schools... They will not be going to. Yes, it's a must listen. But back to the games. <laughs> Fez, we wrapped up. Um, you're talking the five star heated debate, and Scott was with me. Scott, you're right. I mean, we won the debate. Yeah, I think so. Hundred percent. But really, you can't eat that. <laughs> it's a closing line value, right? So let's win the mother. <laughs> All right. Now, by the way, it's a good time to talk about. I liked Minnesota last week. As you guys, no, I'll wait. I got actually a little hint. I got that game this week, so I'll wait to talk about that because I, you know, went the other way on the contact. I saw you guys on there on Twitter. Yeah, it. people were mad at me. Like mm. I, I think people make the assumption that I somehow have any impact on what gets you played do. on the call. I don't do anything without checking off with you. Be, yeah, <laughs> like I, I try to explain this to people that after Wednesday night, we essentially don't have any contact regarding. Contest oh, picks. Oh, because you've bailed on us on Saturday. You used oh, that's to be, you used such to be a there lie. in the middle of it, giving us your thoughts. And when Fez and I were taxing, and then one day, one day he goes, I'm honored. He said, I'm honored to be here. No, I said, I enjoy, I enjoy I seeing did. the sausage made. I, I said, do. Dude, you're part of the team. And then I don't think he's ever been back. I, d- I don't want to uh, muck up the conversation. <laughs> uh-huh. He's off at some baseball camp or, or eating barbecue somewhere. <laughs> All right. My five star. Mackenzie's going to like this one. San Francisco 49ers. This is my three-weight as well. Three-weight from AJ. AJ, I've been talking a lot. Why don't you start? All right. We, we can talk about Brady with another magnificent comeback. Wow, that was impressive. 
you know what? Brady's not good this year. Like I, I'll, you like me to to say something firm and and just say it. <clears throat> Andy Dalton's been better than Tom Brady this year, which is crazy to think, but it's, he just has been. All right, so let's look at our numbers. Okay. All right, because I don't agree with what you're saying, but let's see. Well, Andy Dalton is number nine in our numbers, right? Which is half PFF, half ESPN's QBR. PFF is grading the player. Not the result. QBR is grading the result. Because you can throw a perfect pass and it gets dropped. Okay. And Tom Brady is 15th. Okay. But still, when you're 15th, it's not so bad. Especially when the team around you is in shambles. Yeah, but Tom Tom Brady's not carrying this team. No. Where you got Tom Brady? Probably like 10 or 11? Uh, 13. Yeah, okay. So he's an above-average quarterback at age 45. Yeah. Listen, if you put in the age handicap, he's been amazing. All right. But I just think, like, Tom Brady won that game, sure. Dennis Allen lost that game. And there's a couple of these wins, late-game decision-making, that have gifted the Bucks two wins that they shouldn't have because you can go back to the Rams game. It was a similar situation. And if they lose those two games, the Bucs are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Kyle Shanahan is not going to leave the back door open because I, that's probably the moment that haunts him the most – in his career is leaving the back door open for Brady to get back into a game. I don't think it happens. Brock Purdy's unproven, but I thought he looked pretty solid in a game where he was asked to throw the ball 37 times, and he's surrounded by elite offensive talent. And facing a pass defense that's been bottom 10 in the league over the last four games, the Bucks have lost to Kenny Pickett. They've lost to P.J. Walker. They've lost to Jacoby Brissett. Losing to Brock Purdy wouldn't be anything to write home about. Brady struggled against the Saints' bottom 10 pass rush, and it's not going to get any easier against San Francisco, who grades 7th in PFF, by the way. If the defense for San Francisco— 7th overall or 7th in pass rush? 7th in pass rush. Mm -hmm. If if the defense plays an average San Francisco 49ers football game, the offense is going to be good enough to to cover this number. I I, I like San Francisco quite a bit. Not worried about the Kyle Shanahan without Jimmy Garoppolo stats. With Jimmy Garoppolo, 35-25 and 1 ATS. Without Jimmy G, 16 and 22. Didn't we just talk about how CJ Beathard was great in the Shanahan system? <laughs> 16 oh, and yeah. 22, Shanahan. Well, the stats are good. ATS without Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Fez, if there's a new quarterback that has some talent, because I think anyone that watched that game will t- or watched the tape after said the guy acquitted himself better than you might expect. Oh, he doesn't absolutely. suck. Yeah, he didn't. He, he, he hasn't said. Yeah, he was quite good. Sun Sunday, small right. damn. So now, size. here's the thing: when you have a new quarterback, one is the game he gets at times put into unexpectedly. So he didn't practice that week, right? But the team didn't practice against him mm-hmm. or, or for him. Okay, scheme for him. Okay, then there's game one, in which everyone knows he's going to start, and then there's game two, three, four, five. In general. The rest of the regular season, forgetting competition, meaning it's not how good the Bucks D is, but is it game one? Is it game zero, which is the game he got injected into? What game do you think a quarterback like Purdy does best? What game does he does do worse? I think he does worse later in the year. Yeah, I agree with that. The further out he goes, they get tape on him. They see what he can do, and they take that away. Now he's got to do something else. I think game zero and one are player dependent. 
it really it all comes down to how hard has he been working? Is he pre- has, is he prepared? Is he you, from what I understand, Shanahan is a hard like he's an old mm-hmm. school young coach where he's hard on the players. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's your cousin McKenzie, but you know, again, that's not a bad thing. Would you say that's true? A hundred percent. So if he's got a third string quarterback, he's going to have the right attitude because let's be candid, there's a lot of guys that would love to be third string quarterback. I can tell you, there's no one he's more angry at on a daily basis right now than Brock Purdy. All right. So I got a feeling the coach that that to me, I think with a lot of coaches, maybe game zero is the best game. I think with a really good offensive coach, game one is the best game because now he's going to have a chance. He knows what he can do. He's going to have a chance to use a scheme, some stuff up that's unexpected, I think. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how smart Brock Purdy is in terms of obviously you've got a, it's a complicated offense and what he's going to do with misdirection plays and the like and how, how, how well he's going to grasp. Remember, he's been the backup for. Ten weeks almost, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's third string. I mean, he's third string when the season's yeah, that's a good point, right? So he's been getting the backup reps. Yes. I mean, which aren't a ton, but I I personally think this is the game, his game, and I think this is an old school bet in that Tampa Bay is just overrated. And Tampa used, Bay sucks. There used to be a lot of this out there ten years ago, twenty. It's not. There's not usually, and you see where this line opened. I mean, this was the public. Or, or the go ahead. Um, did you have something, Steve? No. Okay. So San Fran. Oh, if you look at the look ahead, now that had no idea Jimmy G was going to be gone. It was six. Okay. It closed at six and a half. The look ahead closed. So that entering the game six and a half. The open with him being out for the year, it was known was three and a half. So they made a not through any key key numbers six. Yeah, you know, a three point adjustment. What do you, what did you make? Three point adjustment. Okay, but. And and as what we've seen is it's gone down to three point one on Monday, up a little bit to three point four. So in general, it's been down as we expect from the time when Jimmy G was thought to be the starter. Otherwise, just a little down but flat. I uh, I like Jimmy. I, I probably like Jimmy G more than other people. Because people seem to obsess over what people can't do, but that only matters at like the Super Bowl. In a weird way, we were talking to Feds and we were talking about like a team's future, and then it's like he doesn't care. He's talking about this week, right? Well, I don't care about Jimmy G throwing a touchdown in the Super Bowl if, if, if third and twenty. Or I care. Can he beat this team? They're laying you know six mm-hmm. two or whatever. And I think he's been very good, except when he's been injured. You know, I mean, what Feds? You had him. I would make the case this year was his best year of his career. You know, and I've been pretty. I think you were pretty hard on him. Yeah, I've got him as an average quarterback. Mackenzie, you follow it close. Would you say this is his best year? Yes. And I would say, even taking the last five years, quarterbacks with more than 500 snaps, best EPA, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Jimmy Garoppolo since 2017. That makes you question EPA. <laughs> a little bit. It does. But I think I, I think my belief is he probably was 17th or 18th because he's hurt so much. Yeah. But that's when he's point. healthy, he, I think he's 11 higher. or 12, you know? I, I like that. Yeah. So I think over the long run, this really hurts San Francisco. I think for this game with, a, with an overmatched opponent, and what is Brady's weakness? Pressure. Mm-hmm. Any quarterback, if you're not a super athlete, and even then it's hard, right? And the line's struggling. And San Fran's line is robust. I mean, we're talking defensive player of the year, right, for Bosa. Yeah, he's a co-favorite with Micah Parsons right now. Well, he's not a co-favorite. He's the, the second favorite, yes. and he's way behind. That's he not a, a co-favorite. It's the same odds. 
All right, how's this? I'll give you uh, him, and, and I'll take Carson's Mike. It's like minus seven. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you want, Pass, I'm sorry. You want that bet? No, I don't want it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my thoughts. Yeah, I think Fez said something like what he said, Tampa Bay sucks, and I, I don't disagree with him. And it's funny how we we have been comfortable now saying the Rams suck. Like there, there's no defending it. losing games. Right. The 49ers have won a couple coin flips, and they play in a dreadful division, so they're in first place. That's all that's keeping us from saying that they— You said 49ers, you mean Tampa. That's what I mean, Tampa, yeah. That's all I think that's keeping Tampa from—or people from saying Tampa sucks. Yeah, well, we know the Rams suck, and the Rams had Tampa Bay beat. Yeah, so the the Rams lose a couple of those coin flips, and we're like, okay, they suck. And I'm not saying they don't suck, because I think they do. But 49ers are – I keep saying it. The Bucks win a couple of those coin flips. What was the – forget the coin flip. What was the win share for the Bucks in this game? 17% <laughs> tied for the lowest in the season for a winning team. So it was tied with what? The Jets had that onside kick win over the Browns in week two. So it was that unlikely. Can you pull up also the Tampa Bay win share against um, the, the Rams? Rams. Now, yes. One caveat I'd say as he's doing that, the Rams game, they had some of their players that they don't have now. Mm-hmm. Like as they started shutting people down. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. The Rams were better. But can we ignore the – now, listen, I'm on San Fran, but can we ignore the fact that the guy who's pulling out the miracles is the miracle worker of all time? <laughs> right? I mean, to some degree, it is brave. That's a good point. Yeah. I, th- I, I think the bet to make is San Francisco in the second half. Now, why is that? Because they have outscored their opponents 73-7 to in the second half in the, the last five games. doesn't give up points in the second half. And that's and the, the only time Tampa scores is in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe under in the first half. Oh, wait, that doesn't work. I'm mm. sorry. Mm. Strength against strength. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right now, you can get 49ers minus 140 for the second half. Or minus one at minus 105. You know, that's that's too cheap. Minus 140 is very good. That's better than lane one. Because you're saying just with the line at three and a half, it should be what? You know, the first half should be minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. First right? half is minus two. Yeah. The line's three for the game. But what happens is that— Oh, it's under three? Three minus 115. Mm. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, in a lower-scoring game, the minus 140, what's the money line for the for, for San Fran? Minus one— For the first 75 half? 75 for the game. Oh, for the game? For the game, it's minus 180. Minus 180. Yeah, I mean, it's like you can't just divide by two, you know. For the to, first half, it's minus 150. For the second half, minus 140. But you you heard right now it's minus only minus 115 minus three. Yes. Okay. Which I don't love laying three and a half here. Yeah. I mean, has that been a line move? Just when did that move happen? It's been three point two five, right? Yeah, that's the lowest line on the board. For the yeah, yeah, but yeah, so that's the one to bet if you're betting that way. Um, okay, so Rams week nine bucks were forty percent fourth quarter win share because they were only the one. What was shocking was they did it so after they didn't do it. In the red zone, right? They threw whatever. I yes. can't remember. And then it, was, Scotty it felt Miller, like it was over. Scotty Miller dropped the touchdown, the winning touchdown. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't matter. They still won. So best teams in the league, but we're talking Tampa, is in our five or four variable model. We've got Tampa Bay. Whoa. Eighth? It shocked me as well. Let's break this down, Mackenzie. Give it. Give us. When I don't agree, I'm going to say <laughs> this is Mackenzie's rankings. So tell us the under or the uh, component parts. So in the the all stats model, they're eighth. In Kevin Cole's adjusted numbers for the season, they're seventh. Football Outsiders projected score, they're ninth. Our pregame EPA luck model is they're sixth, and Neflo has them fourteenth. Hmm. Well, most people, it's right. It's not even variation, right? Except Neflo. Yeah. 
By the way, I like the way this is ordered this week, where we can just look and see who the top teams are. Well, he said you from, requested that. I did. That's why I, that's why I like it. <laughs> I did request it that way. You see what kind of political operator he is? Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> but it's better now because you can look. Tampa Bay, eighth in our rankings. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mackenzie should do George Costanza with his display. That's pretty true. <laughs> He's very good at a lot of things with this stuff. At one time, he literally had a sheet of paper, like a week ago, that had not maybe, I don't know, 300 numbers on it. And the most important number was, like the number that 9 out of 10 people would say, that's the key to this entire sheet. He didn't have it. On the back. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's the other one I printed out earlier. So let's look at the top teams just to say, does this system make any sense? Philly, number one. Buffalo, number two. Cincy, number three. San Fran with no adjustment for quarterback, number four. Kansas City, five. Dallas, six. Baltimore, seven. Tampa, eight. Miami, nine. New England, ten. A little higher than you'd expect. Cleveland, a little higher than you'd expect. But they're up there with a lot of rankings. Seattle, Jets, Tennessee, Minnesota, okay, Green Bay, Denver, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Detroit, Giants, Raiders, Washington. Washington seems low. Let's look at Washington. Give us the component. Paul Stats have them 16th. Kevin Cole's adjusted number 17th. 21 by DVOA's adjusted score. 30th by pregame EPA minus luck. 22nd by Neflo. All right, can you break in? Because really, it's all, everyone's in the range I thought it should be, except for our minus luck. So it's going to be luck, right? So where have they been lucky on the season? They've been lucky in, uh, let's see here. Take your time with that. But wouldn't you say, guys, that that, that these numbers or that order sounds pretty damn right, doesn't it? Yeah, like it feels like Denver may be a little high, uh, but. And Jacksonville may be high, but that's just in well, my Jack, mind. I know Jacksonville. People at, love at the Jags. Po- no, they're 18th. They're at minus 0.8. That's where everyone's got. I, I know. I, I mean, you can disagree. It's just, it's just my brain. It's, it's yeah. like thinks that Jacksonville's well below average. So, Fez, I'm gonna I'm gonna run down our best teams in order, and you can tell me where you see the biggest differences with yours. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm gonna start at one. Philly, Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Fran without adjustment for quarterback, Kansas City. So I know you got Kansas City at the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dallas. Baltimore. Well, Baltimore's got a backup quarterback. Yeah, but so, we're not yeah, right, counting right, that. Right. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay. Now that's the shocker. M- Miami. New England. That feels There high. you go. Yeah, New England. Well, I got New England 12th, and you got right. them 10th. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's fine. Cleveland. No adjustment for Watson. It's fine. Uh, you're, you're too low in Cleveland, yeah. I got so where ninth. do you got them? Ninth. That's, not, yeah. that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I would have thought Cleveland may be a little too high. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's what I think most people would think. Hmm. Um, Seattle, Jets, hmm. Tennessee, right? Minnesota, yep. Green Bay. Um, I have Green Bay twenty fourth. That's okay. The first that's difference. Right. Uh, d- now remember, we're not waiting for the more recent games, hmm. and I think Green Bay has played generally worse lately. Yes. Um, Jacks. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Denver seventeen. What do you got, Denver? I got 25th, Denver. Okay. And I think, again, they are playing worse now. I don't even know if they're playing worse they now. They've just they had t- t- tight games every game. Their numbers are bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's just covered against Baltimore. What are you Their numbers about? are bad the last three games. Jacksonville, uh, number 18. Yep. New Orleans. Sure. 
Uh, Detroit? God, Detroit's way better than New Orleans. No, yeah, one within three. Uh, Giants? Ooh, I, yeah, I got Giants 26. Do you got them 21st? Yep. Yep. Uh, and this is just a composite. Uh, Raiders? I've got the Raiders 17th. Okay. And again, when we're off, it's almost always the recent. Recent, yeah. yeah which I, we, we're going to start waiting. Makes it. sense. Uh, real quick now, Chargers? Oh, no, I'm sorry, Washington. Washington 23. Now, I think I've, that's not high enough. I've got them 18th. Yeah, okay. Um, Chargers? We talked about that. You talked about the reasons for that. Um, Chargers? 24th we got. Where the heck are they? They don't exist. They don't have a rating. <laughs> They're, I, you know, I've got them 14th. Whoa. My number, my number's wrong. It doesn't reflect the injury situation. Uh, Pittsburgh, 25. Yep. Atlanta, 26. Yep. Carolina, 27. Yep. Arizona, 28. I've got Arizona twenty one, so I've got yeah. them higher. See, I don't. Mm, I think this. Well, I think this number is closer than Fez is on well, that. Well, with Hopkins though, they're you know he's been bad. Hopkins and Murray being back. Yeah, Indianapolis. Yep. Ray Rams. Oh yeah. Chicago. Sure. Houston. Oh yeah. Houston. Slam dunk. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a pretty good little system there. Yeah, the I'm one sure. I'm off on, I th- and I think my number's off is the Chargers, and it doesn't yeah, reflect and I the think banged we're up. We're off on a couple. They're cousins. banged up right now. So Mackenzie, last thing we were trying to dig into Washington a little bit. Uh, what are we seeing? Where have they been so uh, lucky? Turnovers is the main thing. They're 30 points lucky on the season. Also in the green zone, their opponents are 24 points unlucky. Okay, so like there's 60, almost 60 points just with those two factors. Yes. And 60 points is what? Two wins, right? Yes. Okay, so we're saying they're two wins, two lucky. Wow, I like this. I mean, you can agree or not, but at least you understand what's happening underneath the hood. All right. I like San Fran, but let's be candid. Three and a half, I'm not sure, right? Especially if it's moving towards three. At three, I like it. All right, next game. Any closing thoughts on that one? Next game, we've got... Oh, it's right here. Sorry about that. New England, Arizona. Yeah, it's my five weight. I'm going to be... AJ's five. I'm surprised you're not on this one with me. Maybe this is your one weight. No. Uh, New England <laughs> minus one and a half New, at Arizona. Yeah, New England minus one and a half. My, my favorite play this week. This is a laughable coaching matchup between Belichick and, and Kingsbury. Imagine, Cliff, the, the Cardinals been miserable. They, they get a bye week. And after the long rest, they get Belichick, who's also on extra rest. That's just got to be miserable. So they don't even get the full buy advantage they would normally get because the Patriots played on Thursday. And Belichick, 65% ATS off a loss. The Cardinals have no home field advantage. Their offense ranks ahead of only Carolina, Indy, and Houston in DVOA. Arizona's got all these fancy parts and their offense still stinks. Like it, Kyler Murray stinks. Their, their offense is behind Denver and the Rams in DVOA. Like when you really think about it that way, it's like, how bad is this team? The last six weeks have been the worst for Arizona. And over that stretch, their defense, 28th in DVOA. Uh, overall, they're, they're 31st in DVOA over the last six weeks. That's ahead of only Houston. With the Pats sitting at 6-6, six and six, they know every win counts. They've played teams with winning records four of the last five. They're getting a little bit of a reprieve here, and they've got a chance to work back into the playoff standings with a win and a Jets loss to Buffalo. They're back in the playoff picture. I just feel like this coaching edge, too much to overcome. I like the Pats minus one and a half. 
You know, what's interesting about this is the rest factor. So you only have two teams that have um, – they're coming off buys, Arizona and Carolina. So I'm like, oh, big advantage, Arizona. But uh, many buy – here for New England because they play Thursday and now they get to play on Monday, so 11 days off. I think that that cancels, if anything, advantage New England, right? Because Arizona players, they've probably been in Cabo for four days. Now, Belichick is famous for asking the NFL to have his opponents be off buys. He likes mm-hmm. that. Uh, in, in how long is this, McKenzie? The modern era, 2012 on. From 12 on, 16 times, they played a team off a of bye. 12 and 4 against the spread. 4 point plus ATS margin. But Fez, I'm looking at this first quarter advantage. So if you want, don't if you win by nine points over the game, what do you expect to win? And the, and the average line is five. You're a five point favorite. You win by nine. What do you expect the margin the first quarter to be? Three. Okay, so the margin is uh, three point four. So mm-hmm. not it, might, I, it looked bigger. I mean, it looked like big, but you're saying it. Did. But in the fourth quarter, what would you expect? And you're winning these games by nine on average. One and a half. All right, he's up five points in the fourth quarter. So eight point four versus three points. So it's all like like fifty five percent of the margins in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. You know, um, I wonder if he's setting them up. I mean, that's interesting. You or got, maybe they're fatigued because they were. I mean, you think they're rested, but they're not in game game shape. I don't know. You know, as far as the fatigue and the we we've got the. I know Arizona. Last time I checked, yeah, they're not on the coast, but they're a West Coast team. So you got the body clock fav- that does favor Arizona in this game. No, but if I'm not mistaken, Belichick they stay. Out west, uh, why would they? Well, they played Thursday, so they're not staying out. No, west. I thought who'd they play Thursday? I forget now. They play Buffalo. Buffalo on Thursday. Oh, yeah. then, you know, I don't know why I thought I, you're probably right. Um, you're thinking Miami stayed out west, Miami no, stayed yeah, out west. no, yeah. but I was thinking, I, I was thinking, I was no, I just made a mistake. So, okay, um, all right, so in this game is a uh, four o'clock Eastern. This is the Monday night football game. Oh, well, then. Okay, so Monday night game, they're out wet. Doesn't that let me think about that then? Does that hurt them more? Because it's going to be early. Like, like isn't the big disadvantage when you're playing? If you're East Coast, you're playing a night game. Is it? It's like midnight or whatever for you. But I guess your body yeah. clock's not changing soon. That's right. Okay, that's interesting. Can, I mean, can, maybe you go out there by day, on Saturday instead of Sunday. I don't know. You know, this is a little more complicated. I'll tweet this one at RJ in Vegas. RJ in Vegas. Maybe too simple for some, AJ. I like it simple. Gets the job done. I'll tweet out how do East Coast teams do when they're playing on the West Coast, but it's a night game. Circadian rhythms? Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? What does that even mean? Circadian? Yeah, circadian. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean, Fez? You know, it's funny. I don't know. But I, I can't help but think, think it's what, when you sleep, when you wake up. I I always think sunlight. about what, what are what are those grasshoppers that come out every seventeen years? Cicadas. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think like they're on a rhythm. The Catholics have the rhythm method. Something yes. else. <laughs> <laughs> I used to practice that mm. and pray. I mean, it's all related, right? You got to. Hmm. <laughs> I think it just refers to like your body clock, how your body, like what your body's used to. It's your tw- it's your twenty four hour rhythm. Okay, so when you want to sleep, when you yeah. want to, yeah. It's okay. your natural internal process that regulates the sleep-wake cycle and repeats roughly every 24 hours. 
I have a vision that Belichick's got them all in like these pods. And when, they, when they open up, smoke comes out. So when college basketball started and I started getting up at 530 there in the morning, go. my circadian rhythms got went to hell on the late night like work that I do. Isn't that interesting, though? Because when you let's say you get up early, but the sun's up 630, let's say. Yeah. People do that. No problem. You get up at 430. It doesn't matter. It's hard. Oh, I'm just pounding the iced coffee, just trying to to, to get ready to go. Yes, it's. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. My dad was on shift work. He would do two weeks. Was back in the day. Two weeks on afternoon. Two weeks on day. Two weeks on. Well, I guess it went around the clock. So day turn, afternoon turn, midnight, again and again. Two weeks. So right when you started getting used to it. Was when they said time to shift, time to switch it up. And by the way, the line movement in college basketball, six a.m. to seven fifteen a.m. As I've never seen so many, so big moves, big moves. So that's a sign that the uh, smart betters think the market is inefficient, right? I mean, why else are you moving? And, and we're panicking because if we don't get to it by six forty-five a.m., it's getting taken out. So we so now it's a game of chicken. Now we're like, oh, we've got a really good play. We got to get in there before six forty-five. Well, and or six thirty. Here, here's the beautiful six twenty. Here's the beautiful things about line moves, is sometimes and you talk about you talk about this on Sunday, that you bet mostly on Sunday against the line moves because there's certain games you disagree with them, yep. but now you're getting the better number. Volatility is fantastic in, in every investment market. Market you don't want a stock to always be trading at eighteen. You want a stock that's mm-hmm. like going up, like you want Blue Star Airlines going all the way from 16 to 23, back and forth, and you can benefit by by buying or and or selling. So this goes to show with a guy like AJ, who's a college basketball expert, but he's also a contrarian, meaning if someone says veto's on it, his instinct is he wants to go against veto just because he doesn't like that there is a veto. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. I know. And that's perfect for this because what's happening is – that, that there's going to be some games the wise guys don't touch at all. Most games, they don't touch yep. at all. You're going to like some of them, and you don't need Vito uh, affirming you. I, I've got two times that I release plays, uh-huh. and they, especially since we've been doing SOVAM, early, early morning before any of this stuff that Fez is talking about mm-hmm. is happening. Well, that's actually very – that's giving good value. And then the other is – after all the movement's been done. That's pretty sharp. And I, I think things have gone too far. So it shows why the volatility. Or you might deep more deeply handicap a game. And yep. has a, it maybe moves a half a point, gets you into the zone. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Anything else, AJ? No, sir. Any thoughts on this Monday night game, Scott? What What uh, don't you like about it? I figured this would be on your, on your radar. I feel like the New England's had a tough schedule. And I feel like they're probably tired right now. I mean, you really think about it. Isn't that where the mini buy helps? Maybe, but Belichick works them so hard. I mean, it's not, I got to be honest, when they play the way they play, there's never hardly an easy game unless you're playing against uh, the Cardinals, Jets, and Wilson. <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting with the props. So Mac Jones coming out saying, "Well, oh, stop, stop running the effing ball. We got to yeah. throw it." See, what's your thoughts on that? All right. So what people are saying that really understand, he's saying the quick game. He's saying the quick game. That, that this idea that he you, you, they're giving you a caption that's wrong, so I don't think that's better necessarily. But by all accounts, that's or not all accounts. By the accounts that matter, and I actually think it was PFF's main pod that talked about this. They said there's no debate. He said he's saying quick game. So that's a quick game is not working. Yeah, quick game, which is 
code now or the parlance they use for quick three-strap drops. So and why is he saying throw the de- throw the ball? He means throw the ball down the field, move the ball down the yeah. field instead of yeah. dumping off to running backs and tight ends, and whatever the you know. The, and and part of it, I'm not sure now. I think about is by the way, he's not happy with Matt Patricia. Which I like. So that means, in my eyes, that means, that means oh, Joe that means Judge over. is calling the plays. He's throwing down the field, more turnovers. Uh, and let's face it, Mac Jones throws very uh, many turnover-worthy passes. Well, good news. They're playing the 31st-ranked defense in the league. Well, listen. Points. Uh, Bailey's happy. And every game, see, the thing, <laughs> now that you're winning, AJ, here's something I want to uh, win the NFL. Here's what you got to know. Every game has professionals on each side sure. of it. Every game. So there's nothing personal about it. like you. You get so defensive. Like just say your opinion. You ever see me like I say my opinion, and I think you better show me how I'm wrong. And if they do, I keep talking. All right. right? Just say you got your handicap. You're winning more than Faz this year. He's betting against you though. That's true. And I bet on you. That's he, so I'm betting on you and against Faz. Oh, he's shit. expecting I'm going to lose. That's how smart is yeah, it? He's expecting I'm going to lose this game. That's why. Oh, he's no, trying to, this, got, this one counts in our record. Your confidence, I right? got, I well, yes, but I mean, I got, I got, <laughs> I got, I got no dog in the fight. <laughs> All right, um, I, and I also think I'm not. It feels like the anti Kingsbury. I don't know where it came from. Meaning, I get he's not a great coach, but like. It feels like he gets hate for no because he's good looking and he has a hot and he's got, and he's got like that like backyard that looks yeah. like 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 a Scottsdale like like mini like bed and breakfast resort you know people don't like that Scott you you follow the media as close as anyone I know whereas you you're getting to feel the pulse of things when did it turn on Kingsbury Oh when did it turn because there was the skepticism out last, of Texas Tech I think last year. When they had the collapse in the second half, because a lot is being made now of Kingsbury's records in the second in the half. second half of season. Yes, and it goes back. Not this year. Yet. They're playing better in the well, second. They don't half. get to play Kansas in the second half. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, this <laughs> year it seems like they're they, they're not worse than they were earlier. In no, the year. no. But it's like it, well, it's, defensively they are. Yeah, they're not worse. Yeah, <laughs> you're going through like it, it's it's not just. Um, What's happened in the NFL? People are going back through now his record at Texas Tech as a head coach, and looking at what he has done in the second half yeah, of that, seasons, and it's been it's it's a collapse every pro- year. Yeah, last year that was prominent discussion. So here it is: weeks one through seven with the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's twenty and eight ATS from weeks eight on twelve twenty and two ATS, and at Texas Tech. Games one through four, 17, six, and one ATS. Games five and on, 23 and 28 ATS. There's a pattern. And since week seven, 23 and 28 is not so bad. Since week 17 seven, and 34 straight up. Yeah, because yeah. they play, they're playing Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since week seven this year, they're one and four. They've won one game. Yeah, well, but, what's, but now we're not going ATS because it's convenient. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Like well, you, you the said, ATS? they're playing better. Yeah, I, 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 but that's what ATS is, right? Against the spread, that's the great equalizer. Okay, well, I mean, when you say that their win total was also a, is a good— Is calm? Yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm so, when you say their win total was a good uh, sort of me- meter of what their expectations were coming into the season? For the season, yeah. But we're talking again, about how they're doing on the year or how they're playing right now. Well, I was saying—you said they, that— I think they're playing better, is what I said. Okay. And, I mean, what is their ATS the last couple of games? I'll pull it up. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I know that in general I haven't been anxious to bet against them. I, mean, I know that the Chargers got very fortunate to beat them. I mean, extremely fortunate. Oh, getting eight points in the final 15 seconds? Yeah, that, that'll do it. And yes. again, they get credit for it. But I, I guess to me, 
it feels like they like what I see is the same thing that's happening to Staley, though I don't like Staley much, but AJ hates Staley now because he loves Herbs. <laughs> and Staley's garbage defense is screwing up Herbert's looks. But 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 when Her- here's what's interesting. They've had more injuries on defense than offense. Or at yeah, least as many. As many, at least. But you excuse Herb's performance, but you don't excuse the day. Well, because the offense still puts up reasonable numbers. Not really. They're not that good. They're, I mean, like, they're like below average. Their yards per play is like 5.1. I couldn't believe it. I looked at Can that be right? Yeah. And and they're, they're blaming this Lombardo character mm-hmm. because it's anyone but my boy. Two and three in the last five ATS. Mm, that's not so good. Um, but they lost the ATS. Did they cover or not against the Chargers? Uh, they Chargers, covered. they covered. Oh, geez. They were plus, two, plus two and a half. All right. I don't know. Maybe not. I just have, I don't know. I just have felt like I wanted to bet against them, but it feels like the public's so against them. And I did think Hopkins helped, mm-hmm. you know? But listen, I just think the Patriots are tired. You know, every game's a war. Belichick in his post game conference looked like, well, y'all saw us lose. Pretty obvious what happened. Have a good night. <laughs> Plus, to some degree, you know Belichick does not take the losing. And Buffalo's beat him like no one's beat him in his career. Like, when you think about it, they had like 20 of 23 possessions they scored or whatever. You don't think he was spending the entire – a big chunk of the offseason focused on Buffalo? Yeah. And then it just – and they're not playing very well relative to expectation on the year, and they just blow through him again. Yep. I mean, it's almost futile. It's almost like, what's the point, right? If you can't win your division, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I can see them being a little. Who knows? They might be a little flat. Though they've lost two in a row. Dallas could do it. Win the Super Bowl. Yep. Well, I thought it was San Fran that was going to win it, and now you're on that. Well, you said you said non-division winner. Oh, and they're the one that I said it's hard. I mean, I mean, Green Bay was a non-division winner when they won it, and Pittsburgh was. I mean, it's funny you've had. It's easier now with only one by team, though. That's interesting. Yeah, but I would say this: the teams tend to get hot late. It's funny because you get a cupcake now. If you're the best wild card, you know you get to, to, the worst to, division winner. Dallas gets to beat up on Tampa <laughs> in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, yeah, beat up on Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. And have to go on the road. Seriously, would you? If you were Dallas, you'd rather play Tampa than Minnesota. Mm, no, because of the TB. Yeah, that's a good point. And I hate Minnesota. We'll talk about Minnesota shortly. All right. Anything else in this one? Nope. And I will tweet out how the uh, Pacific time zone affects things. Okay. The Chargers. Miami Dolphins. Five-star from Scott Seidenberg. Yeah. We're going Miami Dolphins. Ooh. First Bounce off, back. First off, my favorite thing is that they're staying, they've stayed in California all week. I absolutely love that. Team building. Are they bunking up with New England? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Team building, bonding, whatever you want to call it. I absolutely love when teams do this, and I think it's going to work out in their favor against this Chargers team. And the Dolphins, uh, we know how good they are. It was a bad performance last week. Who knows how good they are? Everyone knows how good they are. How good are they on defense? I think they're horrible on defense. I told you last week, and you saw it. Mm. Backup quarterback, third-string quarterback, like hot knife through butter. Yeah. I mean, listen, they scored a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game. Everyone was singing a different tune. 
And then how did, long, did you see how long that? Did I take my, them to score again? Yeah. yeah, Miami goes up seven nothing during the national anthem. Yeah, and then they get outscored thirty three to but ten. Then, look, there, there was a, there, everyone's AJ's concerns about the offensive tackles proved right last week because they couldn't keep Tua upright. They have uh, one of the tackles has practiced this week. They also signed Eric Fisher off the scrap heap. He could be available to play this week. And it's not like if you're a veteran offensive tackle that has sat out for a year because you rehabbed an injury and it's not like you have a playbook to learn. You're in the huddle. They tell you if it's a run play or a pass play and just go block. So I think they'll be all right with him if he plays on a short week just having signed just this past week. Now, any concerns, just relatively speaking, you're bought, you're, you're you're selling the Chargers at an all-time yes. low. Summertime. Well, buying. here's what I'm doing. I'm selling well, the Chargers. Let's, let's get the point out. But I, I agree. You're selling right, you're, the Chargers get, on a low. Hold on a second. Shipping them. Hold on a second, Scott. The summertime line is? Chargers minus five. All right. Now the Chargers getting three. Eight points of adjustment. Now, what have you done with those two teams? And and as you're looking at that, we'll have Scott finish, and then we, you can tell us. So Dolphins, I mean, uh, Chargers right now, are defensively have been abysmal. And Brandon Staley was supposed to be this defensive genius, right? Build this roster, coach this team. They've been awful. they 27th in expected points allowed per play this season. Does this intimidate you? I have no, to not in at my all. Hand? Here's what's going to happen. I told you it was going to happen with Matt Rule, and no one believed me. This is the button. I told you it was happening with Matt Rule, and no one believed me. Brandon Staley is out. Sean Payton is in. Okay? These are the last games that are you, Brandon are Staley— Are you reporting this? I am telling you what I, I'm reading the tea leaves. Uh, okay. Brandon Staley is out. This is it. He is done. This is the final game. So you think he it's a, like a substitute teacher situation. I think the team is so dead. He is lost. I'm telling you, the team is gone. This is the season is a bust after losing the way they did last year, the final game to the Raiders and missing out the playoffs after being disappointing this season. He's gone. Sean Payton's in Herbert. One and nine against the second half spread in prime time in his career. He is one of the wait, worst wait, 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 wait. second half quarterbacks overall. All right, so Herbert in the second half when prime time does poorly. Yes. Well, what the hell? And what was that game he threw like nineteen uh, four Chiefs down? game? No, no, like nineteen fourth down conversions. Uh, was it the Raiders game? That was the Raiders game when they were that they it should have been a tie that they got the they were oh. down fourteen mm-hmm, in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Yeah. The, the, there's, we all know there's zero home field advantage in that stadium as well. The Chargers are also coming off of a road game in Vegas. This is an interesting stat. Take take what you will from this. But since the Raiders came to Vegas in 2020, teams are 7-15 and 15 ATS the following week after playing in Vegas. And those teams have lost seven consecutive games over the last two seasons the week after playing in Vegas. Since 2020, it's the worst previous city in the NFL, I you know I don't I understand this trend from a hockey perspective mm-hmm. because like the players the Vegas flu as they call it. right you'll well hey we'll fly out Monday after our Sunday game in Vegas but they fly out this they don't stay right no 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 team stays you know we never know if it, you, well if the Chargers you, definitely say, wouldn't it's like an an hour flight but let's, what if you win it could be victory Monday you're gonna you're gonna have off the next day maybe I don't know I don't, I don't know. know what the team does well I, I know they all go back together yeah I mean, but they, there's a there's there's Again, I don't know why to explain it, but the facts are the facts. Since the Raiders moved here in 2020, they're the worst previous city in the NFL. All right, so Scott is in the bloom of, like, you know how young love sometimes you don't, you look back and think, oh, I should have been more critical. He's fall, he's fallen in love with trends, 
And you know what? I think they're good because I like to hear them. Some of them I don't. Really, mm. This one, it doesn't resonate with me. But I will say this. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's just my opinion. But here's the thing. When you say facts are facts, well, the facts are something's happening that statistically is is not much more than than you know ran or not random but it's not a very unlikely occurrence right for a, you know what was the exact numbers again 15 and 7 fading yeah. up yeah yeah I mean, again i would say this there's a chance greater than zero there's something to it yes it's just you know to me that's like uh oregano on the french fries like a little bit of it's nice but <laughs> it, it's, it can't be there and it's not but it yeah. can't be the reason you're batting it you agree with that fez right Yes, but if you put Hein 57, A1, and ketchup in equal parts, that is the best mixture for a French fry. So what you're saying is his pick has three things that by themselves aren't supposed to make a meal, and even if you put three together, it doesn't make a meal. It would if you use those three. But you need French fries. Yes. Where's the French fries? Tua. Yeah. <laughs> Tua. Tua's the fries. Just how how healthy? <laughs> let me ask you, how healthy is a Tui? Tui. Tua. Haven't heard anything about Tua injury. He looked all banged he, up. He had a hurt ankle. He, like he's officially banged up, and that's what that's what this number scares me. You said minus five was the the summer line on this game. Yes, it feels like the the line is counting for all the Chargers injuries and not really accounting for who's banged up on the Dolphins because. So the left tackle situation. He didn't practice today. Okay. To answer your question about the summer but the right line tackle adjustment, did, and they signed Eric Fisher. I, I don't think my, Eric Fisher's going to play on his, his first day after, like he's been on the couch. So Miami, a two-point upgrade, Chargers four-and-a-half-point downgrade, net of six-and-a-half since the summer. There's been an eight-point adjustment. Now that summer line is a little soft in retrospect. You know what? I kind of wish I'd bet Miami well, plus but, five during but, the summer. Well, yeah, yeah, you do now. But if, if you would have had that opportunity before game one, you wouldn't have loved it. You know, I think I, I, think I would have liked well, it. Well, you know your preseason lines, right? Well, your preseason power ratings, what was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I had— because um, Miami, let's be honest, Miami has impressed. Yeah, I had, I had the Chargers, yeah, three points better with the minimal home field. So it should have been like 3.75, four. It should have been four. Mm. Yeah, all right. And remember, the Chargers were getting more love. Yeah. I mean, the they, Herbs are going to win the getting. division. Kansas City, no cheetah. <sighs> all right, so. we have the. I mean, we have Miami almost four better than the Chargers. No, but even that, the, how, how does it get us to three and a half? There's no home field advantage. Oh, there, there, there's more than zero, especially from a team from Miami. They stayed in California all week. No travel. Well, we got a first time in a hotel for sidelines. Now he let, let, now I'm thinking about it. This is a San Francisco guy. San Fran has uh, Shanahan does that every year on the East Coast, right? Yeah. All right, so he probably picked up how, you know the ways to do it mm -hmm. operationally. Fez, where are you leaning here? I'm thinking of pressing the button. Uh I would lean Chargers. Yeah. I did gut, just gut. I also like what I saw from Mike McDaniel. There's that clip going around where he's telling Tua that he, you know, he he screwed up, mm -hmm. but he says the f word, and he, he, it's blatant. Like I like a coach. I like yeah. the I like the coach relationship with with Mike McDaniel and Tua. My question is this: How the defense, by my looking at the numbers, but not looking at an algorithmic conclusion, is this is a bad day. Um, How are the Chargers linemen looking? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Still banged up. But the Chargers, Chargers defense is bad. The Chargers defense is bad. Like that's I said, what yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. 27th in expected points per play allowed. And on the ground, running attack. So if you think Jeff Wilson props right, might well, be good this week. Point, uh, you're saying 27th. And where's Miami on that list? Don't know. I just have Chargers numbers. Okay. Mackenzie, let's look at the 496. Yep. Okay. Um, how about the receivers? For the Chargers? Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams back at practice this week. 
And Keenan Allen's fine, right? Keenan Allen's good. He's not even on the injury. So the guy report. who went and played like three plays and was limping around the whole game back at practice. Sidelines, like strutting. Yes, <laughs> he yeah. was like had his chest back, out. baby. Yeah. Let me give you some numbers and something to look at for for prop bets as well. The Dolphins are. We saw Christian McCaffrey eat them up in the receiving game last week. They're bottom five in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns allowed to running backs. Austin, Austin Eckler, Eckler number one in all three of those categories. Mm-hmm. Best receiving running back in the league. Oh, yeah. When you don't throw the ball downfield, you go to the running back. <laughs> Eckler's been banged up in, in prior years. He sure looks 100% eye test. So what is your gut feeling? So, McKenzie, give me those. And then I want to know, is what's his name, Armstead? Is Armstead going to play? That's what if, he, if I, he, he DNP. It, I right? know he didn't play oh. or practice, but now the question is: but you go, you know, you go to the right website. They got the mm-hmm. beat writer saying very unlikely, or hey, we think he's going to get there. Because my understanding is, and I, I don't know about listen. Fisher's been on. You know how many teams need linemen? Like if he was any good, yeah. I, I mean, who knows? He could have a mm-hmm. Herculean effort. You know, sometimes those left tackles can come back for one game, and it's like unbelievable. And then they're they, listen. Know. All I need them to do is just stand in front of the guy in front of them. Wow, I mean, under that theory, any line, then you can get a guy off the street, right? They did. The, the, <laughs> the WWE would have a lot of candidates. All right, so what do we got, McKenzie? Taron Armstrong Peck did not practice Wednesday. Yes, we have that information. <laughs> now, what we're hoping for is some analysis. You know, just do a search on Twitter. Uh, you, I'm sure you have your standby injury yep. sources. All right. Now, season-long EPA, Miami fifth on offense, 17th on defense. Chargers 22nd on offense, 23rd on defense, and that's with a uh, garbage time taken out. I don't like this. 17th, I don't understand it. I'm not going to fire it. I was. I don't know. I, I do think Staley is a piece of uh, not good. He should be a. He should maybe go back to being a D backs coach for a while. Well, I, I, he's gone. This is not. He will not coach this team next year. I promise you. I right. think how long I'll, they kept Anthony Lynn. You want to do it? I'm telling you, he's right. a cheap owner. I will push the green button right now that Brandon Staley is not the head coach of the Chargers right. next year. I'll do even that. money. Yeah. This is a this is a, an owner who's notoriously well, you just bet. thrifty. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm thinking of betting this one. Hmm. I'm going to do it. And I'll take bonus points that it's going to be Sean Payton as the head coach next year. All right. I have no interest in that. Okay. Well, will you go you want to go even on that, but here's the bet is if he doesn't get fired, it's just one bet, right? Mm-hmm. If he does get fired, we have a second bet. Yeah. Is Payton or not? Yep. I right, I'll do it twice. You hear that? Yeah, I want that too. So we got listen, we got 600 on this. Yeah. Well, the, well, no, no, no what? So you get the entire field and he gets one guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, maybe you should tutor him. No, he's listen, he's got someone. He's listen, got info. The guy's been in the media. He's got his veto. Yeah, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. And 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 I I'm I, telling I, you, Trevor Lawrence is playing. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Are you a communist at this point? Like when if if I stepped into you in a batting I'm, situation. I'm not a communist, but I have to say, like when I was growing up. If you said you were like a socialist, you were basically a communist, like in the 70s. I agree, yeah. And now, seemingly overnight, I just found out it's perfectly fine in America to be a socialist. The okay. world has changed. Okay. But it's not fine here. <laughs> we don't I'm like making, socialists. We like capitalists. I'm, I'm going to make and no— And I don't mind— let me I'm be, making no political comments No, whatsoever. no, no. You don't have any— Republicans oh. buy shoes. Uh, here's, what I, here's what I would say, Michael, is— <laughs> What I would say is this— I, I think that young socialists today want to do good. 
And you know what? If someone wants to do good, even if I think they might be misdirected on how, I respect it. Okay? But I think here's where I think we know liberals or, or the far left doesn't really believe what they say. You know you can, on your tax return, you can add any amount you want and do a direct donation to the government. It's, it's literally not some cra- – it's on the form. So let's say they think the tax rate should be 50%. Let's just say. All right. They could just equate, figure out what 50% is, and let's say they're paying 25. They could just double it, do a direct deposit, and then all that good that they're adamant, why wouldn't it? Like just because I'm not doing it because I'm not being forced to, why shouldn't they if they think it's doing good? And I think we all should start doing that. That's a great recommendation. I hope everyone starts doing that. You do? I'm recommending the opposite. I'm saying if you really believe no, it, No, I think if people, if they got convictions, they should be giving our government more money. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for I your I believe country. taxes are stealing. From whom to whom? It's stealing from, from us. Well, there has to be some taxes. Okay. Well, who's going to build the roads? Who's going to defend the government? Have you or, tried to drive to Reno on who, that road? I don't drive to Reno. Who, yeah, who is going to pay you your exorbitant fee as a, a service member? You know? And then you went, I bet the GI Bill paid to Tennessee, right? It did. Uh-huh. Out of tax. My dad probably paid for that. He probably did. <laughs> so now, but now, you're like Bobby Bacala in The Sopranos. He's like, his dad came in and snuck in from Canada. He goes, but now build a wall. He goes, <laughs> so, so what do you say that you've probably, how many hundreds of thousands have you taken from the government? Taken? Yeah, because of your service. I haven't taken anything from the government. Well, taken, I guess. Um, accepted. Have you benefited? For, accepted, yeah, benefited. AJ, I'd like to thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, I do too. And I think you should have been paid. I mean, well, listen, when you make fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 a year, they have, to, uh, they have to entice people in other ways because it's not with your salary, certainly. But when I went to college, I, I mean, wouldn't you say, would you be where you were if it wasn't for the service? No. So it's almost like college. But uh, I pay to go to college. Right. Well, I didn't. I had school, but you know, you got paid to go get taught. That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Then you got paid to go to college. Yeah. But now that's over. It's over. Poor kid, screw him. Screw him. No, you don't believe that. No. So you're saying there's. But too- I do think that there. I mean, too many taxes. Way too many taxes. Well, I tell you, it's it's the battle lines are drawn because uh, there was a long time Jimmy Carter, very liberal president. Reagan beat him bad. Reagan had a good eight years by most accounts. After that, there wasn't another real liberal until Obama because Clinton wasn't liberal. Economically, he wasn't at all, right? Obama wasn't that liberal either. I mean, what is happening today is much more liberal than Obama was, like what they would like to do. Yeah. Well, one of the beauties of our system is you got to have agreement. Even if you have all three houses, you got to have, you know, it's the system is built for inactivity because we don't want to go with the wind. Every election change a bunch of stuff. But if there's a couple more steps in that direction, it's going to be 70 percent tax. I mean, it's how else do you pay for all this stuff? So it's going to be it's interesting. I don't like that. But I do think we should do as a government what we should can do best. People can't defend themselves against Russia or against whatever, right? So we got to do it with the government. Sure. Can't build roads. And I also think this, if I'm elected, no, <laughs> I wish we took some of those trillions we dumped in Iraq and Afghanistan. And if there's anything I feel the worst about, it's the poor, I mean, really, heroes getting arms blown off, getting killed. It's, uh, 
but then to think of the treasure that was lost, that if we would have just put that money in the inner city, do you know how much how much better off the country could be? Significantly. I mean, I don't know. I got some strong beliefs in like it's about merit, but if someone doesn't have a chance, you know, if they grow up and there's bullets flying everywhere, and I mean, to some degree, it's a little cliche to say that, but if you talk to anyone that grew up in a real bad area. They said it was, you know, and again, these are people that I will come in contact with. Flint, Michigan, you can't even drink the water without catching that's lead poisoning. Point. You that's think that's going to happen in Beverly Hills? Not in a zillion years. Or, or where you live, it's not going to happen. Not in Summerlin, not in, not in Seven Hills. A little nope. tease at the end of the pod where Johnny goes to school will never have that either. <laughs> so to me, and that's, you really think about it, think about it, your kids are getting their brains deadened. You know, they say, you know what, we need a couple of good dose of lead to dumb those kids up. No. And the amount of money we spend on bullshit, we, we should, like, I would, I would pay more taxes if it literally was going directly to good programs like that. Because, wait, once you're an adult, deal with it, is my opinion, generally, unless you're disabled or whatever. But when you're a kid, you can't do it yourself. You need the context. And you know what? <laughs> Stringer Bell, Avon Barksdale, what would they, I mean, honestly, what would they be doing in this fantasy world, if they had, you know, a band, a big band program, which is big in the inner city uh, in, in many places. What's that? What is that called? That, is it just a marching band, Mackenzie? Do you know about this? A uh, drum line? Yeah, drum line. There's, I mean, they, there's been good documentaries where, like, they just start this drum line in one school, and it, like, changes lives because they got there's kids that want this. They want to be somewhere at 730 in the morning. And did you, you know anyone that was, took part in that? Sure. Uh, gallery 37, after school activities, just, yeah, things like that for sure. You don't have to go home. You get to stay at school. You get to stay among your friends. And a lot, a of, people a lot of people home is not a good place. Exactly. So and the walk home is not necessarily a good place. Was there, yeah. Was there any friends that you had that you think were really affected uh, in a positive way by that kind of thing? Yeah. My friend Taylor Harvey growing up, uh, you just go to the Y for four hours after every school. He didn't, he probably got his most food there. He got his most activity there for sure. I mean, and how much does that cost? Mm -hmm. It's not that much money. Right. Amen, brother. <laughs> and again, I hate taxes, but I, if you're going to spend them, let's go with something good. All right. <sighs> More liberal than you, Fez. But how, can you believe that? I'm I'm the son of I'm the grandson of a, of a union monster. organizer. <laughs> you you know you sound like Michael <laughs> Corleone in front of the Senate. <laughs> All right, we own our next game. Let's go Minnesota Detroit. All right, you want to start fast? So this is a fascinating oh. game. I have. Right, it's not next. Baltimore Pittsburgh's next. Baltimore Pittsburgh. Your three weight next. Oh three yes. Weight. Okay, next up, my three weight going against my Steelers uh, with Baltimore plus two and a half. This just to me. Let's just do the math on this. Now you say Huntley. One of the, you know, the same system is an advantage, you know, where he's a mobile quarterback. But you're saying one of the better backups. Yes. Okay. Still have it at four points adjustment. Okay. Oh, that seems like a lot. But he is such a one-man show. Okay, let's accept it. All right. So the look ahead a lot was... And the current line, what's the difference, Faz? Let's just do a little math. Yeah, so the look ahead line was uh, four. Okay. And now Pittsburgh's laying two and a half. So oh, just to be clear, the look ahead opener was five. Oh, yes. Five bet down to four. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Thank you. So the Blockhead closer was four, and now uh, Pittsburgh catching four. Now Pittsburgh's become the favorite, minus two and a half. So the six and a half point move. Seems more than four. It is more than four. Yes. Okay. 
Now, what do we know about Tomlin? We know that he plays so hard against Baltimore, and he plays, you know, he's a great motivator when they're an underdog. All right? That's his general style. Mm. Well, what takes the air out of Tomlin more than being on a win streak, getting a lot of, cl- being the favorite now? And Lamar, the guy they're focused on more than any other player in the league, he's out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that the other team looks and goes, well, we got no problem. The guys we're worried about, he's not there. And Steelers have had multiple games against the Ravens in the last 10 years where their Big Ben was out. And they almost always Doesn't matter. It's always a field goal game. always play tight. So Tomlin has faced the Ravens six times without Lamar Jackson or Joe Flacco. Three and three straight up, two and four ATS. That makes sense because both these teams do well with their backups against each Mm -hmm. other. It's a tight division game. We're getting points. And to me, it's the line move. It's like this this is the combination of, of the Pittsburgh Steeler love, which I think is somewhat warranted. Which you what's what's be honest. On the look at you'd be like, give me Pittsburgh plus four and a half. Someone's gonna win this game by a couple points. Yeah. And I would even like Pittsburgh here at um at plus two and a half. It's just to me, even though it doesn't touch three either way, there's enough difference in those five points effectively. Even though people say if it's under three, don't matter. It's like, well, it does. Look at the money line. Mm. What do you think, AJ? I know you've been a Pittsburgh backer. I have been a Pittsburgh backer. I'm not here uh, just because the, these games, they, they tend to play so close. It feels like it could be a flip of a coin either way. And if it's a flip of the coin either way, I'm probably going to go to the side that gets the points. And it seems to me, Huntley, however he did last year, you gave him a whole other year in this system, you got to figure he's going to play even better. And he's got Harbaugh 16 and 7, ATS as a division dog also. And he's got confidence because his final kick at the can of the game, game game-winning fourth-quarter drive, converting fourth downs, didn't play well, but played exceptional in the fourth quarter last drive. Yeah, but Denver's one of you know maybe the second best D or the best D in the football. I mean, so what I'm saying is you know, and you're right. If he would have lost that, this is now that was the zero game. This is the one game, as we were saying. Then, what do you think, Scotty? There's a crazy stat on uh, the Steelers. About T.J. Watt when they play with him and without him, this is unbelievable. It, it, like T.J. Watt's the most valuable player in the NFL uh, since drafting Mahomes. Since drafting him in 2017, the Steelers are 55, 25, and two straight up with him. Without him playing, one in ten. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> it's incredible, right? He would he go 15 or something in the draft, right? He wasn't that high of a pick. Yeah. But he's had he, that's Speaking. such an impact, and it goes to show you like how different this Steelers team has looked over the past couple of weeks with T.J. Watt back healthy. No, I agree. I agree. But he went thirtieth. Oh, did he? Yeah. I thought it was. Oh, wow! What a pick. Where was he at? Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're doing trends. I'm going to do a quick one because I probably won't be around. I'm going to let you guys do some of these games without me. But um, yeah. So I got a good one on the Dallas game. So check this out, Fez. You'll appreciate this. And Scott, if you have a team who's favored by um, 12 points or more. Dallas minus 16 half. Last week. Hmm? They win the game by 27 or more. So blowout special. Hmm. And this week they're favored by 10 or more. Fat and happy. 7 and 20 against the spread. 7 winners, 20 losers. And a 7-point ATS margin. I like that fat and happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And Mackenzie, you had a real good one. Now we're doing some trend dropping. Just need some to trends. show up, tag the building. We'll pound this Houston team, right? <laughs> now, did um, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. This, you know, I always say you could tell if you're a real wise guy. I'm not sure I want to bat Houston, to be honest. I, I, great I, spot I, for the Texans. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, great, exactly. I wish him the best. Again, another great I, I spot. Wish him the the I wish him well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mackenzie, you had a good trend on Buffalo. Yeah, teams that lose in division, that play, again, the same year that are seven or greater point favorites. Well, slow down, slow, slow down. It's almost like I know what you're going to say, and I still can't understand you. <laughs> All right. Teams like Let, the, let me try yeah. Repeat after me with the same cadence. You ready? Ready. Omaha. Oh, oh wait. That's <laughs> okay. Here it is. You got a team that's yeah. playing the second division game. You got a team playing their second division game. In the first game, they got beat. In the first game, they lost. They got revenge. So revenge spot. And they're favored big, so they can almost name their score. They're favored by more than a touchdown. They How can do almost name their score. How do they do? 58% in the modern era of the NFL National Football League. What's the sample size? 140 games. So you know what? Who almost qualifies? The Bengals. Because the Bengals are laying six, so they're almost laying more than a touchdown. Well, if this was horseshoes. Well, I'm just... <laughs> or no, but I'm, I'm just important. I mean, because, no, no, just, okay. because, just because, like, you've you're got right, that you're trend. Right. There's an arbitrary... You're right. The concept extends as you bleed a little, into the next grouping. Yeah. Right, because like, it makes sense that when do you want to back... You, you've talked about this mm -hmm. so often. When do you want a big favorite? When they're ultra-motivated. Mm -hmm. Well, nothing's going to motivate you more than having lost to these guys the first game of the year. Though I worry in that game about... The post Kansas City. I know it's a division game. I That's know it's a good revenge. point. And this line went up what from four to six, right? Yes. So no, I was ready at four. I fire Cincy, mm. but it's easier to say now. Um, but do you see, buddy, how if you make it a even more of a we don't talk like this. And when no one people it just drones. There's like this hum underneath it. I'm honored to be able to learn from the best of the best to ever do trends in sports. Well. I mean, if Jimmy the Greek was here, I, I and by also the way, if you do... if you change it to six to include the Bengals, uh, still sixty percent, actually better, sixty-two percent in the modern era. But here's what's interesting: just look at it from six to seven. Like only the range that's left out. Look at that citrus paribus. Well, that it? might be phenomenal. It might be. It's gonna be. It. But sometimes you can tack something on yeah. and it's negative, and it, it just gets blended in. Hmm. All right. So I mean, to me, this is a pure value play. It's a play on hardball. It's a play on the closeness of this matchup and 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 the Steelers propensity to let down whenever their things are looking good for them they so, get fat and happy quicker than any team I've ever so seen pulling back the curtain there's one book in town uh Caesars has a plus three minus 125 so you're paying you're gaining a, a nickel there exactly but the beauty here is you can tease at the 10 you can get it then the seven point teaser up to the so do you 10. think that's worth it it is just because of how low uh the um total in this game 37 right now and these are low variance teams when they play each other yeah so basically when i calculated it you were going to win like 75 percent of the time on the if you teased it to nine mm -hmm. but if you take out the ties you win 79 percent of the time if you tease it to 10 and so even though you're paying extra vig it's better so fez all it took for you to do a non-advantage teaser was someone to open up a tool that lets you check it yeah, <laughs> well, I kind of did this one by hand. Really? Yeah, I did. I I, ah. I, I got documentation with the Dolly Mon. I had right. a twenty. I screamed at the Dolly Mon. It's like you can't tease to ten. So you've never. So this is new for you. Yeah, we did it up right after a conference called six a.m. a couple days ago. And yeah. who suggested it? I did. He he said the, the, no. The, the teaser is but better than nine than it. ten. You've never and done I, it before. I've never done it before. So, so what what triggered you to do it? Well, you've told me to like question and run this. I and then yes. then I should get ten percent of this. And win. then I yell 
yelled at him because I was like, I, because he he did what I do sometimes. He's like, whoa, it has to be better to be teasing nine than to tease to ten. And I'm like, no. So what's the typical lay price on um, seven point? Seven point minus one forty. Okay, and that's exact. I mean, it just is what it is. So each leg is minus three hundred. So and, if each leg pushes. is minus three hundred, that means you've got to get um, obviously seventy five percent right. And I calculate you, you you're going to win seventy nine percent at plus ten here. And ties pushes a tie like pushes. Yep. Yes. Okay. That's so, important. So let's be clear. So a push does what? If you win and tie or you lose and tie, it's going to be a tie. So if you, if this game lands on ten, the second leg is irrelevant. It's a it, you, you get your money back playing at William Hill slash Caesars in Nevada. That's the rule at that book, and they're the only place that has the plus three right now. So teasing a ten point or a seven pointer to ten. Yes. Is that something that you are, think it's profitable just because of the unique circumstances? Or in general, if let's just say there's all the factors to what makes a good teaser other than the numbers, right? Low, low total, et cetera, et cetera. If the factors allow you to play a two and a half to eight and a half, would it allow you to play a three to 10? Or are those other factors having to be even more advantageous three to 10? The three to 10 is always better than the two and a half to eight and a half. So a teaser you've never played before is better than the quote-unquote advantage teaser. Yes. So you've just... just... But it's hard to find. It's, it doesn't come up very often. Usually what, when a game's lined at three... Usually when a game's lined at two and a half, they don't give you a three. Okay. But here oh, the beauty oh, but, but, is you don't have to pay the VIG. You get I, that plus three minus 25 or 30, and that does come up occasionally. I, but So you're saying if the line's three flat, it's not worth it's, doing. It's not worth doing. Okay, so you didn't, make that, you didn't yeah. make that clear. The line has to be 2.6 or 2.55. Right. So, well... Or lower. That yes. What you're saying is, as long as you can play a three, well, you make a good point. As long as you can play a three, but the market's two and a half, and maybe you can lay fifteen. So you know, let's say you're twenty cents for three, you got to be about only a quarter of the way up from two and a half, is what you're saying. That's right. But if you can find the three, now teasing it to ten is even better than a typical advantage tease. Yes, because you're getting fifteen cents before you start. That's right. So it's almost like you're laying one twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like now that is interesting. It's not the same because we could record you saying teaser from two and, I, and then we wouldn't. <laughs> it's a be. practical application. There we, there we go. Anything else from you, Mackenzie? Great stuff, guys. Thanks, bud. All right, last game. Oh, not last game, Lord. Amongst the big bets. Let me just take that out. Edit, edit. Three, two, one. Okay, next game. Minnesota. One of the most talked about games of the week. This has to be Detroit, the most polarizing favored. game of the week. Fez, you like we? You and I are on a crossfire in this. Yeah, let, there's a whole lot going on here. So I, that music. I'm, I'm, I, I, I always talk about line value, so I'm going to get my butt kicked in this debate. So let, let's go back to Sunday. All right. By the way, that's this a, is Fezix three Fezix three star RJ's two star. This is a very advanced technique of debating. He just did. He said, By going backwards in time? No, what he did was he listen what he just said. It was it was good actually. I'm gonna get my ass kicked in. Uh, no, 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 no. That but what he said was he said, you're right, lowering expectation. But what he said was he addressed his main problem, identified it, and dismissed it quickly, not as if it didn't matter, but he acknowledged that it mattered. Whereas now, almost like when someone has something bad to announce, like when Obama wrote his book. He said he did cocaine, but he wrote it like 10 years or, mm. and all of a sudden it was like, oh, he did cocaine. Yeah, it's old news. So when I bring up what crappy value he's getting. He's undercut you. It's old news, but it's not. Continue. Sunday. He, he did the, uh, the Herschel Walker where he's like, 
my opponent's going to come in here and he's smarter than me and he's going to use big fancy words <laughs> and just say things smarter than I'm going to say. Hmm. But and I then, still have a nice house. But now let's debate. But I, I have a nice house in Texas, so it's <laughs> fine. Uh, 6 p.m. Sunday, boom. I, I look at this line like this line makes no sense at all. I give out my false favorite game of the month. Like, bingo. Put it up there with confidence. Wh- who was it? It was the Detroit Lions plus one and a half. So you're so, saying Minnesota was the false favorite. So that that's the problem. So come Tuesday, I said to myself, you know what? I got to pull this package down because people are going to buy the false favorite game of the month, and they're going to have to feel it's got to be Minnesota that that, he, that he's on, not Detroit. And that's something that <laughs> Fez runs into a lot, but all of our pros does, which is he puts out a pick. The line moves. Is it cause of him? Sometimes, somewhat, um, not always. Then it drifts. It goes a half point. No big deal, right? But at a certain point, there's no you're no longer willing to bet it, and thus you don't want people buying it. We pull it down. And no one else can buy it. You don't see that many places. I will say that. Go ahead. Yeah. So I have Detroit as a half-point favorite, pure power rating number. I've got Minnesota rated lower than some of the national pundits. But a lot of the wise guys agree with me here. Um, Now that it's gotten to two and a half, I'm like, well, what am I doing? I'm I'm paying two points of tax. And here's why I would still look at Detroit. But let's address, if you don't mind, it's a crossfire. Let's address the line. Let's talk about the original number even. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you are historically good in close games, to some now that's pertinent when the line is around Pickham, right? You would think it would be the most pertinent. And I would yes. make the case Detroit actually is very bad in close games, meaning maybe they've won some games recently, but in general, they made their bones in a way, their reputation by coming back and covering eight point lines. When you go three, 13 and one, you're probably not winning a lot of close. Exactly. Games. So in a way, and wouldn't you say the Detroit knee biting coach, or at least he induces others to bite knees. He's not a great game manager. Is he is he? not. Okay. So you have the inferior game manager. Yep. Against the most confident, successful, close game team in NFL history. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How are you accounting for that? Well, I love the revenge factor. I watched the entire first game, and Detroit kicked Minnesota's ass the whole game. They're up double digits How twice. How many teams do you think kicked Minnesota's ass this year? Philly. Uh, t- Philly and Dallas. Yeah, two. Because no, because, well, you just said Detroit's well, well, a third. Yeah, right. I mean, they were up double digits They're well, up by 14. Then they're up by 10 in the fourth quarter. And some They totally outplayed Minnesota. They somehow found a way to lose the game, which I guess goes back to your handicap. Mike Lombardi, yes. friend of the show, sharp guy, he made a point this week. He said, I don't know sharp's the right word. He knows football. He said, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, he said, a lot of teams flew out of Minnesota this year saying we should have won that one. Jets were another one, right? At what point are we going to give? And, and I want to hear how you give them credit and to what degree. Or, or are you handicapping this game as if none of it matters? As soon as the Jets game end, which I watched the end game. Mm-hmm. So the Jets just kicked this Minnesota Viking mm-hmm. team. Another, their another ass, one. The whole, the whole game. And this is almost like a basketball, an NBA basketball team that's winning all these clutch, game, clutch games. Mm-hmm. And then their opponent gets two free throws. And they're down one and their opponent misses both free throws. Mm-hmm. 
This was the equivalent. Mm-hmm. It's like the Jets are in the red zone. They're well, going to you win. Have a quarterback that started like five games in his life in, at the NFL level. Maybe he's not the guy to do a Tom Brady. So we're shocked that Tom Brady completes that pass, but Mike White, who didn't make White Lotus, didn't. It was not Mike White's fault. It was Braxton Berrios who was unable to catch the game winning. Oh, with the history of winning with the Jets, I don't imagine how this would happen. He's an NFL starting wide receiver. <laughs> it's like freeze it. The ball is like on his fingertips. Yeah. He catches it 75% of the time. And Minnesota probably would have scored? There was like eight seconds left or that's something. The way they do, that's the way they do. Well, was, I, I know I've mentioned it before on this show, but there's that Daryl Morey quote when he talks about, you know, evaluating teams. And he says, good teams don't win close games. They avoid them completely. And the real measure of a good team is not that they keep winning these close games, that they don't find themselves in these close games. And eventually— but I don't think it's so, good team. I mean, maybe that was the quote, but yeah. his implication is if you want to win a title. If you yeah. The, the last three games. But you keep playing these close games, you're going to get stuck. The, this yeah. game's not going to be close. The last three games, the Vikings have been outgained on yards per play basis by two per game. Two yards per game. They're the worst oh, in the I NFL. Have, listen, I have no doubt if if you're robotic with looking at yards per play or whatever, <laughs> all these fancy terms— you're going to go with Minnesota or against Minnesota. But here's my question. you got to answer this, or we're not ending the pod at any point. It will just go for – it'll be like I'll the – stay, man. It'll be like I'm the Truman Show. I'm ready to talk good, fella. It's like the Truman Show. All Groundhog right. Day. Here's the question. <laughs> How are you accounting for Minnesota being who they are this year, or do you believe it's irrelevant? It has zero pertinence. I believe it has some pertinence. How are you accounting for it? In my power ratings, not at, not at all. In your handicap of this game? Not at all, because it's the— There's big, the flaw. Okay. you got to acknowledge, just like with Vrabel, there's something— Even what if it's only a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think Detroit's going to win by double digits, so all this close game nonsense is going to go away. That might be the squarest thing I've ever heard in my life. All right, what do you give me? You do agree. You do agree. I agree. That comment— What do you give me? Detroit wins by double digits. If, 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 Fez, if you woke up in a bad mood, which apparently the world has to worry about your mood— is when you wake up in a bad mood. Because I have to get up at 4.30 a.m. because AJ's bet gets Nick killing the market at, <laughs> at 4 in the morning. Now, but follow me. And you're in a bad mood and you hear another professional quote-unquote handicapper, or at least he's claiming to be, say, well, what do you think? Fred, this is his uh, partner. Fred, are you worried about the line move that's drastically gone where you're now paying a bigger price? Nah, this this is easy. This, we're going to win this one by double digits. Of course don't, I'm worried about it. Don't worry about the line. That's why I took the package down, and I told people, stop buying my game but of the right year. Now, I didn't bet it when I was laying points with Minnesota. I'm betting it yeah, right now. Well, that's why I— So you like I, my side That's better. why I prefaced this whole conversation. My gut says Detroit— but you didn't thir- make these picks on Sunday night, did you? This is—my gut says Detroit 37, Minnesota 23. Is there by the way, Detroit, can, Detroit's won two games by double digits this year. Is there any way I can raise the bet— no, no, that's all right. I gotta play four best bets. I mean, I've See, got now my, you complain about four. I got my, I got my three star best bet of the week. So is this a three star? So this is your third best pick. This is my third best pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys didn't throw the talent at for plus his one and at plus one and a half. It would have been my fifth. My number I tell five. you, stop, these, the stop the fight! Stop the fight! He's stop dead already. Same thing with those LSA. There's few people who got a better LSA. Can we score, can, can we right? flex season ahead there? Can we flex this game to Sunday nights so of Kirk Cousins? Can... <laughs> We're in a nice time. Wait, what? you want those stats? Here we go. Kirk Cousins, one o'clock Eastern time or earlier, forty-seven, thirty-four, and two ATS. Four p.m. Eastern time or later, twenty-one and thirty-one. Scott ATS. Seidenberg to my rescue. Not although. 
I will defend Fez with this stat. Oh, Jared Goff is the new Kirk Cousins. Goff, when playing at 1 o'clock Eastern time, 25-13 and 13 ATS. So here's the difference. Interesting. We did some deep analysis on this because a lot of people felt like that the start time was a proxy for bad teams, meaning if you mm. played at 1, you weren't playing tough competition, right? Mm, like you weren't on America's Game of the Week. Yeah, <laughs> and what we did was we broke down and said, well, let's look at Cousins at 1 o'clock mm-hmm. when he's playing teams. That I think he was no more than a four-point favorite, so it was either an even game or they were – a worse team and his numbers were equally as good against the spread. So golf, I don't, I think it's more about the quality of competition than the yeah. start. Time. <laughs> now I'm going to bring an advanced point to end this Fez. Now follow me here. We have five different metrics. We look at three of four of them almost agreed to the slot with you. All right. Pre-game all stats 17th. We got Minnesota below average. Kevin Cole, 24th, below average by a good bit more. DVOA, 20th. The pregame EPA, but only during competitive times, 20th. Mm -hmm. It's all right there. There's a guy that does NEFLO, N-F-E-L-O. He does weighted EPA. So what he did was regression analysis, and this guy's a real advanced math guy. He did regression analysis on every factor in a game, like third down conversions, Mm -hmm. you know, and he said, what is it that is not predictive? What is the least predictive? Like a tipped interception. Uh-huh. And he removes or downweights those plays. And then he gets a clean. This is kind of what Kevin Cole does. But this guy does it differently. He has Minnesota 11th. Now, Lombardi, back to Lombardi. He said, I was, two weeks ago, he said, I was a skeptic about Minnesota. Like everyone else. Close. I went in. Really watch some tape, extra tape. He goes, they do a lot of things that aren't as obvious really well that helps them win games. And what was those not as obvious things? I, I don't even remember. You know, and I'm not sure. Blo- he, like blocking he, and stuff. But watching no, their mean, opponents like, drop winning game to, game I mean, winning touchdown the, passes. But in a weird way, all the well, that's one game. I mean, if Him. how much different would this be? Like, let's really look at these games. Like, what games should they forget the stats? I'm saying, looking at the word, Mackenzie, where's Minnesota in the fourth quarter win share? Minnesota is, they're the luckiest team as far as 2.7 wins above expectation. I'm sorry, could you tell me where they're ranked? They're ninth, 60% on average fourth quarter win share. So you're saying even though they've been the luckiest team. Yeah. Which means that their number of wins exceed the number we project they should have. The number we project they should have is the ninth most in the NFL. Ninth best in the league. That is the key. They've been very lucky. But they have played better than average, even when you take out the luck. What do you think? That's powerful. He, the luckiest it, team that's still ninth. It back. is powerful, but part of the the, the fourth quarter windshield, which is a great tool, still has one flaw, in my opinion. What? If you're lucky in the fourth quarter, it does a very nice job of reflecting that. If you're lucky in the first and second quarters, it carries into the fourth quarter. And Minnesota's it, been lucky in every quarter. So let's be clear: we're not saying we're not saying at all that. We're not trying. Like what we do with the pregame luck adjustment is we take out the plays we believe mm-hmm. aren't predictive. We got them twentieth, mm-hmm. so I agree with you. But what the fourth quarter win share is trying to do is say the reality on the field is this. We don't care how it happened. We're not. We're saying, but what was the reality throughout the fourth quarter, right? But if you're a one score uh, darling, usually your fourth quarter win share really suffers. 
even it does. That's a good, that's a good point. So they're nine and zero in the fourth quarter, but even after uh, oh no nine and zero nine wins. Yeah. So even, but even after Justin, you're saying they're still they make it. They they, they are a top ten team because they've won what eleven, ten and two. Ten. Yeah. Okay. And how much was the downgrade to the oh they're ninth, not nine wins. They're yeah. ninth. How many wins were they supposed to have? Twelve games, sixty percent. What is that? Seven point two wins. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So what, but you have the differential right there, don't you? Yeah. They're two point seven wins lucky. So minus from ten. Yeah. Yeah. So two point seven. So they're a seven and five team. Yeah, which is way above average. I mean, yes. by the, I mean, so yeah, I'm saying so. they should be like we got them eleventh, or I mean, we got them ninth. But again, there was luck in that. But even Nephilim's got them eleventh. You're saying they should be twelve. I I, I love the revert the revenge spot for Detroit blowing the game in Minnesota. But in general, I, we've you spoken agree about that. that Minnesota has to be above average. You got to at least put them a half point above average. Nope, you just I don't said agree. you think they're like eleventh or twelfth. I tell you what, I'm not without even looking at their schedule. I will bet you how many games they got left. They got. I'll bet you they have a losing record the rest of the year. They've five games left. And it's, I'm sure it's well, an easy schedule. I, I know. I, I, how are you sure of that? I'm not sure of it. Well, well their division isn't tough. <laughs> this guy. He, uh, so remaining, they've got remain, three division games left against you know non-playoff funny, teams. Yeah. You know what's funny? they got this three division games. really fast. He's also trying to like get someone to make a bet me without thinking about it. And you offered the bet to me that we made, and I took it, and he acted like I was hustling you. And he, this guy's the, the hustler of hustlers. So here's the remaining schedule after the Lions game. Colts at home, Giants at home, at the Packers, and at the Bears. Well, they're going to have the division locked up. Yeah, so they'll probably so the, sit against I the mean, Bears. I mean, who knows, right? So you I, might get nailed on the at Chicago. Yeah, and Chicago you that probably too when you said it. You got, you, you're got you like Tony Soprano, remember, with um with Artie Bucco when he loaned him the money with the French. Now, to be fair, it's, with, not, with vodka, it's, not a, it's not a juggernaut schedule. I mean, come on. But you knew, you didn't know the schedule necessarily, but you knew that the last game or even the last two games might be compromised. I knew that their last three games were all division games on the road. Uh With with revenge, with revenge, all three. But how, listen, I have never, have I ever said to you, Steve, you're you're being too tough on me or you're being unfair to me? One time, never. Never. Oh, yeah, that one time. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying one time I've never said yeah. that. I don't, I'm not even, I've said other things. I've never said, like, you're you're trying to hustle me too hard. I'm mad at you. So, no. Sometimes when I say a number that you're so shocked versus the number you initially thought of, you say, what do you mean? And then you think about it, and sometimes you change your mind. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And other times I bet you. Yes. But what I can't get is how he offered me the bet. I took it, but I was hustling him. How does that work, bud? <laughs> Some of us just like action. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. About that action, bro. <laughs> what do you think of that, AJ? You you following us? Yeah, I'm on. No comment, so, huh? All that about the I thought that Minnesota stuff. Was you know, my, I agree with you on Minnesota. I, I I I've been saying all season long. I don't understand. I get the the underlying metrics is what everybody talks about, but at some point the team wins so many games that you have to say, okay, they, for the, for them to still be below average is insane to me. Like, now, th- this goes back to my, my buddy Leon. He's the eight of clubs, the least distinct card in the club, in the deck. He doesn't want anyone to know who he is, and mm-hmm. I just exposed him. Hi, Leon. Uh, Leon's not his name. He's not the yeah. Greek. He's not even he, Greek. He, I mean, this is a really <laughs> great point and really good betting advice. Sunday morning, the opening lines come out. Write down every side, every total. The open, Sunday evening. Sunday evening, yeah, yeah. 5 p.m. Pacific. Lock them away in a drawer. Don't look at them again. Then mm. wake up Sunday morning, half an hour before the games kick off. All right? Mm. Write down the new numbers, sides and totals mm-hmm. next. Look at the ones that move the most where there's not a major quarterback change injury. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those you can throw in the garbage can. Mm, I agree. Look for the ones that move the most. Go play against the line move. You'll do just fine in your bets. And it, But the trick to that, if you do it, you have to make it a forced bet. 
because there's always going to be a reason That's right. you don't want to. Uh, not if, this one. if you have a three-and-a-half-point yeah. line move, you bet against the line move. You'll always play back. If and, the line opens six and it's closing ten, there'll be a zillion reasons and injuries and everything else why the favorite's the right side, and just take your little finger and press plus ten. You know, you can say two things about Fez. He just gives you that kind of information and... So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. All right, next game... Boy, this is a big number. The Houston Texans at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored by 16 and a half in one game. Uh, this is a remarkable number here, 16 and a half. I could I guess maybe there's a world where if they had laid if they had put up 17 on the contest, I'd go, I could think about it. Feels like maybe a game that the Cowboys would sleepwalk through. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, it just feels like 17 is an absurd number in an NFL game. Sure, but the, the Texans are so bad. They're starting Davis Mills instead of Kyle Allen. Oh, so they, they feel like they should. They were better off. Uh, <laughs> but were they? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But neither one of those quarterbacks is any. They're both subpar backup QBs. The playmakers around them. The offensive line, the play calling, none of that is good enough to overcome how mm -hmm. bad they are. So they're just going to be dreadful. And this is what kind of took me away from even thinking about the Texans. Since Dak returned from injury, the Cowboys are 5-1. and one. They are averaging 37 points per game. And their five wins are coming by an average of over 21 points per game. And every one of those teams that they've beat is much more competent than this Texans team. Uh, I just, I, even at a huge number, I can't even imagine backing the Texans here. I, I will say that I think the play is the Cowboys team total over. It's 31. It, the Cowboys are scoring 31. I, I feel like covering 16 and a half, they that do, depends on defensive effort. I think that if they do score 31, they probably do cover this line because the Texans just won't score, not on this Cowboys defense. The Texans, they have lost seven straight games, and all seven losses have been by seven points or more. Um, the Cowboys under Dak Prescott, this is an interesting number, Dak Prescott as a seven-point favorite or greater. Yeah, 18 and three straight up, good numbers. 14-6-1 ATS. So when Dak is favored by a touchdown or more, he actually covers. And if that game is in December or later in the season, 4-1-1 ATS. Dak Prescott is a starting quarterback with a spread of a touchdown or greater. Always surprised me when I see line moves on games like this where it was 17 and now midweek blinking at 16 and a half. And I'm like, who is in such a hurry to, like, jump the gun and take out the plus 17. Oh, you know, somebody else is going to take Houston plus 17, so I got to grab me some. I don't get it. I mean, sure, I make it 16 and a half. Dallas, phony win against Indianapolis. They should have won by double digits, but not by mm -hmm. 100. So you could argue short week, somewhat short week for Dallas off the Sunday night football game and slightly inflated line, but you already missed the, the good number at, six, at at 17. There's a big difference. Honor off of 17 has got to be worth like probably nine cents, so no interest in 16. Not, not even enough interest to even consider it. Um, 
better investments to be made. You got the number one DVOA team in defense in Dallas against the 32 ranked on offense in the Houston Texans. Maybe we just bet yes on another Dallas game touchdown, a defensive score, yeah, defensive or, score. or defense <laughs> yeah. or special team score. And um, sure feels like the over-under in that should be one and a half, not yes plus 240 or whatever it's going to be. You, you said something that it made me wonder. It has gone from 17 down to 16 and a half. Do you think it gets to 17 again? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the public's going to – they're going to kill him. I would think so, too. But even, like, just doing the research on this game, when I like, my initial thought was, okay, if it's 17, I've got to look at the Texans. And then the more I dug into it, I was like, even if it is 17 – I don't want the Texans. Like, but, well, like, yeah, but putting things in perspective, let's say this line was 19. Yeah, I'd bet the Texans plus 19. Would I be thrilled? No. No. Would it be a big bet? <laughs> no, it no, can't be. Of course not. Would I make a bet? Sure. Sure, I'd make a bet on them. It's funny because we've gone through this, I don't know, we've probably asked this question five different times since the season started or going into the going back to the preseason. Who's the worst team in the NFL? Houston. I, I don't think now there's any question. Like, None. There was a time when it was the Bears. There was a time when it was the Panthers. Like, I think now it's definitively the Texans, and like second place is pretty far in the distance. Didn't we do a podcast where somebody gave out a best bet on the Houston Texans season wins? Yes. Three? Yes. Well. They're not winning three games. Think about this. Just two weeks ago, Scott, we played under three for the Houston Texans mm-hmm. for the season wins. And I go back to it's like, and, and like people get mad at me because I'm grumpy, get off my lawn guy. But I mean, I can tell you how not to win. How not to win is to like to listen to 38 different podcasts from like 38 different experts, like put check marks by what everybody likes and what the consensus sharps like, and then play that play an hour before the games kick off on Sunday. That's not the move. That's not how to freaking win. Not know how to win? You bet the Houston Texans under three yeah. for their season wins. That is how you win betting the NFL, and that is how the true sharps win each and every year. They never lose. They so, never have a losing year. According to pregame research, Houston, the worst team in the NFL, minus 73 on our uh, combined ratings here. Excellent. I have minus eight. So, so let, yeah. let's think about that for a second, that that under three wins. Right now, they've got five games left. Their next three at Dallas. All right, so we'll give them point one win. We're going to be generous. Home Chiefs. We're going to give them point two. Ridiculously generous. At Tennessee. We'll give them point, at Tennessee, point two. Last two games, home Jags. We'll give them point three at Colts. At Colts, we'll give them point two. That sums to one win, and all of those numbers are rounding up on these decimal points. It's like like literally all the point twos are like point one sevens. So that that puts their over under at two. It just uh, look at the, the the new line, the the updated line on the Texans. What do you think of those numbers? Over um, one and a half minus two hundred. Under one and a half plus one sixty. You know, I kind of like the over. Any, any, who are they playing the last week again? They're playing at the Colts. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> because like they, if they would have had like a home game against somebody that was like Philly or somebody that was mailing it in potentially, they could could possibly they, will. they you know they won't. I mean, I, what what incentive do they have to win another game? What incentive do they the, have to lose another game? The first pick in the draft. They're still going to get it with two with two with two wins. <laughs> well, probably. well, they they got they got margin for error. I mean, what, what, what's what's the worst record? The second worst record in the NFL going to be? Uh, pro- Bears are three and ten. Yeah, Broncos probably, three and nine. Rams three and nine. It's probably three and fourteen. 
So yeah, I think all those teams are going to win four games. Maybe not the Rams. The Rams could run the table. Yeah, that's wild. I, I, you know what? We were talking about this last week. The Texans last week may have been the one. And the Texans, you, you saw in the first half, gave like a, a strong effort against the Browns. Except for on punt return coverage. Yes. Yeah. But that was the one game, if there was incentive for the Texans to win a game, mm. it would have been that one because they would still control the number one overall pick. But their Browns pick gets better because they have oh, Browns good. first you know, round. Now pick. that that is a first rate handicap right there. Yeah, I, I mean it would have. Listen, yeah. had I had I bought that and said, you know what? Because I told Scott that on SLV, mm-hmm. I still didn't get me onto the Texans because, thank God it didn't. Uh, in fact, the, the Browns were one of my plays on this pod last week. But yeah, that was the one. That was the one game where the Texans had incentive to actually win a game. Yes. And they didn't come close. Fair enough. <laughs> I like that. So this is an El Paso all the way around. All right. All right. Let's look at the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks minus three and a half. Fez, I'll give you uh, the tee box. What are your first thoughts on this game? All right. Start with power ratings. That's where I always start. Got Seattle, a dead average team. I don't think I'm on an island there. I only have Carolina three points worse than an average team. So that makes the line three on a neutral um, going out of the three, I know Seattle, nice home field. It gets me to four. Why am I not leaning to Seattle in this game? I do think this buy, this late year buy, it's it's nice. So Carolina got their buy last year. I think that that certainly should pay dividends, you know, this coming game. And because of that, I think four is too high. I'm not willing to go all the way to three. So I'm starting out at three and a half. And I think Carolina is a team that has – Absolutely, we 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 buried them. We left them for dead. Their numbers are pretty darn good. If I look at the um, defensively, they're giving up four point six yards per play the last three games. So they're actually been very good defensively, and uh, offensively they've been challenged all year long. Their underlying metrics numbers, um, certainly from a YPP perspective, only minus point one. That's like basically an average team. Um, if I had to bet this game, I would bet Carolina, which should be a good game. And uh, I do feel, you know, Seattle kind of peaked. And I don't know if it's the cluster injuries or running back as one of the factors. But I just, I, I've got Seattle rated an average team. I don't know how accurate that is. They might be a slightly below average team. I would I, lean Carolina. I See, I would lean the other way. And, mm-hmm. and here's why. You mentioned Carolina defensively has been better the last three weeks. Well, they the last three games, they played Denver for one. That'll make mm-hmm. all your defensive metrics look good. You play the Broncos. Congratulations. Uh, they played Baltimore, who, like I said, for the last several weeks, Baltimore's offense has been broken. Like, there's something going on with Baltimore's offense. And then before that, they played the Falcons. So they Excellent points. I, I mean, they, they have gone against subpar offenses. Seattle, w- whatever you think about Seattle, and you said maybe average, maybe slightly below average, their offense is well above average. This is a very good offense. The The problem with Seattle, at least in this recent sort of slide, is their defense is turning back into what what we looked at at the beginning of the season is like the reason why Seattle can't be good because their defense is so bad. Uh, they give up 40 to the Raiders. Okay, Raiders offense is humming. Is it good to give up 40 to anybody? No, but okay. When you let this version of the Rams put up 27 – yeah, that's terrifying. Mm. But here's here's the deal. The reason why the Broncos game for the the Panthers, why Sam Darnold doesn't look bad, is the Panthers were never in a situation where they had to lean on Sam Darnold because the Broncos couldn't score. I 
I'm willing to bet Seattle scores in this game. And the more Seattle scores, the more time Sam Darnold has to snap the football and then throw it to another human mm-hmm. and try to hit one of the guys on his team. I don't trust that at all. So, so I would lean Seattle, if anything. I wonder if there is any response from the team after they got rid of Baker Mayfield. I thought it'd be a positive. Like, maybe there's a positive, right? Okay, now we can, you know, move on. And I'm not saying Baker was a distraction, but anytime you have a little bit of uncertainty as to who's your quarterback or you have guys in practice that are maybe outperforming somebody else, you know there's relationships on teams. There's definitely guys in the locker room that are probably like, hey, Baker, you're my guy. You should be quarterback. There's probably guys that ride with Sam Darnold, especially after a win. Uh, with Sam Donald as quarterback. So I, I was curious to see, and I am still curious to see if there is a response from the Panthers team after, you know, ha- coming up with the win, now having some time off to w- Sam Donald is the guy now and fighting for a job for next season for whoever's going to be the head coach. But it's not just for Donald, it's for everybody on this roster. And so they almost have to come together and say, hey, we need to make each other look as good as we can because we're all playing for our jobs. And I think that that's a scary thing to go against. Um, but the trends, not as good, not good. Panthers 6-21 and straight up on the road since October of 2019. Just a terrible record, third worst in the NFL in that span. Geno Smith, all he does is cover. 11-6 and ATS, his last 17 starts as a quarterback. And... Sean McVay's had a very good record against Pete Carroll, but when Pete Carroll finishes playing the Rams the following week, 14-8-2 ATS. So gets out of that mindset of playing against a division rival in the Rams and then gets a little bit of a respite, Does usually does good the following week. So you have a lean one way or the other here? No. Okay. I don't want anything to do with this game. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about Baker Mayfield and that being a positive, and I generally agree Except if you were on this Panthers team a year ago, you know what life with Sam Darnold is like. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Like, it, it, But everything changes when you fire the head coach. Everything changes. No one's safe. No one knows what their future is. You know, half the coaching staff is gone. It's just the, the whole team is in turnover. Next year is going to look completely different. It is, but, I mean, has it been, have, have the results been way different I mean, again, I mentioned the Falcons and the Broncos are wins, but are those wins because the Panthers are suddenly better or because they ran into opponents who are in free fall? It's hard for me to say. I, I don't know. I, I'm not uh, I'm not bought in that Carolina – Like, I, I know there's a lot of really sharp people who think Carolina is like just below average. They're not a bad team. You can't convince me that this team that has Sam Darnold playing quarterback mm. – is not like a bottom eight team in the league. Mm. Like it's if Sam Darnold's your quarterback, I don't really care what else you've got going. Twenty seventh. That's where you've got him. I think that's very, that's very reasonable. I think pregame has him twenty seven. Pregame has him twenty seven. I've heard a lot of people say Carolina's not a bad team. They're not an they're not an average team, but they're slightly below average, and I can't get there with them. With Seattle, I, I think I agree with you. I I lean more towards I think they're an average team than they're a, a below average team. But I think Carolina's just bad. Huh. And I think in a game where it's it, where there's going to be points because Seattle scores against everybody. Seattle's going to score points. And you're asking Sam Darnold to keep them in a game? I, I don't like that, even against a, a pretty rough-looking uh, Seahawks defense. 
Next game is a two-weight for myself and for Steve Fezzik. We are both on the Denver Broncos, plus nine and a half, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was on Denver last week. I said, this is too many points for, Mm -hmm. you know, this defense is just not getting blown out. The, The Broncos stink, but their defense is so good that it keeps them in games. And the Chiefs historically in the Mahomes era have owned the Broncos. It just feels like even if they do, even if the Chiefs win this game, it feels like they win by a touchdown. I'm just not willing to say these Broncos are going to get blown out. And if you thought that the Broncos were just going to roll over and quit uh, in their defense, and that was kind of uh, – RJ and I crossfired on that Ravens-Broncos game last week, and he, he's, his thought was the Broncos are tired of losing. The defense is going to stop playing hard because the offense stinks. Clearly, they're not going to stop playing hard. These guys all uh, – I mean, we say it all the time. But Players what do you, don't stop playing hard. But what do you know about the NFL? You're only up 61 units well, on this on this very podcast, giving your plays 5, 4, 3, and 2. I, it's all I can do, Fez. It's yes. all I can do. I, I try my best. But it feels like the thought that the Broncos' defense is just going to stop giving effort, especially this – I mean, it's not that late. Like, you're not going to quit on the season in week 13 and just assume you're going to have a job next year. Is anybody here certain that Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the coach of the Broncos next year? No. I think he's a big underdog. Okay. If you know that you're going to be playing for a new head coach next year, you want do you want de- uh, tape on you half-assing mm-hmm. on defense? No way. I think you continue to get great efforts, particularly in these games against a team like Kansas City, a team like Baltimore – Games where you know eyes are going to be on you more. I, I think Broncos, they give a good defensive effort. I think their offense stinks again. Although, against these Chiefs, who knows? You, maybe you have a little bit of offensive success in, in this game. I, I don't think it takes a ton to to you know keep them in this thing. But I, I can't get to – and you know what? There's one other thing I want to talk about. And, Fez, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hogging the mic here. But – the total in this game is so low relative to an average Kansas City game. Kansas City games in the Mahomes era are typically lined at 43. Well, this game is lined at 43. The typical Kansas City game is lined over 50. So the Broncos' defense is getting some respect. The typical Chiefs line in the Mahomes era total is 52. Hmm. So they're saying – the Broncos' defense is going to keep them in this game. I believe that to be the case. Uh, and the Chiefs are allowing over 22 points per game. If they hold the Broncos below that, which they probably will. These are the Broncos, after all. I, their defense isn't good enough to let the offense get a double-digit margin. I just don't see it. What are you seeing here, Fez? Yeah, so as far as the total, I do have Denver rated my lowest-rated total team in terms of scoring. Not, not a surprise. Last week, by the way, Denver, they scored nine points. That was by that was the lowest scoring team in the NFL. So they covered by eight points. Think, <laughs> yeah. think about it. How is that possible? How can you cover by eight points and have the worst offensive performance of the entire league? That's that's hard to do. That shows what a, a great defense. Maybe a correlation if you like Denver, probably the to the under forty three and a half because the only way Denver we know they're not going to get more than eighteen points. So the only way they're going to cover is if they score 17 and they hold Kansas City under 27, and that means the game goes under, right? Uh, I do like 
Denver here, and like just last week, people were like, "Wait a minute, Fez, you said you like Kansas City." I never said this. I never said I like Kansas. I said I bet Kansas City, and <laughs> there, there's a, and there's a difference. Frankly. And you bet Kansas City in a teaser Be, because at, at a much different number because it's a now. stupid number, and the bookmakers aren't good at this. And so, so think about this. So we played minus seven, and we and we teased Kansas City from minus seven to minus one. Yeah. What happened last week? Uh, the Broncos, like as you just mentioned, covered comfortably. Played very well. Defense played exceptionally well. And by the way, they really should have stopped Baltimore on that final drive. Things kind of went awry and fourth down conversions and the like. Um, and the Chiefs not only failed to cover, they lost outright. So we laid seven with the Chiefs. We teased the Chiefs by a seven. The Chiefs underachieved. Denver massively overachieved. And we blink in this line to nine and a half. Know what that means? That means if, if you said, do I have a best bet on this game? I'm like, yes, I do. Go back in your time machine, re-listen to the pod, and lay the seven with Kansas City on this game instead of trying to find 52.8% bets that might have an edge. Although I do feel that, if you, that probably that Denver is a 52.8% play, but I do think it's correlated with the under nicely. And I, I think that that's a solid plus EV wager. What about... Waiting for 10. Do we think there's a possibility that we get 10 here? You know, there was always the chance. I'll, I can't tell you how many times I've said, like, a line's two and a half, and I'm like, there's no way we're going to get three on this game. No way. And it goes to three. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel that way about this game. There's no. But you you lean to there not being a 10. As soon, yes. But as soon as a 10 popped, I'm, a, I'm aboard. I will uh, be happy to invest. The Broncos have scored 10. the fewest touchdowns in the NFL this season. Only 14 touchdowns scored. Wait, what week, what week is it? The, the next week few, 14. Week 14. That's the, like one a week. The, well, it's actually a little over one a week. The next fewest team is the Houston Texans. They've scored 18 touchdowns. Uh, the Broncos have not scored 17 points in 10 of their games this season. But... Here's some positive. Wait, wait, I, I get one more, one more. Like, is there an over under on Russell Wilson's Mackenzie? Can you look up beginning of year what 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 um, Russell Wilson's touchdown pass over under was? Yeah. I'm on it. That would be funny if they if they the team scores oh, fewer. I'm sure, it was ridiculous. Then what is over under was like whether it was like 31 or something. Yes. Speaking of Russell Wilson, when he is an underdog greater than a touchdown. He is now five and zero ATS. Yeah, same same thing I said last week. He I, covers. Yeah. Russell Wilson has a home dog eight and three ATS. Patrick Mahomes away from Kansas City in the division nine and five ATS. Patrick Mahomes on the road when he is above a touchdown favorite one and six ATS. Repeat that again. When nine Patrick five, Ma- when on, nine five on the road, Patrick Mahomes on the road in the division. Yeah, nine and five ATS. Okay, Patrick Mahomes on the road in general above a seven point favorite, one and six ATS. Hmm. They don't cover as big road well, favorites. And well, yeah, Patrick Mahomes doesn't cover as touchdown or more favorites. McKenzie, can you pull that real quick? That, I, I, that I makes it's... sense. Remember the post Super Bowl year where they were just seemingly disinterested and just played enough to win the games. So week yeah. week. Ma- Mahomes as a favorite of three and a half or more, 28 and 30, 28, 33 and one ATS. I think it's worse than that when you get to a touchdown or more. I, I think it's like 40%. Yeah. Well, on the road, it's a touchdown or more. It's one and six. ATS, you, you like so. this Denver to the under? I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I think correlating Denver to the under you know, is almost a, a feels like a good bet every week. Denver is a big dog. If you're yeah. getting more than a touchdown with Denver, it's correlated to the under. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just feels that way every. It's this. This feels so much like my bet last week on the Broncos against the Ravens. And you can say, well, 
if Lamar Jackson doesn't go out of the game, I, I don't know what happens. I, he I didn't I don't, look good in the first quarter. I don't, I don't think sure. there's any way to say with certainty that like no. Lamar Jackson was gonna was gonna run away from this Broncos team. I just don't think anybody's running away from this team. They're 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 built to their defense is built to keep their offense in games. Imagine if this offense was what it was supposed to be. Imagine if this was like. If this, if Russ looked like he looked, you know, five years ago in Seattle, like Super this Bowl. would be a Super Bowl team. Yeah, and yeah. somehow yeah. they're like the worst team in the league. If yeah. like one of the worst teams, it's crazy. You know, you, you know, you know, this game probably plays out like a twenty-three ten game, and the Chiefs cover, and it goes under. Hmm. Uh, McKenzie, you want to read this info out for me? First thing, props to Fezzik. Thirty-one and a half passing TDs was exactly Russell Wilson's passing <laughs> year-long prop. And DraftKings, by the way, they recommended over. So. Oh, maybe don't look at, listen to the sports books. For well, your listen to Fezzik every year and bet unders on player props every Thank year. You. Yeah. So to summarize what we said is like, if you just did do nothing more than play every single skill position player under, you're going to cash 60% of the time. How is that possible? Well, prop 20% of the players aren't going to make it through the season or they're going to get benched or they're going to get injured. And the other 80 are going to go 40 and 40. So there you go, 40 and 60 to the under. Yes. And by the way, Mahomes, last three years, the Chiefs 11 and 15 ATS is a seven or greater point favorite. Yeah. I, I think I, I like Denver here. I, I, would I love a 10? Sure. I'll play it if it gets to 10. But for right now, it, it, Denver's, Denver makes my card here for the contest. All right. Last of the three weight games. And this one is Scott Seidenberg. Scott, where are you going for your three-weight? Divisional home dog. It's the New York football Giants catching a touchdown against the Philadelphia Eagles. Coming off of a tie last week. Boy, those players are angry, huh? It's like kissing your sister. A tie. Yuck. Well, they got to feel good about themselves now because this is a game that or, or they got to feel good about themselves because the tie actually might help them in their pl- chances to make the playoffs, believe it or not, the way that the standings look in the NFC right now. The New York Giants are currently in position of the sixth seed out of seven seeds in the NFC playoff picture. This game, to me, comes down to weather and running the football. It's going to be cold and rainy on Sunday at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Both teams will run, run, run. The under, probably my favorite play of the week between these two teams. Under got whacked, 45 and a half, down to 44 today. I think it has a lot to do with weather, and it also has a lot to do with just the fact that uh, Giants home unders are 17 and 2 in the last 19 games at MetLife Stadium. 17 and 2 in the last 19 home games for the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, in general, as the Giants starting quarterback, 19 and 7 to the under at home. They will run and control the clock. The Eagles will have no problem running against the Giants, also. And I think that this is going to be a close, low scoring game. Daniel Jones, 11 and 5 ATS versus the NFC East in his career. And that includes 9 and 3, 9 and 3, excuse me, ATS as an underdog in the division. The Giants this season are 7-1 ATS as an underdog. And Jalen Hurts has been a different quarterback in Philadelphia versus on the road. At home, 11-4-1 against the spread. On the road, 5-11 ATS. To me, low scoring, physical, bad blood between these two teams, a divisional rivalry in 
a preview of what's going to come the final week of the regular season when these two teams play again, I'm taking the touchdown with the Giants in a game that I think is much closer than that. I want to push the button on you, and I'm fighting really hard against it, but it feels like the injuries to these Giants playmakers are really starting to show. And through the first seven games of the season when the Giants were healthy and everything was good, they were ranked third in rushing DVOA. Mm -hmm. They were able to run the ball really well. Since then, with these wide receiver injuries, the tackle injuries, like the, the offensive lines just beat up, 22nd in rush DVOA. So they went from being one of the best rushing teams in the NFL to a, a bad rushing team in like in the second half of this season. And not not only that, but the Eagles, what we saw last week, Jordan Davis returning to this lineup made an instant impact for their run D. Like a couple weeks ago you were saying you got to be able to run. You everybody can run on the Eagles. Derrick Henry had 30 yards last week. Like Jordan Davis changes the game for the Eagles. And I the Giants are the 29th graded defense, 31st in coverage per PFF. I don't know how they slow down A.J. Brown. They won't have to. They're not going to throw the ball. This is not going to be a throwing game. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge. You're going to challenge me? <laughs> no, I'm going to challenge. Scott. I think I am okay. too. I, this is going to be my one way to actually. Let, I'm going to, I'm going to make the Eagles my one. I want to ask Sky a question. So, who's better, Philly or Washington? Philly. By how much? Approximately. Three points. Interesting. Uh, what are your power ratings, say, Fez? My power ratings, well, let me ask you guys. How many? I have Philly tied with Kansas City, Buffalo, and Dallas. How many points you got them better than an average team? Is, Wa- is Washington average? We'll get there. We're, do- we're talking about Philly. Uh, I will give me the team that is average, and I'll tell you. Like, uh, okay, well, Washington, Washington's is. fine. Washington, I've got minus one, but I'm fine. If you want to make Washington an average team and make them a zero, I'm fine with it. I, I feel like those the teams you mentioned are like six to almost seven points better than an average team. So I've got them seven. Would you accept that, Scott? Sure. So here's here's where I'm going. So if, if Washington's average, where I'm not on an I've got them slightly lower, but I don't want to be on an island. Mm-hmm. I'll make them average, zero. I got Philly seven points better. So here's where I'm going. Last week, Washington was at the Giants. Yes. And Washington was laying two and a half. Yes, they were. And the Giants, yeah, you could argue, probably should have covered. Hard to say. Um, they covered. They, they, they could have won. They had many opportunities to win that game. Many opportunities. So did Washington, though. Yes. But, but more so Giants. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, so if I take two and a half, and I know I'm going through all the key numbers, so I can't do this, but I'm going to do it. Two and a half plus seven is nine and a half. Okay. And now the line's only seven. So you see where I'm where I'm going is that the from a pure power rating perspective, I make this game eight. So I can't get past the fact I'm through the seven, not just at not not just seven half. I'm all the way to eight, and that's giving the Giants two for home field, which actually they can't have two for home field. Well, maybe the, they maybe they can because like Scott brought up a great point that Philly's not as Hurts is not as good on the road. So maybe we'll give them the we'll go and give them the two. I still want to get to eight. Um, and because of that, I just I and, and my feeling is just that, you know, the Giants, this Washington sandwich, this is the the premium game next week. Mm-hmm. I don't like betting on a team that has their premium must win game the following week. I know they're going to be sky high for this one. Also, this can is, you be high sky high for every single game? I'm just telling you right now, having watched these games for years, this is going to be a sloppy football game. I it's do think going, it's correlated to the it, under if you go, take the Giants. I, I love these. I, I told you the under is my favorite thing. The yeah. under 17, they're 17 and 2 in the last 19 games. 
is the under here uh, for the Giants in their last 19 home games. This is going to be a physical, cold, rainy, old-school, run-the-ball, three yards and a cloud of pebbles because there's no dust on the turf. Aren't the Giants going to get their ass kicked next week in Washington after playing Washington in overtime? And then, and then a bruising rests. game against Philly. Yes. yes. Yeah. So we lay five on Washington next yes. week, right? Yeah. But I, do, I am, I'm on board with that. But I think division dog at home catching a touchdown. Ooh, almost feels like a almost feels like a, a blind play to me. I think it might be catching seven and a half. Yeah, we're, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. This is going to be my one weight on the Eagles. It just, the fact that the, the Giants can't run the football anymore is really bothersome to me because especially you I mean you said yourself no one's throwing the ball in this game. Yeah. I, I'll it, focus your attention to a game last year played in this same stadium between these two teams. Now granted maybe the Eagles weren't as good last year, but uh you know Jalen Hurts was still doing his thing, rushed for 77 yards. Saquon Barkley didn't have a great game, rushed for only 40 yards. Daniel Jones didn't rush for a lot. But in that game, it was a uh, November 28th game, Philly four-point favorites, total of 45 at MetLife Stadium, cold chill in the air, 13-7 Giants victory. Now, later in the year when the Giants were playing Mike Glennon at quarterback, they got absolutely blown out by the Eagles in Philadelphia, but that was a, the team that quit out. The season was over. I'm just saying this is going to be an ugly, low-scoring physical game. Can I he, like the under. I, can I just play both te- team totals under? What's the implied team total? Just play the under. Like uh, again, this is the dream pod picking sides here. This isn't the. There's no. There's no super book total here. If we yeah. were playing super book totals, this would be my five weight. Yes, playing the under in this game. Pulling, but, back, pulling back the curtain, the totals. Like I, I talk often about how efficient the NFL marketplace is. The totals are not as efficient that this total today. You could add forty. You could add forty six. I'm sorry, we're doing the podcast Wednesday night. Scott, you give that play out to your clients. No, Dumbo. <laughs> well, now you're playing. Now, now you're winning with under forty four instead but, um, of under forty six. But, but, but I'm going to tease the Giants up and then take the under and then you're going to. No. <laughs> so you're going to see. So you're going to get fifty. You're going to get fifty and not forty six. I can't argue with that. It's like we're not, and then you know it's going to be twenty four twenty three. You know, like uh, a twenty four twenty two with a late score for Philly to cut the lead from eight down to two. Can we can we run a uh, query, Mackenzie? Yeah, what's up? I want to know division do- division home dogs of a touchdown. I like that. You'd think it'd be fifty seven or greater. You think it'd be fifty three percent, right? It's. I think it's higher than that. Division home dogs of seven or more. Fifty three is a really I'm gonna, high number. I'm going to say cover more than fifty five percent. I'll say fifty one point seven. Division home dogs seven or greater. Okay. Mm. I, I, What's your guess on it? AJ's going to go closer to fifty. I yeah, I think it's probably fifty one, fifty two. Yeah. Let's see what we got here. Pull In the modern up. era, it's forty eight percent. Uh oh. Go all the way wow. back to eighty nine. It's fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Scott. But we have some nice consolation prizes yeah. for Steve yeah. and Scott Seidenberg, who although, massively although, under, although, overestimated the home dog. What are the over-under records? 32 overs, 53 unders. That's uh, 64%. You know, this is this is a key point. That just in general, can you run, and forget the division stuff, seven-point road favorite playing under. It'll be the same as a seven-point home dog, and again, sixty-two and a half percent under. To the under. 
modern yeah. era. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense too when you when you have the, the the when you have that road team that's favored. Let's get the win. Let's get out of dodge. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy. Control the ball. We're the better team. Um, whereas you get those when you get that big home favorite, you get games like Indianapolis at Dallas. We're just like like Indy starts going for it on fourth and four from their own <laughs> five yard line, and I exaggerate. You get the idea. This becomes a rolling snowball of avalanche of points. I mean, what is this game? The Eagles are coming off somewhat of an emotional game last week, where AJ Brown was clearly, uh, you know, emotionally invested against the Titans. And yes, I know it's the Giants, but they're two weeks away from the biggest game of the season at Dallas. Are they already circling that game? The biggest game of the year is against Washington. That's the biggest game of the year. No, I'm talking about the the, oh, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. And b- b- by the way, can we look up? It, it does do, is there a game of the year line, McKenzie? Is Dallas still minus one half at DraftKings on that I'll, game? I'll look at it. And and the, the thing with that is that the Eagles pretty much have the division wrapped up. Because if you think about it, look at the standings in the NFC East. The Eagles are two and one in the division. The Cowboys are actually no, it would come yeah, down the Cowboys to Cowboys have win one in or like it, a, if the Cowboys win out, it would um Yeah, I guess the Cowboys, if they win out, they would win the division. So no, the Eagles have a they one. Would, they would need the Eagles to lose the, a second another. And game. I don't think the, the Eagles, Eagles are have no look margin ahead. for error. They they drop one game and they're vulnerable. Then they I, don't control their own destiny. Well, Dallas Eagles, controls their own destiny if the Eagles lose I game. don't think the Eagles look ahead in a division game yet, like if you say they look ahead next week when they play the Bears, maybe. Plus, they're playing for they're playing for the first round bye because people still believe the Vikings oh, are going to win sure. thirteen games, which is or fourteen games, or be the best team in the NFL. Well, you know what? The, the Vikings can win fourteen games, and it doesn't mean they're the best team doesn't, in the NFL. I, I, you know, I, I have to say, like directionally, some of the sites. I don't know if it's a coincidence. You know, we called out a bunch of these sites like being idiots, talking ranking the Vikings so high, and then they won two games in a row. Shocker! All of a sudden, some of these sites have the Vikings ranked ninth, not fifth anymore, or second. We should give them credit for listening to the Dream Preview. Yeah, we appreciate all of you guys listening, even the people who run dummy websites. If, if, <laughs> if Clucko the Chicken is one of your top ten sports handicappers, you probably aren't taking this very seriously. And if you know what, if you're one of the other nine. You know what? Maybe it's time to find a new employer. And I'm going to make it official. My one weight is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles minus the seven. All right. On to Scott Seidenberg's four-weight game. Once again, he returns to the New York Jets. Yeah. I'm going with the Jets here, and I'm taking the points against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Let me start off by saying the one thing that scares me about this pick. Jets beat the Bills. 20 to 17. Earlier this season. And the Bills are certainly looking for revenge. But you know who else is looking for revenge? Mike White. Mike White last year took over as the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Had himself a nice game and a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you remember that? I do. Five turnovers. No, no, no. That that was the, the Bengals win was a great win for the Jets. Oh, I was thinking about. I thought you'd do. I remember last year's Buffalo game. Well, I'm getting there. You're gotcha. Like, you're like three steps ahead of me here. Oh, I apologize. Then there was the game that Mike White started against uh, the Buffalo Bills, and he had a bad game. And he got benched. A bad game? Is that what we're calling five turnovers in yeah. one game? Mike White was a little overmatched against the Buffalo Bills. We have a different Mike White 
playing with a different confidence level now this year. What? Why? Because the Jets— This is, this is the same Mike White. Because the Jets have averaged 26.8 points per game in Mike White's five starts. Almost what? 500 yards and against what? the Minnesota Vikings, a team that pro football talk ranked number one. <laughs> what was his average NFL going recently? into the Buffalo game last year? Because everybody was high on Mike White until yeah. Buffalo took a shit on him, and then it, he got benched. He never to be seen again. Let's just talk about Mike White this year. Oh, three hundred and fifteen <laughs> yards and three touchdowns against the Bears. Three hundred and sixty-nine yards should have been a touchdown. Braxton Berrios drops the football. Got against one job, Berrios. One job. What's the, the job? Catch the damn catch football. Catch the effing ball against the Minnesota Vikings. The, the team seems to be rallying around Mike White. We know the wide receivers are happy that he's the quarterback. And the Jets are actually, can I say it, Fez, an above-average football team? You know, I was surprised by this. Yes, I have the New York Jets, a top 10 the Jets. The Jets are the ninth, number ten. The Jets are the ninth overall DVOA team according to Football Outsiders. AJ, that's that's your favorite stat right it there. Is, yeah, this is actually a good football team. Well, maybe not good. Above average football team. Nine and a half is too much for me in a divisional game where I have a team in the New York Jets that I can argue. I'm not sure I'd win the argument. But I can argue that over the past couple of weeks is playing better than the Buffalo Bills. Oh, you can certainly make that argument the last five weeks. Yes. yes. The Buffalo Bills, who lost in a ridiculous game, lost to the Jets, lost the ridiculous loss to the Vikings, beat the Browns, all right, escaped against the Lions, and then... You know, I guess sleptwalked through the New England Patriots. They sleptwalked. They beat them by two touchdowns in New England. Yeah, they kicked my ass. I yeah. had New England. Yeah, it wasn't exactly that one hurt yet. my feelings. That was domination. See, like yeah. there was one. Fez, at what point did you you like the, the the Patriots in that game? At what point did you say I'm on the wrong side of this? When the Patriots well, every every play except for the like the swing pass to the defensive player it, that took it to the house. This it was not a competitive game. Yeah. It was it was not a competitive game, Scott. I, and this I almost. I almost went. Uh, I almost put a play on the Bills because, and it's funny that you think last it's week. Like, no, this week okay. I almost had the Bills on my card because you were talking about Mike White revenge. I was talking about Mike White. Mike, Mike White sucking. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I like it. I, I have to say, I, I I think it's a curious handicap to say. I mean, all things being equal, that can't be a positive that you threw five interceptions against that. Sure, opponent. sure. Yeah. Uh, I think the Jets have a, a nice little recipe here to handle the Buffalo Bills. Sauce Gardner can D up Stephon Diggs. He, we know how good he is. And defensively, the Jets are playing as good as the top teams defensively in the league. They're allowing fewer than 20 points per game. And in his career, Joe, I guess Josh Allen does have good numbers against good defensive teams. He has good he has good numbers against everybody. Who, you know, yard, Jets are giving up 4.8 yards per play. Like the league average is 5.4. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's a nice number on defense. This is a team playing for the playoffs. This is a team that's got a renewed sense of confidence with the quarterback. That was the problem. The Jets were a very good team at the beginning of this year, and the quarterback was was doing them a disservice. Now they got a guy that the team believes in, and I'm not saying he's the quarterback of the future, but he's the quarterback of right now. Jets go into Buffalo 
extremely confident. Not Mr. I, right. Here's but what Mr. I, right yeah. now. I think what you also have to consider is the Jets offensive uh blooming that's happening here mm-hmm. like all of a sudden they're good at offense if you go back and look at like the four weeks before where their offense could do nothing and you look at the teams they were playing and then you look at the defenses they've played the last two weeks you go oh well it makes sense the offense looks good all of a sudden you mentioned DVOA the Vikings are like 19th defensive DVOA the Bears are 32nd out of 32 if you don't look good against those teams you just stink I don't think the Jets stink but the Bills are a different beast. And if since they that can, Jets game, if they can beat the Bills with Zach Wilson at quarterback, they can cover nine and a half. You know what? Mike White. In that game, Michael Carter, James Robinson led that rushing attack, 174 yards on 34 carries. Neither one of those guys is going to play this week. Buffalo has been carrying a lot of travel fatigue. Buffalo got now they got Buffalo Thursday has extra, game, extra ten, rest, ten days, many by. Buffalo has extra rest, playing their first it. home game in like a month. I don't want to get in the way of the Bills right Buffalo now. has a look-ahead spot to the Dolphins next week. Why is that Why is that even more of a look-ahead than this? Because that's for the division title. This is re- this is revenge in the division, though. They're, they're going to be sky-high for both games. All right, well, we can argue all day, but let's see what Uncle Dave has to say. Dave Esler with his best bet in this game. I love him at the Jets, plus 9.5 points over the Bills. Yes, of course, the Bills have the revenge thing going on from an earlier loss at New York. But since week four, the Jets are six and three with none of their losses coming by more than a touchdown. So when I'm taking plus nine, nine and a half with a total of 44 points, I'm getting 20% of the expected points before kickoff. Love that math. And I'm putting my faith in the Jets' defense. They're fourth in yards per pass allowed, fifth in yards per rush allowed, combined third in the NFL in yards per play allowed. Since week four, the Jets' defense has only given up more than 22 points once, and that was last week. Sauce Gardner will make Diggs work. He held Jefferson last week to 45 yards on seven catches. And on offense, I know it's Mike White. Didn't look great at Minnesota. But as a team, the Jets had 200 more yards. They held Minnesota under 300 yards, but they were one for six in the red zone. Point is, they moved the ball. It's a division game. They tend to be closer. And the familiarity of Buffalo not having Vaughn Miller doesn't hurt my case. Buffalo has a Saturday game the following week against Miami. All we need is a slight distraction on a day that will likely see snow and or rain, a great equalizer, to cover 9.5, which is as good as it gets. And it's going to 10, but it lasted about a minute at circa. Jets, plus 9.5 points. So Esler sides with you, Scott. I'm not sure. He's, he is right about one thing. The Jets, and maybe I, I should look at it the same way I look at Denver. The Jets are a hard team to blow out. I like the under in this game. But if you throw five picks or you turn it over five times, mm-hmm. ooh, it's real easy to get blown Turnover out. luck. Can't predict turnover luck. Can't rely on turnovers. Just luck. You know what? It, it's luck until you've got a third-string quarterback in the game, and then suddenly it's a little more consistent. Or until Indianapolis plays Dallas. <laughs> and that's something – like, the Bills' offense since that Jets game has been good. Like, the Bills are back to humming on offense. The reason why the Bills are looked at is like – not quite a juggernaut anymore. There's two reasons. One is the defense is not playing as well. And getting the news this week that Von Miller's done for the season, that's a bummer for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other is turnovers. The Bills have had some Dumbo turnovers in the red zone. Josh Allen has thrown some bad passes that he shouldn't be throwing. He keeps saying, I'm going to clean him up. I don't know if I believe him. Uh, but if you're asking, if, if it's going to come down to turnovers in this game, I, I feel like 
Mike White more likely to have more turnovers than Josh Allen is. Over under a half. Buffalo plus a half and turnover differential. You go over or under? I, I go over. I agree. Yeah. But it, I would take I would take Jets plus one. Three quarters. Three mm, quarters. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. What I, do you think, Scott? Yeah, I think they win the turnover battle. It, it just feels like, and the Jets' offense isn't good enough to lose the turnover battle. Mm. Like that's the problem, and that's the other thing that happened in the in the last game, the Jets Bills first game was Josh Allen ran the ball really well. There's going to be weather. I expect, I think we should look at Josh Allen props. I think Josh Allen is it's one of those games where he runs, and I know everybody's like, well, since the injury, I don't think he cares. I think he's just like whatever. I'm, I, Josh Allen seems more like he seems less concerned with his injury than everyone else in the world seems to be. Everyone else is like, oh, Collective he can't, he can't do breath. this. He can't, yeah. he's, he'll never, they'll never let him do that while he's hurt. Josh Allen doesn't care. He's just playing football the way Josh Allen plays football, which I respect a lot. It may end up being really dumb if he does get hurt, but Josh Allen is still kind of like letting it hang out there. So I'm going to look at Josh Allen over on his rushing yards. Next game, Fez, your four weight, which happens to be my four-way. Look at that. Look at that. Double like on the Cincinnati Bengals. Go for it, Fess. Yeah, so Bengals laying six. Uh, Look-ahead line was only minus four to three and a half on this game. So what's going on? Why am I laying six? Well, I think the look-ahead line was just wrong. I think that um, we got some answers about Watson not being ready, being rusty. So he had played zero games in 600 days. Now he's played one in 607, whatever it is. I didn't like what I saw at all. Cleveland got a phony win against Houston. Three special teams defensive unit scores. Didn't upgrade them all. Really should have probably downgraded them. Bengals with Chase, O-line finally doing their job. Bengals are trending towards being one of the top teams in the NFL. And whenever we get a team that is clearly the much better team, not just the better team, but the much better team, they're home. And they've got blowout revenge, and this happened when the Bengals lost on Halloween night, all those ugly orange helmets out there, to these Cleveland Browns. It's payback time. Everything points to the Bengals winning this by 10. It's my four-weight Cincy Bengals. Yeah, the Browns' offense is clearly so much worse with Deshaun Watson at QB, and I I don't think that's the case long-term, but Jacoby Brissett was playing good football, and it was kind of flying under the radar and I don't blame the Browns for making the switch because that you, you've committed to that long-term answer. But if you stack-ranked Jacoby Brissett's games by QBR and you put Deshaun Watson's first game in, this would be the second-worst game of the season for the Browns per QBR. Uh, and that was against the Texans' defense. Brissett had one game worse. He had a 19 QBR against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Which is okay. That's excusable. Your worst game of the year comes against it comes against uh, Bill Belichick, the genius. Uh, all right, against the Texans, that defense, you ha- you 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 put up a twenty eight QBR, insane. Bengals are eight and four. They've looked bad in exactly one game this year, and that's a game you talked about, Fez, the Halloween game. That was Cleveland's best game of the season by far. And while they've gone two and two since then, the games against Tampa and Houston, those wins, all it did was emphasize how underperforming the offense is getting now. Six offensive points against the Texans, 10 points in the first 59 minutes against Tampa. 
and I think the Bengals are going to be focused. It, it, the division just got a lot more winnable with Lamar Jackson being hurt, and they are one game behind the top teams in the AFC for a first-round bye. And guess what? They already hold a tiebreaker over the Chiefs. They'll get a chance to play the Bills. I think you're going to get a laser-focused Bengals team here. I think the Bengals blow this team out. Joey Burrow, all he does is cover 16-3 and ATS in his last 19 starts. And the Browns, under Kevin Stefanski, in their last nine games after a victory, 2-7 and seven against the spread. I w- McKenzie, see if you can query this real quick. What's Joe Burrow ATS in division since he's since he's been playing? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what you don't want to hear. Joe Burrow against the Browns. Yeah, he's zero and four straight up, two and two ATS. Okay, I was, I was going to say. I know it's it's been he's been so good against Pittsburgh, so good against Baltimore. He's not two, against he, the Browns. He's two and two against the spread. Two and two ATS against the Browns. Zero and four Fine. straight up. Yeah, it's two and two. No. You got to figure though motivation now. He has he's never beaten the Browns. Yeah, just, this is motivation to win. And, and here's an interesting stat: it's going to be cold for this game. Joe Burrow in cold temperatures, in 50 degrees or lower, he's 10 and one ATS. 40 degrees or lower, five and zero oh ATS. Ooh, Joey Burrow. Why did he go play for LSU? He should have picked Wisconsin. Well, I mean, he seemed to work out Ohio well. State, right? I think, he was at Ohio State. I think yeah. any decision that says, why did Joe Burrow go to LSU, I think he answered it. I, I think he did okay there. Yeah, I think he, he had one a pretty, LSU because I recruited him down at LSU. He had a pretty successful run there and <laughs> it got him drafted number one overall. Yeah, I'm thinking he made the right call. I said, listen, you're not going to play at Ohio State. They'd rather get a guy like Tate Martell in there instead of you. So yeah. you, you gotta come, come down here to the body. We'll get what is that character in... Um, the propane tank cartoon, it, guy. King of the Hill, King of the Hill, Boomhauer, Boomhauer. It's like remember when they <laughs> like they, damn, 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 the game Bobby, King, They're wearing a dress, <laughs> and they've got they've got like this rare bird that they've kidnapped, and the game warden comes up. We're looking, there's been a someone has absconded with this rare bird or something, and and and, and there's going to be heavy fines and penalties. You need to tell us about it if you see it. Boomhauer goes, ah, Barrett, stay in Southern. I, that bird's right there, and in, in uh, the t- that old bird back there behind Hank's garage, man. All right, so should any of you happen to see that bird, please contact the following number. Thank you. Have a nice day. Joe Burrow. Eight. By the way, that cartoon is one of the greatest cartoons. Mike I, Judge. That is yeah. such a good, good show, man. Uh, eight and five ATS against the AFC North. Uh, six and three versus the other teams I mentioned. Okay, two and not, two as, against not as strong as I would have thought. but mm. it, I, I He's got to beat the Browns sooner or later, right? They're oh, going to the kill them. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Browns are dead. The the the, the Bengals are like. I imagine will say this. Think about this. You wait all season long. Mm-hmm. All you hear about. When, by the way, when you're the Browns, you've gone 13, 12, 13 weeks of hearing. Oh, Deshaun will be back week thirteen. Week thirteen. Nobody cares about how you're playing before. Everybody's like, oh, they they can lose now. No big deal. At some point, if I'm the Browns and I'm ans- I'm answering questions about Deshaun all year, I'm tired of it. And then he shows up, and the offense looks like that. Oh, yuck! Burn on, mighty Cuyahoga. I, you know I, I just I don't this, like since, Cleveland in general. Cincinnati is my favorite teaser leg. No, uh, no, 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 no. Not gonna tease him down. No, because Fez, well, what, are you gonna book it? No. You press the button. You're booking it. No. Mackenzie, what am I going to say? Don't tease unless you're going through three if and seven. If it was seven. seven and a half, it'd be a different story. 
the, the reason is is that Cincy's a six point favorite. So you can, I'm I, I'm confident that you can get Cincy on a money line like minus two fifty. So I'll do a money line parlay then. And it's got to be what minus two eighty. We're getting warmer. We're getting warmer. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're showing clear progress. So so bottom line is, um, on a on a six point teaser minus mm-hmm. one twenty on each leg you're laying minus two eighty. I got your chart right here. If if if, if, if I should if I'm laying minus one twenty on the teaser. I want minus 280 on both legs of the money line. Right. And so what is your first leg of the teaser? Well, if they're a six-point favorite and it's a six-point teaser, you're getting them at pick. Well, there's no reason to put these dudes in your teaser because you can just play them on the money line at a price less than minus 280, say minus 265. You don't need something to parlay it with. Just play them. If you think since he's going to win— you want to pay an extra fifteen cents because you to say teaser and pretend like you're not laying two eighty. You go right ahead and do it, but you're wrong. Just play the minus two sixty five. That's fine, or minus two sixty, whatever the best price you can get. As long as it's less than minus two eighty, it's the better bet. Looks like minus two forty five, lowest money line on the board. Where's that minus two forty five? So if you want to pay an extra thirty five cents, just so you can not have to lay minus two. If you don't, a lot of people say, I don't want to lay minus 245, so I'll play them in a teaser where I can lay minus 280. And there's a reason that the books are holding 9, 9 and 10% against the average adult male in all these states, and a drunk baby loses at 4.5% because of th- decisions like that. But the average adult female dominating the books. That'd be an interesting question. I bet the average adult female that's betting a lot is probably pretty good. Well, listen, I, the, I bet the only better thing than we're the missing average male right. because they don't they don't know enough to get themselves in trouble. Oh, that's playing. sexist, Faith. It's not sexist. That's they're the only getting, thing we're missing here. They're not playing like nineteen. <laughs> they're not playing nineteen parlays and like in these same game parlays and menus. Men are making bets that women like don't even like consider. The women are just making bets, so they're like if you're just betting against the spread. You're not going to lose at nine percent. You got you got to actually be creative and smart and clever to lose at nine percent against the spread long term. We need to get one of those hot chicks that, that handicaps. That's what we're missing here at pregame. I feel like that's the trend that everyone's got right now. We're behind. We need to catch up. We might need to hire two hot chicks. No, but you're right, Fez. The math equals out because let's say you take a let's say the Eagles minus seven, and you want to do the Eagles as your other dance partner or whatever, just the money line on the Eagles and Bengals is minus 116, which is better than minus 120. Yes. And you get a push if it's pick, if it's a tie somehow versus, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, the, well, actually, if, yeah, if the, if the Eagles win by one, the teaser doesn't win, and the, but the money line does. Yes. So you get, you get an added bonus of the free roll of the Eagles by one where you wind up winning with this two-team money line parlay, but you lose if, if, if you play the teaser with bad rules where ties lose. I'll just lay the minus 245, minus 250 exactly. on the Bengals. Exactly, and I, I fully endorse that because I like the Bengals. I'll bet yeah. them my, you know, myself. There's nothing wrong with laying minus 245. Everyone will get mad at me. Um, but um, if your handicapper is all the time giving out like these big money line parlays in both directions— He's not a pro. He's not playing correctly. If if he gives you minus, I don't care if he gives you minus five forty on a game straight up. I'm fine with that. If he, if he really believes value is value, if that's the case. But if you're putting out these two big money lines, minus three sixty, minus four eighty, parlay them together. Well, now the problem is you don't get the best price in each place because maybe the South Point is a minus three fifty. Maybe Pinnacle is a minus four hundred. Heck, at Pinnacle, if you just parlay two big favorites together, they charge you more anyways right off the top. So pro, no pro. I know lots of pros. I know lots of pros that make six figures. None of them play this way. A lot of them play big money lines. They have no problem with that. All right, there you go. Double four like, four weight game. I'm going to on... make this my one weight. Oh, we, we convinced him, Fez. Well, because I'm going to bet the money line. So. Oh, well, All yeah, right. it's a, yeah. Good, a good reason All to right. do it. All right, there you go. Uh, two four juice. weights. You know and... why? 
burn, I, mighty I, Cuyahoga. I, I like it, the juice. I like it, the juice. I get you more juice. <laughs> and there you go. You know what it is? It's academic parents. They might. That dude in crypto had academic parents. I think he had two uh, Stanford. Yeah, they're both from Stanford. Andrew Luck and the FTX guy. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't send Johnny to Stanford now, Fez. We're thinking about Princeton. That's good. We, we've we've that. concluded that Yale and Harvard are too rough for him, and he has to go to a smart. Well, how did you know that? We've been re- Yvette's on it. It's a great awesome. Sam New Haven. How do you know what his like? How do you know what his talent level, or what his potential? I've been doing this. No, 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 no. You'll agree. Not not rough academically. Rough like city in the city. Oh, but Johnny's a suburb kind of kid. Here's the thing, though. You should visit because. I mean, I don't know, but my understanding is it's, uh, Harvard's kind of cloistered, I guess you'd say. Where, I mean, like, you know, you can stay on campus. Like and the Vatican. Uh, it's still, it's still, you're place. right, but it's still right. It's still right in the heart of a city. But Palo Alto, too, uh, too urban for him, huh? Well, Princeton is— Palo Alto actually, would be just fine. It's funny. Princeton, a lot of—I mean, Mackenzie's going to be on this. He probably still masturbates to, like, the top ten. Like, the, when the U.S. News and World Report comes out— <laughs> I'm mad at them. They That's dropped hilarious. us. I'm not tied with Columbia. I don't want to hear that. It's a great sandwich spot in Princeton. Hoagie Haven. <laughs> well, there's that. Could you imagine? What's Johnny think about hoagies? He's not anti-hoagie. Okay. Hogan's Heroes? No. Oh. It's, it's Scott said there's a great hoagie like spot. Five, it's a great sandwich spot in Princeton. They only have 5,000 kids. And like, like I like that way. Stanford's like 40,000. And they're all grad students also. Well, that's what John Nash was. That's what Einstein was. I mean, Princeton, it, I mean, when he was in America, Princeton sometimes is ranked number one. Yeah. I mean, but isn't that the time that you want Johnny to grow and like uh, experience? Like, well, it's going to be growth anyway. I mean, if, if you're going to be uncomfortable in the urban environment, why would you be there? Is my thinking. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, if, yeah, but again, you got to let him decide that eventually, right? Maybe. <laughs> well, that, I, <laughs> I think that I disagree there. I think he need you know, but again, you obviously influence, but you know, ultimately a kid's going to Princeton do or Stanford or Duke all look good to me. Right? Oh, my uh, Duke seems not, not good. Enough. My 10 year old just took Duke off the list. Honestly, yeah. Duke would be Duke would be the backup school. Well, I mean, that's the thing is Duke probably is. I don't know what's 12th or something, but yeah. people don't think of it like that yeah. in a weird way. When I went to Ohio state, I swear this was a calculation. I knew they were trending up. I mean, not just football. On our down years, we make the playoffs. But is my thinking is, what's this degree going to mean in 20 years? Like, I had an uncle that went to the University of Cincinnati in the late 70s. And like he, that was a good school back then. Like, it was known as, like, a mm-hmm. top, like, regional school. But it was trending down. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the trend lines matter on this. So, McKenna, were you pissed off that Yale has gone in the toilet? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so what is so what does the U.S. News and World Report have right now? Is that the main one people look at? Yes. Last time I checked, it was Princeton one, Harvard two. What was this this morning? <laughs> no, maybe six months <laughs> every ago. day. Stanford's above funny? Yale, which was mad. Would oh, maybe pull it up. Columbia's time. Pull yeah. it up. Wouldn't it be funny if like the the U.S. News gets delivered? You see Mackenzie pick it up. It's the annual college issue, and he just walks into the bathroom, shuts the door. You hear the mm. click. <laughs> And like 20 minutes later, he comes out looking a little like glassy eyed. Smoking a cigarette. Big way tie at three. Princeton and MIT are one and two. Stanford, Yale, Harvard, all three. Yeah, MIT's not happening. Well, it's the same city as Harvard. So, I mean, if you don't like. Yeah. But Harvard would crush MIT and head to head for which which one would you choose? I don't think for technical. Not in blackjack. Quality of life. Quality of life. So, quality of life. That's interesting. 
He's not going to University of Chicago. He's not going to MIT. No, sir. I, Unhappy kids. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't figure this out. Is when do you feel like you're talking right now to the common man? No, I'm just I'm telling you the way it is. There's unhappy kids at University of Chicago, and everyone who hangs out there in the wintertime will agree with me. Well, Robert Persing went insane there. See? That's a convincing sample size of one. Well, I think Chicago is a school that was a lot. I mean, if you read shit from the 50s and 60s, it was right there with Harvard. Academically, there's no question. Yeah, but I think it's right even there. dropped off since then. I mean, like, I don't know. Because no smart person list. would go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Stanford's certainly gone up. So it's interesting. So Stanford's actually right there at three. And what's it? Let's see the next tier. Where's Duke? When's Duke get there? Duke is number 10. Okay. See, that's what I thought. Yeah. Now, what was that school? Oh, Trump's uh, Princeton. No, no, the school that uh, McKenzie said uh, that if you, it's in the Ivy Leagues, but they don't want to count it. Cornell. You see, he says that almost like he's saying cornhole. Number 17. (laughs) You know, the head of Columbia, Cornell. The interesting thing, I'm a proud father, is that Johnny is doing a Johns Hopkins pre calculus course right now Mm -hmm. in the rank seventh. To, now, but if you're not going to be a doctor, that's, I mean, they still have other class, but it's not as renowned, right? Unless it's. I just know they have this great. I don't know. They have this great self study program oh, okay, that they, cool. they partner up with schools with. Yeah. All right. So, AJ, um, so CCN you're looking at? Or CSN. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> no, but you're. Now, th- that's interesting. We'll take a minute here. We'll put this at the back of the pod, by the way. All this academic talk is. Um, so your boy, you you know, you've been in town what eighteen months or so, yeah, and a little less, and like a year, yeah, a year and a half, five or six. Got here last yeah. last August, year, yeah, yeah, or August. yeah, whenever, yeah, August is um, <laughs> um, at the time it was like oh, you know, maybe my boy can you know play uh, you know, Division three was yeah. the thought, but it seems like that his growth sport, whatever that that like, what's the current in baseball? What's the current thoughts? Uh, I, I'm still keeping my, uh, I know, I know you're, you're a small thinker, but what's the potential? I, I think he could play D2. D2, but not yeah, D1. I don't think so. What, what, what that said, it? he's been striking out 18. Yeah. Um, one coach just say, put this guy in the bullpen and let's, let's, let's get him up to 90 something. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. Like his velocity is probably not where, and part of it is, what is he 14? He's 15 now, okay. but he's a sophomore. And so he's like, he's very young for his mm-hmm. class, yeah. which is probably my fault for Starting him in school early, mm-hmm. but uh, he wanted him out of the house. Malcolm Gladwell exactly. will tell you to hold him back. Hey, he should have been a year before. I know, I know. Especially boys, because the physical side. Because right now, I'd have a, a six foot two freshman exactly uh, on my hands. Yeah, but that I'm not sure that'd be good, because I mean, it's almost it's always the catch twenty two, right? Like Johnny skipping grades, mm-hmm. and it, it's probably good academically. Is it good socially? That's always the question, right? Here, if he was like Lurch or something, and you know, towering over, it, it, it ostracizes you. In a right, way too. but yeah. he's uh, he's going to go. In fact, you said CSN. He's going to go to what's called CSN High School mm-hmm. next year, mm. where he can earn his degree while he's finishing high school. So he won't be going to the same high school that he's been or, going. Wait, to. wait. He's he's going to earn his college degree while he's finishing high school. Yeah. To what end? Like the first two years. To what end? I mean, he—that's what he wants to do. He'll have smaller well, you let, class you let sizes. Him make his own decisions. Yeah, Fez, do you want to talk to him? No, I, I 
<laughs> I mean, he, he'll, he'll be going to a school with, sm- with smaller get class cre- sizes. Get some credits. I like it. Yeah, he's just earn, earning earning college credits while he's he letting his kid school. make his own decision. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> well, that's... He lets his child run around with this crazed haircut that's, like, <laughs> ultra extreme. Got a Quinn Ewers mullet. Yeah. I, oh, here's what I would say. Not, and again, Johnny's obviously a brilliant kid. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to keep my undefeated streak intact by not playing him at Rock, Scissors, Paper for a while. One every iteration, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> but um, to me in general, and, you know, talking broadly, the more parents cl- clamp down, the more rebellious the kids get, you know, eventually. Now, it doesn't mean it's always the case, but I think letting a kid do some, in, you know, some innocuous things that feel rebellious gets it out of his system. Yeah. And that's why I'm very open-minded that, like, Duke— Princeton or Stanford. Do you talk to him like this? Yes. See, what I would do, and again, I'm not an expert, I would, if you felt adamant, you're going to have to co- you know, make sure it goes the way you want, I guess, if you think it's like his welfare at stake. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would be, in, I don't even know. But let's say that you're confident in that. But don't let him know you're doing that, because if you let him know you're doing it, that, that that's he's going to have to feel like you. We, 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 we have family in the Bay Area, which gives Stanford the advantage that that's nice, that, especially because no, Stan- he's younger. I've never been on the Stanford campus. Is that like big city? The campus? Palo Alto? No. Yeah. Oh, so so Stanford's on the list. I thought yes. Said, oh, I thought you took it off the list. Oh, no. It's prominent. Oh, because you because you always said Stanford was the goal. Yeah. And then today I said, oh, Stanford. And because we and you said, oh, well, actually now it's Princeton. I would say Princeton would be number one, but geographically it's not as desirable. So Stanford's still number one because of the, geograph- the geography. So w- last question. What is the logic that Princeton's ahead of Stanford? Like, is it purely smaller the campus, academic? Smaller campus. Identical academics, maybe slightly better Princeton, and more comfortable campus size. Hmm. So here's what it, it, now has he expressed this? Like he's afraid of a big campus? Well, first of all, he's no. he's like twelve, right? He's, he's eleven. He he's not, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. He doesn't know yeah. this. He's, yeah. he's just a sponge. He's taking it. In. So here's here's a, a a free piece of advice. In the next two years, get him in a situation where he can have a chance to. Like respond to it well because there's a ch- let's admit there's a chance he he in the right spot he would thrive in a more of a you know environment a busier environment or a more cry- like, oh I certainly I mean he's, he's still growing and developing and he's so, in a city environment might be he might want that by his time he's that's 16. what I'm saying we'll is, yeah I mean that my only point is right now you're saying if you project he probably wouldn't but who knows right yes. a young underage kid probably doesn't belong in the big city at 16 going to, oh, to, that's to a good, school oh that's a good point too oh yeah yeah jeez. That's a real good point. So, so the theory is wherever he's going, he's going at sixteen. Probably going to do a gap year. We're probably going to yeah. do, do 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 some special studies, some some sort of project for a year before he goes off. That's, I lost. That's what I. That's what I call I that. Year. Yes. <laughs> Go study poker with Miss Finland and Iceland. By the way, Belmont one eighty two on the list. Is that right? Yeah, one eighty two. I think is that's it? that's comparable to their college basketball rating. Yeah. Oh, Did you get carpal tunnel as you kept hitting the? <laughs> yeah, down, I kept having to load page, more, load more. Well, all joking aside, and you know, I, to me, you should you two you you know you and the wife should be proud that you got a boy that's you know on the cusp of this kind yes. of thing. I mean, no doubt. And let's be honest, you're not that smart. Oh, my sister's pissed because my sister's like, how did Steve win the lottery? I mean, he's the dummy in the family. You know what's funny is is people who have older – your sister's older? Yeah. 
Yeah. They always and smarter. Think they, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> what does she do? She's a teacher, chemistry teacher. Yeah, she's not smarter. She's extremely smart. I believe it, but you do admit that it's hard for you to really judge because you were formed with the belief as her, the older sister. All right. So all her test scores say she's smarter. Well, those test scores don't say. I mean, and, I don't. And having this. grown up with her, she always got like I. She always got A's. how many? How many years older? Two years. She got A's in everything without studying. You don't believe in test scores, you said? Not really. It's like the only thing that made me smart in school. Was I well, but I believe you did. No, let me say it like this. If you're smart, you at least got to get decent test scores. But I don't think if, 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 if let's be honest. I mean, I got a, I was, I got 170 out of 180 on the LSAT. That was like 99th percentile. But there was probably a 10, I don't know, 10,000 people that had a higher score than that. I mean, I don't know how many mm -hmm. take the LSAT. Do you really think? Any of them could walk in this room and like intellectually like best me. Any of them? Any of them? Oh, none of them. None. Not, nah. not debate wise, but if it was nah. like a written test type of thing, perhaps. Well, when does life ever have a written test? Well, see, now you're putting the RJ Bell power rating. You're setting the power ratings based upon the RJ Bell system. Of course, you're going to be number one. Well, no. <laughs> uh, what what kind of score could Johnny bring home on like his ACT that you go, oh, really, Johnny? Well, it's going to be anything less than almost perfect. It's going to be a problem. Exactly. If you want to, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to go to like the schools they're talking about, I'll provide it to you shortly. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have, when is the? Uh, do you have like a Gantt chart? Is it called where like you have it where like uh, in May of his thirteenth year he's going to start his prep of this? I mean, yeah, like other other like parents like measure how tall their ch children are, and I'm like I'm I'm like me measuring his like SAT score each year. Yeah. But mm. well, let's think about this. Because, Fez, you, I, I don't know. You said something just now I'm thinking about. Is what, if you, if you could conjure Johnny, meaning you could, like, do a spell or, you know, something and change his intellect if you need, if you wanted to. Well, let's not say Johnny. Let's say a kid that your job was to say, um, I want to make him perfect for the world. What, what, act, but let's forget personality or whatever because obviously uh, affable personality gets along with people you know but what qualities would you want you know it's like uh, think of it like a um uh, a salary cap you can spend on the left tackle but you can't maybe spend on the linebacker if you spend on the left tackle. let's say you got a massive amount of of resources for intellect like build a player in madden yeah this is a, this is a great question yeah. for life happiness i'd want him to be very balanced mm -hmm. for career Advancement. I think what what everyone does wrong with their with with their kids and their studies mm -hmm. is that they don't specialize enough. They but how, really do, how get do they very, know what to specialize? Exactly. In? But if find out something you like that you could get really good at, even if it's a, being a punter or, or a long snapper. But if anything, isn't one of the joys of of, of college the even if you go to a good school, the idea? What's the stat? Right? How many people actually do the the, the career? That they um, major in, that right? they major in. Oh, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's low. It's like fifteen yeah. percent or yeah. something, right? So even when they're twenty, they don't really know. Right. And how many do the career that they start school planning to major in? Like most kids, cha yeah. change yeah. during school. Yeah. So I agree with you. If like the the Russians tried that with chess and stuff, mm. didn't seem like. Mm. I mean, like in a way, it doesn't seem like that works. 
because it seems like those people always are so mad at the system they were put in. They 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 used to exactly. So I'm open minded. He wants to be a computer scientist. He wants to be an actuary. You know, he's whatever he wants to be. He wants to be a musician. He wants to be a Wall Street banker. All that's he wants. All that's. Does he take the computers? Yes. Because I mean, I take good at it. Whatever degree people think today, the computers are big. They're going to be bigger, 10 times bigger, as bigger. big. I always emphasize that. with. I mean, yeah. like AI especially. Yeah. Of course. Um, last question. But b- back to the specialization, but let's say it's to – but that would get you what? Like the best – so there's a book called The E-Myth, and The E-Myth talks about business and life. And one of the things they say, there's three types of people. There's technicians, and that can be from a sandwich maker to a NASA scientist. But they're a technician, a manager who manages technicians and an executive who at the higher level puts together the financing, decides on the macro stuff. That's it. Every job falls into one of those three categories. And most people are technicians. Um, an actuary is a technician. You could be the best actuary in the world, but you're not going to make as much as the 30th best entrepreneur in Silicon. And I'm not saying money's the only metric, but in Silicon Valley. So getting outside of that thought for a minute, meaning not a technician, what skill set do you think would be most important for otherwise an executive, let's say, because that's where the great talent would likely not, you know, well, Zuckerberg didn't want to be an actuary. And executives to maximize the talent around you. Yeah. But, but the, well, see, I think a manager is to do that. Mm. I, I, you know, uh, usually the best executives aren't necessarily people. Like, uh, obviously, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. right? He was not a people person, right? Bezos isn't really a people person. If anything, they're the guys asking for more from people than they want to give. They're screaming at them, whatever. Um, it it just strikes me when you were saying with me, you said, well. If you're making up the criteria, and it's like, well, what criteria? I'm not talking about like knowledge of YPP. I, well, most I, of these guys that these geeks that like the the few the, the couple guys that scored higher on the test, they couldn't even formulate a sentence. And if you you debate them, you just crush them like yeah, a bug. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think it's right. Even, I think it's. I guess it's. You know, in a weird way, it it would be interesting. I don't think I would do great at this. But it'd be interesting if there was like a post-apocalyptic period. Like, how does that go? Because everyone thinks the big brawny people are gonna, you know, would be the key, right? Like, oh, they gotta fight in the streets. But it's always interesting. Like, and again, I don't think I would be the best at that. But it would be interesting. I do think there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. Is is if a person, at least for me, I've always believed eclectic skills were important that you can't be really bad at anything, and then you've got to be really good at a couple things. And I don't know if I've achieved that. And maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just kind of thinking what I was thinking. Like, there's certainly people that are better scientists than I could have been in that group or better or um, better uh, doctors, right? I think I could have been a doctor. I wouldn't have been a great doctor. I think I'd been an okay doctor, right? Um, Question your bedside manner. Well, for, well, I'd be like, I'd be like the heart. I'd want to be the heart surgeon that doesn't have to deal with all that. Like uh, Chicago, anyone watch Chicago Hope? There was a guy like that on there. So I don't know. I don't know. Do you think maybe that because you are were a technician as an actual, but then you became a manager, right? As a VP, I was I was much better as a manager and an executive than I was as the technician, which was interesting. Now, do you think that was because you're limited? Uh, like you were limited in that area, or you just didn't like it enough to like obsess over it? I did not like it, 
and I missed the computer wave, so I wasn't good with computers. Mm -hmm. So I actually needed to get promoted to the past the point where I was the one producing the work to being, being the one presenting the work because I was exceptional at presenting the work. Okay. And now, because to me, when I look at someone like your sister, who I've never met, I'm thinking maybe she did better on the scores. But let's be honest, you came to Vegas and innovated a way of betting that that really to this day isn't really replicated. Meaning I would make the case if you look at your betting earnings over the last 10 years, that the disparate ways that you earned that and, you know, sides you did well in certain spots and then, uh, the, you know, the rogue numbers, the parlay cards, reading pinnacle. Like it, it's almost like it's been this like, because there's no college for this. Yeah. Right? And I think you've done, I mean, you could make the case you've done as well as anyone in that way. Coming in, like me, I'm the type that I read everything I can on something, and then I think I occasionally I can take one more, I can put it together in an interesting way, maybe. I don't think you really, re like, you're not a huge reader. Well, that was the, you know, that's not true. Um, well, I, I am I am actually a huge gambling, like, you like, and we've done this before. You When you ask me about, have you read this or that mm -hmm. or the other thing, I'm probably in the top one percentile in my yeah. industry as far as reading gambling advantage books at least but i would okay i think you and fez are different in the same way that my my two boys are different you're like my younger son who has a lot of different interests and mm -hmm. wants to learn new things all the time watches family ties repeat yeah my <laughs> older son has like he's decided this is what i like this is what Which i'm good what? at well i mean baseball the things in school that he, that he likes to do like baseball and tapping ass yeah <laughs> But he's like, I'm going to be ultra focused on these things and work to get the best I can be at these. I guess he's got a he's had a couple girlfriends, right? That's why I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, like that you, you know. But where I had an, an enormous advantage, and you're right, is I wasn't compromised by the basic strategy of the basic uh, principles that everyone, like all the bookmakers, said things like, "Oh, parlay cards are sucker bets, teasers are sucker bets," and I wasn't. Um, Swayed by all that, I, I basically came in and thought, well, bookmakers can't do this to lick. They're, they're, they're not very smart. You didn't know the way you were supposed to be limited. Exactly. I didn't well, – you've got to respect all the bookmakers. Everything they do is smart. There used to be a time well, – I'll use an example. The, like, the, the parley cards were obviously enormously profitable letting you play the stale numbers. Like as soon as I saw them so in the late numbers, 80s. numbers, okay. Yeah, so the late 80s, Northwestern's catching 21 half against Illinois, closes 17. So late 80s, you were how old at this point? I was 26. And you were what, just coming through Vegas on the way yeah, to Yeah, just coming through. And I remember that's the first time I noticed. It was like 19, it was actually 1990, okay? So 1990, I'm noticing, I'm like, that's ridiculous. They let me bet Northwestern plus 21 at the line 17. That's stupid. That's like, that's got to be a great mm -hmm. bet, you know? Do, 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 and you I, understood that the five to one was a bad payout, but. But, the, it, but, but I understood that, but everyone did. But it was like minor birds. People were like, oh, they got bad payouts in parlay cards. They got bad payouts in parlay Bullshit. They had great payouts on parlay cards because, yeah, the three-teamer was bad, but then you went to, like, the four-teamer and the five-teamer, the six-teamer, the five-teamer paid 26 for one, the six-teamer paid 54 for one. You're, you only had to get 51.8% right to break even on six-teamers, playing numbers off by three points. Anyone would have won. I mean, it was not like what— But, uh, but that's the thing. The, the trick of it, any, once you uh, once you innovate a way to bet something, then people can mimic it. But yeah. the true talent comes at— And, and in, in originating, that even getting that far, because no one else would even have looked at that. It's like parlays are sucker bets, and big parlays are enormous sucker bets, and everyone just—that's that, what they feel. They never actually did the math. And to me, it's a rare person— that has enough intellect that they can get the background, the foundational education, but be not be bought into the hegemony of academia yes. enough. 
hegemony, I think that pays, is Big. to the de- to the degree that you c- were not const- uh, constrained by dogma, right? So, I mean, yeah, I to the To this day, Vegas pays on a three-team parlay. They pay six to one. Mm-hmm. On a four-team parlay, they pay 11 to one. Mm-hmm. So think about that. You take $100 of your hard-earned money, you mm-hmm. play in a three-team parlay, you get back six, you win 600, you get back 700, you're three and oh. Mm-hmm. So now, if you've turned that and put the, a fourth game in, you're essentially risking 700 to win 500 on that fourth game. You're laying minus 140 on that fourth leg are the standard payouts in Vegas. And people play four and five team parlays off the board all the time, and they let themselves get raped on game four. Right. So when you say off the board, off the board parlays, fourth and five teamers pay, pay 11 to one, and I think. Uh, Twenty to one. They pay just ridiculous. And, and the parlay pays. cards pay one on fourteen. It, it varies place by place because it's gone down, but still, it's still better. It's still like twelve and a half and twenty five for one on the parlay cards. They pay better than off the board, even though you get better numbers. Well, that's crazy. It, of course, it's crazy. Well, it does feel like that. Just DraftKings and all that. It's so software based now that this idea of buying multiple half point. It, it does feel like that they're pretty much soon they're going to have every little micro element priced and you can bring things in you can bring things it does feel like we're heading that way don't you agree eventually but there's so many new operators the the, the kinks are not out yet they're but, still but making don't they have a white label that's usually providing them no the DraftKings has their own stuff well DraftKings they, does yeah. but what I'm saying the FanDuel, new yeah the new opera yes but DraftKings and FanDuel are just doing their own thing yeah but when you got Johnny I mean they got a pretty good talented team in those places I'm going to disagree Really? Yes. And then you're not talking about you're not talking about any one person, isn't it? You're I'm just talking saying about the a- entire team. Yeah, in aggregate, you're saying. However, because here's the thing, you've been in enough. Work. I'm sure there was things at Transamerica mm-hmm. that you, as a vice president, people would say, "Hey, you're on the big picture, right?" Is with how many vice presidents were there? Oh, a hundred. All right, a hundred. And how many people were for the company? Uh, I should know this. I've forgotten. But it was tens of thousands? 20,000. All right. So you got 20,000 people. You're in the picture with 100 at age like 37, little young Steve or fairly young Steve. Mm-hmm. Okay. If someone said Transamerica does something stupid on this, this, and they, they, someone that really understood, you probably thought there were six or seven things they were doing that wasn't optimal. Of course. But you you couldn't change it or you didn't care to change You couldn't get to the right person. However it was, it just stayed that way. So- the fact that maybe DraftKings is doing something that isn't smart, it doesn't mean that person X or person Y doesn't see that too. Who works there? It's just whatever the bureaucracy is, whatever. Oh, exactly. I'm it, sure there are people who are aware. Yes. Yeah, oftentimes, organizations are yes, dumber that's a great example. than the collective IQ. Yeah, and then also there's there's things going like in Transamerica, we sold variable annuity. Variable annuity is a terrible product to buy, but it's oh, extremely yeah, I hate those. but it's extremely oh. profitable product. So what are you going to do? You know, you're making all this money on a product that people want, even though it's a terrible thing to buy. I typically. think what you do is sell more of those. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you mean? What do you do? It's yeah. like, I mean, as long as it's legal, you yeah. you know, you tell them the truth and let that. Because here's the thing: everyone's not always buying. Uh, optimal return, right? That's the thing. Like that duty-free store at the airport. I don't think that's such a good deal. Kramer liked it. Yeah, duty-free. If I I remember. (laughs) All right. So the one exception I would make, and then we'll end it, is you've read the books. I'm going to be interesting when I get all my sports betting books Mm -hmm. lined up, you know, but let's say you've read a a lot, the the key ones for sure, the well-known ones for sure. Yes. Right? But I've just been looking lately at academic, like true journal papers. And I would say right now, and there's been an, a, an upturn in these last, like some 18 on, there's been a lot more. But I would say there's probably a couple hundred 
like from eight to 30 page papers on sports batting. This is where I'm I'm woefully inadequate because I haven't read those. I've just read I, I just read like the mainstream like here's your book. Yeah, yeah, books. yeah, I, yeah. I, like and and probably I've spent too much time reading just not just sports betting but just all types beyond counting for instance See, but books I think like though, that. But I think though I think that that's the, I think in general innovation comes when you take something from an adjacent field and apply it to the field I, next. I to it. I agree with that. Yeah. And, and and I think like the the, the sports betting. Knowing how to lay down cover is very important. And yeah, we're talking about so you're not under, you're not being discovered as a, a the the winner that you actually are. Yes. So you're you're clobbering a book and then you bet three hundred dollars on NFL sides every single game because you know you're going to crush this book and you know you don't you don't have the better of it. But the book's going to see this guy this guy plays every game on the board. It's fine. Well, you know we're not going to we're we're not going to back him off. We'll get him. Mackenzie, what's our record this year? Thirty-two and thirty-two and one. Wow. 32, 32, and one. That's 50%. Yes, it is. So that's interesting. So at some point, I don't think I realized how many games we were down because we picked up how many games in the last like four weeks? I mean, it was. Yeah, a bunch. We've been three and two, four and one most weeks. Yeah. All right. It's time to do it. I mean, we got to have our, I mean, we were, we were break even with two weeks to go last year. Let's get some winners. I want your I Win, I, <laughs> I, I should have said it a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Uh, all right, I can't wait to do the library. Like put it online. It's good. What we're going to probably do is have every book online, not the book themselves, but like the you know the title, the title and the description, and then have an open door policy if people want to come in and read. You know, it'd be like a I reading like room. Yeah, they can they can meet AJ and Mackenzie. I'll be off in a behind velvet rope. <laughs> All right, Fez. I think we take it out. This is the end. We did this at the end. Time shifted. So why don't you just take us out, and then we'll go back and do a few more games. Hey, hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs>